us for the Get Fresh crew. You reviewed the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong town just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm Bibbo's assistant babysitter, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 508. 508. So you're a sus's Bibbo, is what I say. No, no. It's good we'll, be getting, we'll be getting that pretty quick. I don't know. At one point, I think he's almost giving the equivalent of like, can I give the liquor to the kids so they go to sleep at night? And I think that's what we get by the end. I think he's completely sus. But here we are. Different generation. 508. Yeah, there used to be a lot of that, like, oh, what, they're teething? All right. Put a little whiskey on the gums. Put a little whiskey on the gums. What? They're eight? Put a little whiskey on the gums. Well, you know. What, they want to smoke? Give them a carton. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and and watch them smoke it all. But here we are, episode 508. I hope that everybody is ready for a ton of books, a plethora of plus like 10. There are a lot of books this week. Some of them aren't so great, but I do want to tell everybody that since we are recording a little bit earlier this week we've had things going and i mentioned to you that i think we did a good job of skewering and the reviewering this oh, week yeah. it feels we like it. things are a little bit back to normal i, I just had to ease back in with you now that it. you came back i think that we did we have a bunch of fun some stories even if the books aren't so great maybe we can all have a smile on They're our brilliant. face at the end i'm not sure we still have to talk about a couple here uh, and they're not so great either. So maybe, Brilliant. just maybe, next week will be better. And speaking of next week, next week is a fifth Tuesday of the month of October. And when that happens, that is an you annual week. And that low, is Jim. pretty low. Patreon-only shows. Just let everybody know next week's episode 509 is Patreon-only. You can go over to the Patreon, sign up at any level you want, and you'll get that show at least. The more levels you go up, the more podcasts you will get. And then you'll finally get to the badass level of the Get Fresh crew. And then you'll even get the pick books like this week's Spotlight books. And this week, the badasses picked some pretty big number ones. One that, Eric, I really was shocked because I ended up listening back and editing some things, obviously, for the Spotlight because that comes out on on Thursday night. But I I was waiting. You never did actually say that this might be the most important book out there, which is one of your big mantras with most books. But I think you will say that in the Wonder Woman realm of things. You kind of kind of hinted to that, but didn't say the exact words that I love. But what we did talk about was Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, number one, and Amazon's attack. Number one that Eric thinks is a okay. You actually like both of those books a little more than I I do. But we had a uh, good discussion, and I've had some people talk to me and agree with each of us. Like some people say Eric's an asshole, and some people say Jim's a dick. (laughs) That's normal, though. But now I actually got some word, and some people fully agreed with you and said that they thought both of those books were good, and some people like wanted a little more from them. But we do all love this and everything with that. Again, patreon.com slash weird science is where you go. You can help us out for everything we do. Get exclusive podcasts out the wazoo is the official term. And also really big thing is next week's Patreon only show. At the end of the podcast, as we always do, we'll go through the books that we'll be talking about. But one thing to let everybody know in the beginning, we are not going to be talking about Tom King's Penguin tonight. We're actually shifting that to next week. 
and then me and Eric, because me and Eric actually have never talked that book together because you had stepped away when that book came out. So me and you are going to kind of catch up on that and then start reviewing it. Some people were upset that I wasn't talking about it. And I, I don't know. Me and Simon did the first issue, and then it kind of fell in the cracks. Look, it was you tough. just got to you just got to tell them you were there for Paul Meredith, not a Penguin, well, and you didn't true. get what you wanted. What what I started yelling at them, it was all wingdings and stuff, and they got upset with me, Eric. But now it was one of those because as I was going through the podcast and getting people to do it with me when you were gone, there were both like I was having the scheduling issues, and hey, you're going to do this, we're going to do that. That week, it just kind of. Didn't come up. It ended up. Yeah, I actually, me and Simon did a couple other books, and then I thought, oh crap, that that book, and yeah, it fell through the cracks. So we'll we'll catch up with that, and we'll end up talking about that. But that'll be one of the other things on the Patreon only show. I hear that they say there's no limitations there. I don't get it. I, I don't have the, I don't have the. I don't know what it means, but they say that they do say that. But all in all, let's give a bit of a, a little applause or a little recognition. For the badasses, a little plus. Thank you, thank you, Eric. This is the badass roll call. Uh, uh, Eric, you missed my rapping, Karen. Not at all. My name is Jim, and I came to say we get a little rapping later in the Action Comics deal, and I was going to save my rap for that. Here we go. Stephen Batdad Mitchell, David Fink, Trevitt, Dad Nation, yeah, y'all. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline Stork, Michael S. Cam, Matt Razor, Niels Tebert. Again, David Fink. I just wanted to give him another round of applause. Cool. Give him a round of applause, Eric, please. A round of applause, David Fink. Steven Baum, <laughs> Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. Sounds like you're clapping like you're a T Rex or something there. A little, little hand. L- it's Michael a little applause. <laughs> Ken Alec, that is true. Comic Boom Rocky. Scary Potter is still in the house. Spooky season. Mark Jager. Bill Abir from the Bat Pod. Ruben. Ruben got a hold of me. He was talking about a lot of industrial music today. Carlos. Noah Wolfmark. Matthew Rapier. Luke Hollywood. Simon. Luis. Man Ship. Andrew Belfast. Swanee. Anthony G. Josh Vermillion. Batman Beyond. Mark. B. Muir. That's Brandy Murray. And Double Aaron. Up there in Minnesota, doxing his ass. I will also mention that the Neo-Gotham Batman Beyond, Batman Beyond Mark, is a little under the weather this week. He said his allergies, I think it was allergies, but he's having like post-nasal drip, and he wants to do that next week, too. So that, if you're wanting to hear that, that'll be on the Patreon uh, next week as well. But all-time greats, Rob Lewis, and that's the intro, Eric. That is what we call a rap. Everything's going smooth, right? It's going really Except good for that here. Rap. Oh my, that rap. It's a rap. <laughs> oh my, cut it out. But we do have a bunch of books. I don't know why I'm pee footing around. I was going to say wing ding footing around. around. Yeah, you know, pee footing. That's my uh, rap name in LA. Is back that where you in just like, you know, 70s. Mr. Toy completely and piss on your feet? That could be. That actually, I wish, is what my kids did the other day, or actually today. I went and sat down on the toilet, and it was a little bit moist, Eric. And I said, what the hell? And Logan was in the shower. And I said, like, what's going on? Did you pee on the seat? He's like, oh, yeah, my bad. Like, what do you <laughs> mean, your bad? bad? So then I went and flushed the toilet twice and burned the hell oh, out of him. And then started uh, giggling. But, yeah, here That's it is. That's as one does. But we have a bunch of stuff going on, so we're going to get right to it. We have uh, some, some, 
I don't. That's like your <laughs> your big epitome of like your your genius, your pinnacle of fun. But just yes, the clown maker. Yes, I am the clown maker. Eric, did I did I make five? Or did I make six? That's the question, Eric. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what I that meant, means. I meant Tanya when she met oh. me. That's what I and maybe. But hey, everybody, we're going to get off to the books, starting with some big ones. We're going to hit the Metropolis. We're going to hit Gotham. Oh, my goodness, Eric. We have all the places to go. But all we'll those back places, too. In just a second. Gotham, Batman's losing again. What's he supposed to do with Selena? Poor on Gotham, he's got that robot hands with the bat family in two. Where are the police? Badadid, Badadid. Bullshit of now, wing what the story's about. Watching us on our screens, let me out. Till tomorrow, if it's better. Princess on Genie, but Genie stinks. Benedict. Ah, a little unnecessary shade thrown at Genie Howard this week, Eric. She's not even on the book this week. Weird. But here we are, we have. Uh, actually, I had like almost dealer's choice here because we do have some Orgum stuff. I could have thrown that in. You have suggested a song for the Superman side of things. So it's more of the Superman, not action comics, but it still would fit. But I went Obviously. with, I went with, well, I was going Shade. more about the chain stuff that you were talking about earlier. Oh, right. I but, forgot about that. Yeah. But there were chains here in the action as well, right? The chains of a book yeah. that keeps dragging me down, Eric. Now, I, oh my God. I like it. But by the end, we'll get to the whole uh, Arkham War. Arkham War. Oh. Gotham War. Uh, the reason why I picked that is because Gotham War ends next week, Eric. And I'll have to put all Crazy. those songs away. <laughs> Feels like Where it didn't do even you? start. Or do I? All of a sudden, I hit the... Uh, the Asylum song. Oh, my goodness. Now we have the, the whole Arkham Tower. Going forward, if any book ever references the Gotham War, anything we're doing, just play it. Fuck it. Oh, I might need, not even need that. I got so many yeah. of them. But, and just randomly, City Boy will pop up. We got a lot of those, too. Right? But here we are. We have three books. The bigger books of the week, possibly. But the books that we usually do start with. We always do start with Action Comics and Detective, especially when they come out. And, at least that's maintained that play of them coming out in the same week. We always like that, though. That kind of gets screwed up coming up because we're going to end up having Detective Comics go. And I hate to say bi-monthly because then they're like, oh, it's coming out every other month. Like, everybody gets confused. It's coming out twice a month coming up because, you know. Just say that it, then. It needs to. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I almost said yeah. bi-monthly again. Bi-weekly. But again, you say that, then oh, everybody's confused. It's so wacky. I hate when but anytime I hear that, but it is coming up. We're going to end up having a, oh my goodness, they might hang the shit out of Batman story, a five-issue epic, Eric. Oh, God, but it's going to be twice a month, so we'll, we'll get some wacky things. But we did a little bit of a switcheroo crisscross applesauce at one point because Detective, because it's Batman, always was the first book. Just pointing out that Ram V has shifted it a little. What are we starting with there? 
Action Comics number 1058, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Rafa Sandoval, Matt Herms, and Dave Sharp, at least for our first story, where Clark Kent finds himself going up against a doppelganger alien version of himself. And it's really cool to begin with, which we saw in the last one with the Blue Earthers, the leader Nora Stone, and everything like that. And it seems like Nora Stone and her liaison here know way more about Clark Kent than they should. They're not having strokes or nothing like that. But we saw that this alien being transformed himself into Superman while also making Clark Kent more depowered than he should be in a fight against somebody who is a Superman. And right off the bat, it's kind of cool because it really gives you that Superman 3 vibe when you have the evil Superman versus Clark Kent towards the end of that movie. And it really makes me sad that this fight actually culminates to like them taking the gauntlet off and the guy reverting back to what he was because I kind of want – I'm telling you, we have a bunch of them, but especially with all the stuff that we're doing right now, with the anniversary of like the reign of Superman and death of Superman, where you had all of those versions of Superman claiming to be the real one. For some reason, even though we still have those characters out there, I kind of want an evil doppelganger Superman. I want this to remain like maybe give him amnesia where he thinks he is Superman and he's just an evil version of the Clark has to go up against every now and again. For some reason, I like that idea, but it's just like, oh, this fight's over. Let's move on. Yeah, and the funny thing is when he takes that gauntlet off, that seems to be the one that's siphoning the powers and grabbing it. I, I was actually a little upset because I thought that that might have been the thing that kind of keeps him kind of not sane, but knows what. And you could have had where he just thinks he's Superman. Then that would have been a cool play. Plus, maybe make him like a dummy so it could be a little bizarre. Right? See, we already have that. Like, this is the thing is, yeah. I say that I want this weird evil doppelganger like Superman, but we have that with Eradicator, Cyborg, Superman, all of the bizarres you can think but of. You like and for it. some reason, I want another one. Even Ultraman, you can go with the idea of that, even though he's a different Earth. But for some reason. I just like got such good Superman three vibes out of this because I love that scene, even though it always confused me how things work out. But I'm like, I kind of want more. Yeah, you want more. You always want some more. You, you are <laughs> you are a greedy bastard. But last issue, we ended up being introduced to Nora Stone, that young, wise, cracking leader of the whole Blue Earth. She's a little younger than I thought she was going to be, but when she ends up showing up and she starts talking to Clark Kent. We kind of get the, the idea interview. that they, yeah, and they may know a little more. And she demanded, I'm talking to Clark, only Clark, all that stuff going. And she kind of had some pointed questions and things like that, even at Clark, who was supposed to be interviewing her. But in the meantime, he was scanning her. And you did get that idea, oh, this is going to be one of them self-hating aliens that, you know, you really got that play in this. It switches a bit, but it does show you that something else is up. And I'm intrigued what's going on with Nora Stone, but I don't know why, like, Last issue, me guessing what it might be, I thought I had a bit more footing until we get to the end of this. I'm like, what the hell is going on? With, it's such a weird switcheroo for the idea of the Blue Earthers because we have this, you know, alien hate group, you know, humans against aliens on Earth, or at least in Metropolis as far as we know right now, but I'm sure they're everywhere on Earth. The idea then becomes almost like what Steele's doing to a degree in his book, and Steele works the idea we don't need the supers anymore, but it also goes back to what Lex Luthor did with the Everyman Project, right? We're going to give everybody superpowers so they don't have to rely on these filthy aliens anymore, bring back the power to the humans, and it's such a weird idea, especially when you have things like this where Superman, being as depowered as he is, especially after this fight with this doppelganger that he had, he needs Steele's help, and like, okay, yeah, I put together a Steel Superman super. You got a sword and everything, and it's almost like we have this weird, conflicting thing going on with all these different books, like the idea of everybody getting superpowers, which like you know, Steel is trying to get rid of a Metropolis for what he's doing in Steelworks, but also Steel like, oh yeah, you don't have powers, but let me give you powers, even though I don't want you to be doing Superman stuff, and we should rely on my zero point Genesis energy to save the day. It's it's just like weird little crisscrosses zero that don't exactly work out zero. perfectly for me. 
we're coming up to a point where Philip Kennedy Johnson's not going to be on this book anymore. Now, we may get an announcement that it'll shift to something else. Maybe he has some, I don't know because it's Superman a Superman Steel? Maybe, yeah, maybe some. I hope because I love that title. I'm, I'm starting to feel like that play that we had with War World. And a lot of people, including me and you, like War World. But I, I think that if you're honest with yourself and the books and, you know, everybody, maybe your maker, Eric, the idea My. that War World, it, it got to a point and then they pushed it really quick. We got to get, remember, you had to get Superman back on Earth. Hey, let's wrap this up. And it felt like it was rushed at the end. It was rushed to begin with because of Grant Morrison, Superman, and the Authority as well. Well, you, you had to shove that in. But at least we were kind of like hunkered down. He was doing a lot of the lore. And then all of a sudden we had to end it. Now we have to end this, it seems, because Jason Aaron's going to jump on Action Comics. And then eventually Joshua Williamson's going to jump on as well. So I hope that we don't get that same feeling because it doesn't feel like we're only a couple issues away for resolving this. But maybe it'll be that. It'll have, and I hope it doesn't do this either, where we get the next couple issues and then we get to be continued in 2026. Like, I don't need that either, but I hope that he gets Rome and I hope there's a cool story here because I actually thought at first, now, first off, I will point out too, when you end up having Blue Earth come around, you even had pointed out one of the things that was weird where they weren't seemingly against the super family. They were against the war world refugees. Yeah. I think that that got pushed aside because we need to focus more what, what on the freaking, super family, right? What was it, A-Town we were calling it? Like, yeah, what are we doing with the war world refugees anymore? Yeah, A-Town. We got and over it. So they're, they're, well, you know, bigger fish, I guess, is what the Blue Earthers are like. Down with the A-Town war world. Nobody likes them. So like, eh, well, we're not really getting controversial here. Let's go attend Superman. So you end up where Nora Stone comes in. I thought in the back of my mind, again, me and you aren't talking about this together. I thought that this might tie into some of those bigger guys, you know, those cool cats on War World that we kind of left behind, Mongol cool guys and all, all that sort of thing. Because I heard at one point Philip Kennedy Johnson said that a bunch of those characters will return. So I thought, are they like disguising themselves to come here? And I actually thought at the end we were going to see that. But at the end, Nora Stone walks into like you know room demonic i I don't even get it the only recent thing that we've had the idea is these world world aliens everybody is coming off that the idea that their entire way of life has been destroyed because manga was defeated by superman and stuff like that we have all these people coming here looking for self like you know uh, asylum like this the only thing that really makes sense for these aliens to be like nora stone and her liaison who became the uh superman doppelganger are aliens from World War who are looking for revenge about what Superman did. E- even hearkening back to the idea when Steel gives Clark a suit to wear because he needs to be powered up for this whole fight and has a sword. He's like, oh, this this will come in handy from your days on War World. Nat was telling me how good you got with it. It all just feels like it's a, a sequel to what happened in War World. Like, this time it's personal. I, I agree. And that that's what I thought it was. And that, when I started reading this before, I got to the end and saw, yeah, that doesn't seem exactly what I thought it might be. But I did think, okay, this is actually making a little more sense. That's why. Because even the Blue Earthers, as they are right now at Nora Stone, even the idea of making the doppelganger Superman, it was to besmirch the good name of Superman to look like he's wrecking a house. So everybody turns against him. Everybody, like the, the, the Blue Earthers, like Nora Stone, the whole idea at this point is that let's take everything he's got. Let's make people hate his ass because we hate his ass. Revenge. I, and I thought that, like you said, they're mad. Obviously, and they would be mad at these, you know, 
They're mad at the whole deal. All these war world refugees, you turned on us, you jerks. We'll make them look bad and we'll step it up and we'll get mad at this. Maybe it still is. Is it possible? Because it doesn't feel like it by the end. Well, to have a, an other alien race out of nowhere doing like, you know, reacting to what happened in the world would feel weird. So it does feel like a sequel to War World to me, a continuation at least. Yeah, I just don't know how you connect it where they go into a, a deal and it looks like they got like Etrigan trapped and weird stuff. But I don't know. Maybe that's just like. Well, that's the thing is we have Etrigan there, but even the idea of the technology in War World, we had a lot of sorcery there as well. That's what I'm saying. I, and I think that that's what it, it is still. It has to be. It has to tie in. It just, it felt like what I thought it might be. We got a little bit away from it. Now, if suddenly somebody just out of nowhere goes and whispers to somebody else, Light Ray is, then, then I'll get excited. What happened to Light Ray? But you end up all this going down. I do think that it does connect back and that's how you're going to end it. But I hope there's enough room to do it because it sounds like it might be kind of cool. Nora Stone just kind of popped up out of nowhere. We're coming to an end, so I hope that it, it works out. But I'm with you. I did like the battles enough, and Superman does use his smarts, says, hey, listen a little, and he, he realizes that having the powers that he did, and you play off even things from the movies and even the Man of Steel movie about how when Clark's young and he ends up getting the super hearing that it, it drives yeah. him nuts because you're too... But it's a great that, play. And it is great, and then he ends up... Pissing the guy off so much that he ends up going full out heat and heat that vision. And I like the it way that his energy. I love that. I think that Philip Kenny Johnson, that's a pretty cool because I've never really seen it that way where he's going to allow the heat vision to just go nuclear here because it will deplete the energy. Then he can punch him. Then he can grab this gauntlet off. But really, the that's idea is what word. are they doing? Not yeah. nuclear because that makes me think like Superman just let Metropolis be destroyed. He went full bore with it and it's He did terrible. go full bore, but he shot yeah. upwards. He ended yeah. up destroying some satellites and shit. We probably, you know, our internet. Which is also cool, the idea that Superman is using Supercorp uh, stuff here that like Lex Luthor gave him. The idea that he has all these files and stuff that Lex has done throughout the years. He even had crypt- like kryptonite-based satellites in order to take down Superman and but he realized that these satellites are kind of useless because Superman would be faster than them, maybe able to shoot these lasers at him. But, you know, Superman has the access codes. He's able to fire it well at this guy. And it's really good. He's able to use this whole thing. And the guy's just going ham trying to defend himself. And Clark is able just to go up there, even be powered and knock his ass out. It's a really cool way of to, like using everything we're doing in Superman lore lately and showing old stuff in Superman lore to show how capable Clark Kent is and able to take out somebody as powerful as him. Yeah, I love that. I, I really like that. And then while that's going on, you do end up having Otho and Osel there having problems at school. Arthur's the super twins. Fights, really, Otho, she is getting upset. She's protecting her brother. That's cool. You even have that a little bit later in this as well. So that's kind of a, a neat little play. You get that. Don't know that I need to get, you know, bedtime stories from Kara, well, especially the with the idea of not having that much time left to tell the story. You don't have story. much time, but she has this book of this Kryptonian book of legends and stuff like that, because every house would have a legend story that they would be told throughout the ages. And certain like, you know, Kryptonians who left to join the Ferocians, their stories were stricken from their record, just taken out of existence. But this book is this beforehand, and she has the House of Ra. That is Otho and Osel's house story. So she's going to tell the two youngsters about it. And I want to think that maybe, just maybe, that this isn't here as a weird filler, that maybe this has more to do with the Blue Earthers because the idea you have these two opposing factions of giants and stuff like that. But you have these two tribes that are at war with each other, both hate each other, and you have the heroes of those tribes, the Red Sun and the Star Child, who have gone off to other worlds to find their homes. 
And maybe the idea when we get down to it with the Ra family story is that the Red Sun will represent Superman while the Star Child will represent whatever alien, you know, explosion, whatever world stuff that the Nora Stone is. You know what the funny thing is? I actually thought that this was just a setup for next issue, that they'll be having uh, trick-or-treating, and you'll just have the twins go, I want to be the Red Sun. I want to be the Star Child. <laughs> That's all it would be the setup for. I'm like, all right, but it's kind of a, it's there, I guess, if it ends up being something important, cool. But again, this is where when we were on War World and a lot of people did like that lore and the stuff that was going on, a lot of it was extraneous. And then at the end, we didn't have a lot of time to finish up the story. But some people like that. But even then, uh, there were a couple of, were there a couple of times in this that you thought like the issue or at least the story was over? Oh, definitely. And then you're like, boom, now you get another thing. I'm like, oh, because I, I thought that was it. And then I'm like, oh, no, Superman's going to go off with the uh, Steelworks. He's going to get some things. Then we go off to Nora Stone. She goes in again. She goes in this very odd room. This mystical very dungeon. demonic, mystical. seems like, again, that this was this isn't something that you would just walk into, you know, in the like recently. It seems like you're involved with something else. That's what kind of got me about the whole war world stuff. This would have been a weird play, but. You do see, like, in chains, you got Honestly, the we see this. I, I don't know how it works, but it could, I say, it looks like a, a masticated, uh, desiccated freaking, like, Etrigan. I don't I don't know why it's here. It could just, just be, like, I don't know, a weird hideout for Jason Blood that they've, yeah, like, you know, taken over. Yeah, I don't know over. that they've taken over. And then they're like, oh, man, it's not a Lazarus pit, but it looks like, but it's almost like the the pool that you even have with Wonder Woman that you can end up doing yeah. this. And it's scrying one of pool. those things. The scrying pool is just a normal thing with mystical stuff. Kind of cool. You end up seeing you put a severed these, hand in it. You can talk to your, yeah, your bosses. That's, cool. <laughs> that's how it is. And I like with the severed hand. And then you end up having, you know, a lot of weird things like taking the gauntlet off the one guy's hand. Then you end up having a kind of a hand armor type deal glove being handed. There's a lot of hands here. Handsy it is, Eric. But they end up saying, and this is where I was talking to you, where you have her. And they're like, I like what news? And she's like, well, uh, you know, I bled the first of them enough to power a team of our own. That's what we can get. We can go against the Kryptonians. But this, you know, Kryptonian, he's stronger here. Now, that might and again, mean here for more world. Yeah, it's weird, though. He's stronger here. If if she's saying he's stronger than the last time we saw him on War World, that would be kind of a cool thing because he did get powered up by the Genesis. But he kind or of not did even there. that. But he didn't he didn't have full power there because he was away from the Earth. Well, the funny so thing long. is now he ain't got shit. He's actually powering up now and she says but then the whole play there's one that we can turn you get a little star wars-esque kind of thing and that well how means, cool is that the idea think that, that means like, connor or well, that like again who could it be that's a great mystery i can't wait to get to the bottom of because it's stuff be like connor it seems whoever these people are the whole idea you got a kryptonian you bleed the kryptonians we're gonna use their blood to power ourselves up but you know what we could turn one for ourselves you mean turn one instead of bleeding them? Crazy. But they're talking about the idea. There's another of them. One of this brood. One I think it could be turned. Kryptonian turned rather than blood. That would be great boon for us. Yes. And then the idea of that, like, do you want to go with the idea that Connor's been going through some shit, dying his hair, acting all angsty out of nowhere? Isn't that the common answer? Or are we talking about the idea of could it just be John Ken out of nowhere? And going back to the jealousy of the war world refugee kids, the super twins. Maybe, but the, the problem I have is how, or would, the they, anger and Kara. how would they know that? <laughs> like, Nora Stone just showed eyes. up. Well, Nora Stone just showed up. Their asses are flying around left and right all the time. If they didn't end up, yeah, but it seems like the even the Blue Earthers haven't been here that long. It's weird. But 
if you could have left that John bit because you ended up having two quicklies like, man, I hate them Felosian twins. But you know what? They're pretty cool. Hey, you want to go yeah. have a catch? You should have left that because, again, if it is War World stuff, if it, the Blue Earth were against the aliens, you could have started to play that. But I don't think there's enough time. It Tom seems Keenan. very out of nowhere. So self-important, always out for himself, trying to change, but still has that dark R. side to him that he might not be able to get over. It's just weird because, again, it's like it, it felt like out of nowhere. It wasn't it like did. you saw anything. I haven't seen. The only thing, like you said, is we've seen John for a hot minute say, Man, I wish I was a kid again because I didn't get to be kids. And now, oh, man, you twist them right away. I'm saying all okay. of these things, and we just assume that like they think that they can turn somebody. It doesn't mean that they can. They're saying some shit. Maybe she's just looking. You but know, she's just she talking say? a good game. Like she went, she interviewed Clark. Then she comes here and it's like, oh, and by the way, I figured out that there's one of them we can turn. It just feels like that's odd information, but it's it's interesting. I'd like to see who it is. Me and Bizarro. Yeah, really. No, she's just going to pretend the guy that, you know, her, her crony. Hey, here's Superman. Okay, maybe she's just looking for a raise, just talking a good game. Maybe. Well, they, they also have, you know, the power to, to fuel an army that they want to get as well. So, you know, there's some big things coming. But you ended up having Superman talking to John Henry about that play. I, I don't have my powers back. I'm afraid. And he's afraid that, indeed, they are going to give these powers to a bunch of people. He kind of gets that sense and says something's going on because I'm not getting my powers back as quick as I usually do. So something well, else is going on press conferences. Like I'm going to give a bunch of people powers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even then it, it seems like she's just like, you know, blowing hot air all over the place. Maybe not, but she, ends well, I just up imagine where, you're, you're hanging out in Metropolis just thinking, Hey, you remember when president Luther was doing this shit, the Everyman project that didn't turn out too well. Yeah, I, I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, like, you're, you're again, just showing up here out of nowhere. You're having a press conference and you're pretty much dissing the most popular person in Metropolis by just saying, ah, screw him. But we'll as do this. far as everybody knows, Superman just wrecked house for no reason, destroying buildings left and right. But also, if you have that, people are going to wonder how the hell did Clark Kent survive this? If they see and have some sort of, you know, Video of this Clark Kent's being knocked around in, in the well, air. From what we saw, it just looked like there was photos of just Superman destroying things. Again, we've we've had this play before, where I, I think that if you're a Metropolis by now, you're like, oh, they're doing this again. Well, yeah, they're gonna play. We'll see. We'll see how it we're works doing a out. bunch but of things. Like I said, it harkens back to the Everyman Project as well. It feels very rushed at this point to get to this, especially that I think we can turn one. And the funny play is, I actually Who's thought at one be? point. It's like, oh, no, it's Otho, but she ain't Kryptonian, so you can't do that. And did you get that play, too, when Kara, like, wants to, like, not really go full into the idea that you Philosians are dirty, philo- we don't like you, we we strike you from the record. She's bad as clones. Like, she's there going through it, she's like, by the way, like, she didn't need to bring that up. But she does. She's like, you know, those Philosians, usually when they enter the picture, we strike you from the record. But this is an older book. So we'll, we'll look at you, you stinking Felosians. That'd be funny. Connor walks in. Get out of here, you stinking clown. Oh, Kara. Uh, but yeah, the, it's interesting to see what's going on. And then you just get, hey, War World, everybody. Almost as well looks like Dark Knights of Steel that just ended. It does. So you have that play where I, I, don't, I was expecting more of like, I don't know, like a robot type suit. But this is cool. 
he ends up having well, the armor robot type again. Suit, but it kind of just looks like, like a Superman as a knight as well, because you have the robot suit with the steel symbol on the chest, but also a big ass broadsword. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, can I have like a helmet that like looks like yours and steel? No, you're setting me up, aren't you? He's going to go out <laughs> wreck house. Damn that steel. Uh, but no, it was, it was pretty Charles cool. Charles Walker the third was just doing that. I'm not letting this I happen know. again. Just imagine if there should, I wish an artist would go and it would happen in the detective and Batman too. Like we know that you have to separate things at points, but an artist just at one point say, I'm going to draw what this city is, what's happening. Right now in all the books, like, shit is going all over there. Charles Walker, he's on the one side. You have a Superman here as the knight in shining armor here. It'd be pretty cool. But that's the end of, of that story. Seems It's interesting. I, I'm actually into it. I want to see what this North Stone is all about and what Me too. the big reveal would be. What Christonian. Yeah, I hope it's not either. That that would suck. But you you head us into the next story. Next story we have Kang Keenan, written by Gene Wen Wen Yang, with art by Victor Baganovic, Mike Spicer, and Dave Sharp. In this story, we get a little bit of a you know a little Kang Keenan, a little Superman of China action since he's been in the background for so long ever since the new Superman ended, which is a shame. But it's it, it's cool too because it's the idea like you know with all the super family being together and always in the background there's Kong Keenan just hanging out and it always felt like it was a weird placement for him to be there because nobody ever really talks about the idea of him being there being a Superman yeah but everybody hanging out felt weird because he didn't really have that true connection this is going to show you throughout the stories that why Kong Keenan is a part of this whole thing and why he actually showed up in Metropolis in the first place I want to know how he got his that apartment in Metropolis personally but I don't think we're going to get into that whole thing but. In this, we find out that Kong only Keenan, fans. Uh, only fans. Is he sell a few yep. picks? Super yeah, feet, feet picks. picks. Super feet picks. Uh, just but, before you go, one of the things, as you said, you we were wondering, and, and you know, even if you're just side wondering, like, why is Keenan here? Why did he show up? There were some people more on YouTube when some videos of our stuff that ended up like getting mad. Like, why is he here? There's no reason for him. And I actually was glad when I read this thinking, okay, well, this does explain it, why he did show up. And you could go with the idea that the super family, pretty super, Eric, they'll they'll accept him, right? They'll be nice to him. But they're accepting dirty felotions. Why wouldn't they? I mean, seriously. And there's that little rub against each of them. I mean, they'll do whatever. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Uh, and, And Kara. Right? Hateful Kara. They're all allowed, Eric. Oh, my goodness. But you go on. I just wanted to mention that, that some people Power had Girl. really been mad. Now, Power Girl, she can stay on her own deal. She's selling Get alien tech for two. some reason. Yeah, really. Yeah, this whole thing, though, the idea about why Kong Keenan's hero, it turns out in China, like, you know, weeks ago, Beiji, the Batman in China, put new Superman up to the task of infiltrating the super family because a reporter who was looking into the identity of Superman was killed. People thought it was a stroke, but he's not too sure because it looked like there could have been some kind of heat vision done to his brain in a specific area. So Beiji is not really certain that the Superman family is all up, to, like on the up and up. So please go over there, ingratiate yourself into the family, try to figure out what you can to find out who the culprit could be if there is a culprit. And it's so funny, too, because while, you know, Con Keenan is here, the only people that seem to be questioning this whole thing, besides for you and me, is the super twins. Like, hey, what's that guy doing over here? You know he's a spy. We followed him back to a super spy apartment in Connor Kent. He's trying to say, look, kids, you can't say shit like that because you're going to get me in trouble if you, anybody hears you saying this. You know, look, we're going to take you to a spy lair. This is his apartment. Kids, will you stop? Until you see all the investigation detective work that Kong Keaton has on the wall with everybody's locations so like they're uh, yeah, like the pictures on the wall the little yarn t- tying things together so now Con- uh, Connor's are like look you gotta come clean to what's going on 
And it's such a great story because as soon as they start talking about, you know, the flashbacks of why Kong Keaton was here, I knew exactly what we were dealing with. The idea, the, the idea that when Lex Luthor did Project Blackout to make sure that nobody knew who Superman was except for, you know, whoever had, like, you know, a psychic link to him within the Just League, Lex Luthor himself, stuff like that. If anybody ever found out that Clark Kent was Superman, they would have a stroke, just like Perry White did when the, the Project Blackout happened. And nobody realized at that moment that Perry White was coming over and didn't realize that Clark was Superman because that happened. So Perry ha- got all strokes filled for a while. He's running for mayor now. I'm sure he's fine. Great candidate to have. I think that medical history will come up and might bite him in the ass, Eric, in the election. Oh, That's it what definitely I, will. My attack ads would write for that, right? Who wants, to, who, who wants to vote for old Strokey Joe over here? I didn't get it at first. When I saw this guy, so I'm always thinking about this element in Superman because even the idea of this is the greatest thing ever because, like, you know, once Perry White has a stroke because he figured out who Superman was, I think this is something that Superman should jump on because he's going to get a lot of people hurt if somebody uses this as a weapon. The only thing that I'll go with, though, is the story we just saw. That guy knew that Clark Kent was Superman. What? But oh, but that's that doesn't work because a lot of the people in this are aliens. A lot of the people in the world are aliens. They need it, the mind whammy. The idea of the mind whammy, did you have to be here for that to work? It's a weird play. Kong Keenan's trying to explain himself, trying to find out if anybody in the Superman family's murder, and he has this little, his uh, his robe drone, this like Robin drone that like Beiji built him to help him do his investigation, scanning different areas for things, so like for clues and stuff like that, to the point where Kong Keenan discovers himself that Clark Kent is Superman because they're not willing to tell Kong Keenan well, like, like Superboy, he's like, hey, tell me who you really are if you want me to trust you. And Superboy's like, no, I'm not telling you shit. And I love that idea because, like, look, Kong Keenan, I love you, but where do you get off, buddy? But no, Kong Keenan comes to the conclusion through the investigation with his, like, like a Robin drone that, you know, Clark Kent is Superman. And as soon as he has that realization, he falls over dead. And I'm like, oh, my God, obviously, Kong Keenan's going to be saved somehow using, you know, because of his superpowers and whatnot, his super brain, I guess. It's weird, idea though, that, that he falls over. Like this is like great. fully dead, right? And, oh, yeah, stroked out. The funniest thing that I thought was like they they do play that idea that oh man anybody who finds out will die except the important like Perry didn't die because you don't want Perry to die like it's such a weird play of like well you die unless you don't but like you said Keenan should be able but they seem to like check his post like he's dead he's gone but we'll have to we'll have to see how that actually plays I out. I imagine Kong Keenan falls over dead. They check his post. Kong Keenan has no pulse. He's <laughs> He's dead, and everybody gets up and says, well, like we talked about in Dark Crisis, he'll be back. What's death to us? Yeah, that, that would be the deal, that they just laugh it off and like, ah, we'll be <laughs> fine. Oh, my God. He's always playing with us, that Kong Keaton. But it is a pretty cool deal and actually brings up something that, like I said, I didn't know if they were actually going to leave behind or, or reference. Luckily, they do, because that, it was a big thing. It's a huge thing. It's like it could be one of the most important plot points of Superman going forward. It could be. Again, Perry ends up having this. And we did like and it was pointed out like they did change it from oh he's, in the, oh, he's in the sabbatical now. But I thought that was just them just saying he's still not. And then suddenly he's running for mayor. I'm like, the guy seems Weird. great. I mean, oh, there you go. Like, is this still a play? He just out, needed but, a good rest. He was tired. Yeah, yeah. This plays it out, though, and it's pretty cool. And again, it's like, you know, be we careful already what you're in digging into. So, yeah, yeah. And that guy, again, that must have been somebody who just, I'm, I'm getting this guy's just there watching TV. And he's like, you know what? 
that Clark Kent looks a little like some. Oh no! <laughs> well, that guy was an investigative journalist. Yeah, again. So there are people who are actively trying to like. It's it's kind of a, a funny play that in China and maybe even a little nefarious the villain. I don't start know. dropping dead or like putting into a coma who figure out like Superman's or, like identity. Yeah, I actually would kind of. It would be a neat little play where. You know, Superman doesn't want anybody to die. Also, obviously, that, that guy in China, that's all on Lex. I mean, Lex is now continuously still a murderer, even as a good guy, because he did that. Maybe, maybe he needs to fix some things here, but he Agreed. set that up. And I, again, one of the things about the Project Blackout is where Superman and Lois are still like, oh my God, is he really on the up and up? Is he a good guy? Like, nobody's brought that up. As Perry at that point was in a coma, like, come on. Say to him, like, you're an asshole. I don't care what you, you did all these things. And people are dropping dead now because of this whole Project Blackout. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But he certainly looks dead. <laughs> Look at that deal dead eyes he's got. Death becomes him, Eric says. But I, I thought that was a pretty clever deal to go with. And you realize at one point, like, oh, no, don't dig too deep. This is going to be bad. And and that's what happens. But then we get a third story, Eric. What is that? A Super Twins and Bibbo story written by Greg Hahn with art by Travis Mercer, Andrew Gullhouse, and Dave Sharp. And in this whole thing, it's pretty much, you know, Bibowski's day with the kids as he takes them to the Metropolis Parade, just like the old the Bibowski family tradition. Shows them Sus. all the things. And boy, does he have his hands full with these Super Twins. Oh, he's got he his hands full. Mischief and trouble and shenanigans. Oh, what is yeah. wrong with you with the Bibbo stuff? I told stuff? you. I told you it was going to come you, to you play. Told you. I told you. <laughs> I say sus stuff constantly. I, I told not- you. Again, you know what else, too? Somebody's got to, like, make sure Bibbo doesn't figure shit out. I know the guy's a little, you know, he's a nice guy. He's got a heart of gold. He's not the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. But I don't want him to die either. Now I'm worried about everybody. Like, all all of a sudden, Steve Lombard, he's figuring shit out. Look at that. I'm okay with that. How about Cat Grant? You don't want Cat. That's fine. I'm right. No, that's all right. I don't care about her. Clark Tropolis. Clark. (laughs) That was so funny. But, yeah, this is just a. Hey, let's have fun with the twins. It actually adventures has, and babysitting. It, it is. It's adventures or and babysitting. Adventures and babysitting with a little bit of a like a Super Sons type of feel. Not quite, but you could get there. It could be something, but it, it's nice. It's nice enough. It, it's, it's funny nice. it's a too. Little silly story to finish out the series. We have issue. the first story, and there's Otho who's beating the shit out of a girl who made fun. Of also, then you get in the second story, and they're like, "I don't like this jerk off spy Conkin." And then you get in this, it's like, "All right, we're the lovable twins." I'm like, "I don't know." The two stories before the set you up is kind of a bit of a you know bunch of jerks, but I do like no, them. I, I, I like them. I, I end up. This is like one of the things where I, I see. I think it's the problem with two stories. I don't see them becoming off jerk like at all. She's protecting her brothers being picked on, and they figure out there's a spy spying on them in the Superman family. The smartest two people in the Superman family figure shit out. No, I think they're stinking aliens who don't trust anybody. Uh, you ended like up the other having aliens? twins. You had the twins, the uh, Skrull and Kree twins in the Marvel side of things in the Fantastic I Four. That, this seemed like it was a ripoff of that. And in that, you really played the idea more up of them of being like these, because they were in against each other. They weren't twins. They were actually, you know, combatants against Enemy Kree and mine. Krull. And they ended up, well, they were put in like a, gladiatorial combat against each other and that's all they knew so when they ended up where ben Grimm, the thing gets them 
and they adopt them. I know them. the thing is. It, you end up, I'm saying to other people, this is the DC deal, but you ended up where a lot of that was like really played off that they just didn't understand how to be nice. They hated each other, and it was a really good interplay. This I like because the story, we, we see the twins, we're told, oh, look, you know, Otho is sticking up, but you never really get to see them just hanging out by themselves. And with here, with Bibbo, is cool. They, like, you know, they run away from Bibbo as he's just losing his mind trying to get a hold of these supers. But when you have this situation, they are wrecking things up at this Metropolis parade, but it's all good natured, childlike stuff that they just don't fully understand because they ain't never seen a parade or ate a hot dog before. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned the thing with the Fantastic Four because that's what it was all the time. Like, they end up where they see something and they react different and they have to teach them. So I like that. They do like the hot dogs, the tubular meat. It's delicious. delicious there. Yeah. They end up where Bibbo, little sus still. I wouldn't Not let sus. him, you know, get so handy with it. But he is having problems. They are like running him ragged. And then you have Superman comments like he didn't realize like, um, I love where Superman comes down. He's kind of pissed. But he can't be, in my mind, because he did end up, you know, asking Bibbo to watch He him. just has to show up with his arms crossed as Superman does. And that's his way of doing the count to three. Stop acting up. Oh, I'm looking at a page where he comes in. He's got a scowl on his face. And he says, so much for a quiet afternoon with the missus. He's pissed. He wanted to get down and dirty, ready to knock boots. And he's got to come. This is why he sent see them his away. He ended up. No, I, you can. Don't you see the when oh, he comes I'm down? The other one. Oh, yeah. He, he looks very upset. He's like, I was about to knock boots. And then, like, this is why I sent him away. I should give him $5 to go to the movies. And then somebody says movies are a lot more expensive. Right. <laughs> But it's fun. But I will tell you the idea when you have the, when you have that final line by Bibbo. You made a comment earlier about like you know yeah. the idea. Hey, hey, Superman! Any chance I can get some kind of mildly kryptonite laced child harness next time? And I just like when I got done reading this story, my thing was like like an extra page of the mind where it's all Superman says that would kill them, Bibbo. What the hell is wrong with you? Like he takes it so stern. Whenever you say kryptonite, he just like loses oh, yeah. his mind because this is deadly serious to us. What the hell are you talking about, Babowski? Just give me the. And he's like, hey, Superman, any chance I could get some kind of mildly kryptonite laced child harnesses next time? Superman's, what the fuck did you just say? And the Bibble's <laughs> like, uh, 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 nothing. And they all start laughing. And then everybody like walks away pissed off. And then it would be great, though, as you have that. And then you end up having the twins go, what's a harness? Like, yeah, it works here. You do have almost the idea. Do they know what a of, kryptonite is yet? Well, that's, I was going to say kryptonite, and then I was thinking, do they know that? And does it go with it, the deal and whatnot? They're stuffing their faces with hot dogs. They don't give a shit. Uh, I wish that they were wondering what that horse, what is this horseless carriage? You kind of get that. <laughs> I do like it. I do like at one point they're like attacking the blade. It's fun. That's all it is. I'm not going to say that it, it blew my mind or anything. Oh, not at all. But when I first read through it, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, Bibbo sus. I kind of was going with that. I'm not saying but that. When me and you started talking, I was looking at it as we were going through it. It, it is fun. It, and the it art fun. has that fun play of it. So it's a nice thing to have in a, a deal because I, I don't know how long these twins are going to stick around. It's such a weird idea to think about that, too, because what are their, like, what's the longevity of the super twins? Because they always just kind of like there. We do, like, you know, silly stuff. Are they just a, like a, I don't want to say placeholder, but a replacement for young John to try well, to get that, like, was. But when you have that, you have this alien nature of them where it's not the fun-loving, you know, human child version of John that we all kind of, like, you know, grew to love before he got aged up. So that's so, like, you know, utterly different than what you'd want from a young John because of how different they are and alien to the situation. So it's like, 
what do you do with them in the long run? Like, do you ultimately just go Linda Lee with them and he puts them in an orphanage? Like, what would happen to the super twins? And the thing, and first off, get the rat tail off. You, you got to get the haircut. But it looks cool. They're Padawans. If, if Philip Kennedy Johnson stuck around forever, he kept writing, writing, he had a lot of issues. I thought we would get that play of it, it allows John to maybe, you know, be the bigger brothers. So that's kind of cool. But it does allow Clark and Lois to raise them. They're trying to do that, but there's so much going on. Not empty nesters anymore. No. So there you go. And I'm telling you, he—they're knocking boots. They're trying to have more kids. But you know, people knock boots for more than just having kids. You know that, right? Five kids. Do they? I've, I've only Clown had maker. sex. It's weird. I've only had sex four times. <laughs> oh god. Uh, Cloud maker. So you, you end up all, all this going down. Oh good. I I actually hope. To see the the twins more, but there's not a lot of room for them at the moment because of all these bigger stories. You even said I like you have them sticking up for each other. You have I, that, I, no, I, I like that, but you, your well, your you have main to get personality into trait more. is I have the protector or the protective older sister and the younger brother. Like, I can't tell you anything about Oso and what his like thing, like what he enjoys. Nothing He's at all. Rat tail. I know that. <laughs> I don't like it, but but that's Padawan. the sort of thing. That's the sort of things that you would hope as it went on. The problem is, like you said, they are a placeholder kind of deal or a prop to yeah. kind of get that young super deal that we don't get with John. But I also think at this point, unfortunately, if Phil Kenny Johnson is leaving or not going they're going to just, I don't think anybody's going to really pick maybe. But I think they're also a placeholder of War World and Felosians to tie that in to whatever this big story Going is. Going off later, years later, let's just say, do you like, you know, they become like Streaky where Super Girl just makes Power Girl take care of Streaky? Does, you know, Power Girl just go to take care of the Super Twins later on because Clark and Lois are doing other shit? I, I think that if you did anything, the reason why Kara is talking about, oh, you know, your Felosians and stuff like that, and I think that they kind of go back, I, I don't know, if it, back to their own people, I don't know <laughs> Well, I would say it, but I think that you would get to the point where they want to go that i don't know it's weird because i do i'm I starting to like them more and more and i want them to stick around and i hope that if again this is all me just saying if philip kennedy johnson say he went to marvel exclusive and he's doing nothing at the i hope somebody else does pick them up and you know develop some and like you said i want to see more we love it when you end up having like damien in school or john showing up for college not going and leaving that one day right? we love it right Finn Connors. But I would like to see them. You get that little play of fights and things at the Steel Institute, right? Uh, but I'd like to see more of that. So I hope that I maybe see what we that school's get like. That. Yeah. Uh, the idea you're at the Steel Institute, you're a Felosian, you got powers. I mean, I think that people are going to get a little upset with you and a little jealous. But Superman's there. He's trying his best. He's doing his deal. You should stop them from eating them hot dogs. Look at the foot long going to town. Bibbo's. Why? It's try- delicious. Bibbo's. Crying and I'm like the guy has like solar tears. Look at those things, and then ends up you know whispering, "Can I poison the shit out of the kids the next time? Can you give me something to not kill them, but maybe put them in a coma for about forty eight hours? Is Whiskey that, is that something we can do here? Yeah, that would be funny. That's what you get at Nyquil. But what would you give this whole deal? Ultimately, this whole deal is still a fun like story wise, like you know the Ashen Comic stuff. It feels like it's coming to a head too fast for the amount of issues that we have up, which is very disappointing. But I think the art is fine throughout this whole thing. Yeah. The Gene Wen Yang stuff with uh, Con Keenan was great because you never get to see that character. It's actually tying into a bigger story that I couldn't wait to see that was introduced like a while ago, it seems like. 
but like it didn't set me on fire to with that last story with just the super twins, even though I enjoy them. It's, it's just, okay. you know, misadventures and babysitting, as I said, doesn't really do anything for anybody overall. It's just, hey, it's a fun little romp to get an extra buck out of you, but I'll give it a seven out of 10 overall. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. I, I actually did like it. And I'll tell you why one of the big things, and we talk, we're not talking anymore about the Brave and the Bold, the anthology book. First off, I don't know that a lot of people are reading it. New Stormwatch? It's very expensive. That ends this week. But even then, when you had the Tom King, that was the big deal. That's over. And I don't know how many people are going forward with it, but it's an expensive book. And you rarely, in those things, we have done a bunch of urban legends at one point. We have to go because you'll, you'll like one story, but not like three. It's not what. But in this, you've actually, they turned it into an anthology that is still the same price as the book was before. So when you end up like that, and I'm just going with the Super Twins deal at the end, yeah. that's such a bonus. And even the Jing Wen Yang Kang Keenan deal is a bonus, but that's pretty good. And, and even good. as a bonus, like as an anthology deal, I actually think, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but I think this is the strongest issue we've gotten of all three stories. I, I wasn't upset at any of them. I didn't think like, because we had that Steelworks one that was. What did we have last issue besides for the Connor Kent stuff? Yeah, what was it? I don't, I was going to say it was the Dan Jurgens still, like the end, but that I think was the one before that. Now I'm. Oh, I don't I'm recall that. Yeah, because even then. It might have been the end of that young John Kent stuff. And we had that stuff. But it never was like all three that I said, oh, my God, all these are pretty good. And even with a kind of goofy little deal with the twins, it was good. And I think that, you know, this might have been the strongest issue of it so far. But like you said, you're kind of getting some things that maybe you didn't need. But I think it's bonus. Unlike the next book, Eric, I'm setting up oh. a, a deal because when you end up getting a book like Detective Comics and the story is barely moving forward, you really don't. In my mind, you don't really understand even the full concept of the organs. What the, I always laugh, the organ place. What was that? What were they doing? What's going on? And then you get to the last issue, which I did enjoy a little more than I thought I would. I like reading it a couple times. I just like the idea where Batman trying to get a grip on reality was trying to get to these landmarks that were important. No, but in the meantime, the asthma was making him destroy him because that would wipe out his connection. Fine. It was almost like a uh, Barbados. Like, yeah, and Barbados was there, like, hey, I'm going to have to help you all that. I thought it was well done. Then you get to this one, and everything seems off. Everything seems weird. Everything seems just bizarre. And I said it earlier where we're going to end up having this uh, every other week now, twice a month, uh, whatever you say. Oh, but yeah. you end up, even then, though, it's just a side story about Batman. Wanted and being hung, and who's I knew he was hung. I saw. I know. I saw freaking Batman dance. When you get into this, when you first open it up, you know right away there's a different artist. You have Frank Avila on art, and it doesn't even seem like up to his standard. It doesn't seem finished. It seems very, very odd. All this going on, but I will end up giving you. The credits, Eric, for some reason, I got the credits, but now I cannot find them. The one thing that I was, this was what I was supposed to get the credits, right? It's written by (laughs) Randy Francisco Franco Villa on art, as well as Ariana Mayer on letters. So we end up jumping into this, and it's just the idea of centering on this Detective Fielding, Detective Nash. And all this kind of goes through where Detective Fielding, he was saved by Batman saved me back in the day. 
when I was affected by the scarecrow toxin. I'd go to hell and high water to find that man and help him. So the big play of this was the idea that Fielding wasn't just reacting of, man, that, that vigilante Batman, he actually was like diving deep in the deal of what is he doing? What, what's hurting the Batman? What makes him tick? What does a what does a man have to go through and put to put himself through this night in and night out? So you have Fielding again talking about when he was saved. So we kind of go the art, like I said, it looked a bit unfinished. It was a little odd. Just to then go with this play of, oh no, he's figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. That's the best part of the book when Fielding and Nash are on their way trying to figure out where Batman's going to go next on his freaking, you know, his tour of Gotham for the memories of Bruce Wayne trying to get the hold of the asthma inside of him. When they're trying to figure this out and Nash, uh, Fielding comes to the conclusion with all the places they're going, I think I know where he's going to go next because I believe that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And Nash's like, holy shit, have you told anybody? And it's the greatest thing ever until they actually get to Wayne Matter. They figure out where Batman's going to be. He's out by the gravestones. He's talking to his parents. He's talking to Alfred because because why why do you have to have a freaking inner like uh, inner look at Batman and not talk about the idea the crime alleys and my parents died? I'm like, I thought we were over this, but we're gonna do it a million more times. And then all of a sudden Nash just shoots fielding. He's working for the Orgums, and then the Ted Eyed Lady's like, Hey, I need you to go and like, you know, turn yourself in and then kill yourself. So nobody's gonna know anything. Everything about the idea of these two police officers knowing the identity of Batman, which was the most interesting part of the book, goes nowhere because they're instantly killed. This is two issues that you had, and I actually at this point, kind of like feeling. I thought, okay. And I actually thought, you know, you end up having these characters a lot. And with Gordon kind of out of the picture, I thought that feeling was a kind of cool replacement of having somebody on the force that was looking after Batman, especially at this point when he needs it. But he almost feels like, again, just a prop. And when you end up having these, even then, like you said, it's a pretty cool moment. And when he figures it out and he says to Nash, I figured it out. Oh my God, I think it's, but before that, you keep going like Ram V with this dialogue, even the dialogue between Batman and a young Bruce Wayne who was there in Crime Alley. It's just, it's over the top. It doesn't feel like anything that would come out of the mouth of Batman or Bruce Wayne. It's Batman just talking to the child self, telling him it's okay. And why do we do what we do? Does it make a difference? I feel like I read this like every other month in some Batman title when everybody wants to grab a hold of a Batman That's book. what happens. And and so, again, you start out with, again, reiterating what happened with Fielding. Get to the point where it's cool, where he does realize, wait a minute, these aren't just places he's going. Because they start talking about it like, man, that Morton, that thing, what does that remind you of? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, and he's like, that, that place. And that was a Wayne thing. But it seems the Waynes were buying things. They weren't really good you know, they weren't things that you would buy to try to make a profit with. It exactly. must be personal. So why would this? Oh, my God. You know what? And he was in Crime Alley where the Waynes were killed. And and then the idea, oh, my God. What happened? He's like, oh, my God. Martha Wayne was Batman. Like he comes up. This but whole he's like, time. oh, my God, I figured it out. And that go- But before that, like you said, you even have at one point where Batman's in the alley with his younger self. And they both say at the same time. I am all alone. <laughs> I thought they were going to start pointing to each other, do the Spider-Man <laughs> thing. I'm like, what is going on? But even that, like the idea of like, will we ever win? Do we save lives? Uh, well, deaths, they're not meaningless anymore. You see in the wars and the pain and the blood. I'm like, you're talking to a little kid. It might be you, but seriously. And it's just but over the top. stop trying to impress yourself with your freaking speech. Why are you talking to yourself like this? That's actually what I got in the whole place. He's like, ooh, I want to impress myself. So then when he... 
when he grows Little Bruce up, Wayne's <laughs> going to think I'm such a learned fella, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then I went at Barbados up the, like in the back. This isn't real. <laughs> Let's get moving, <laughs> asshole. Don't try to impress yourself. And yeah, he's like, but before you do remember this, you are not all alone. You will never be alone. This isn't real, Bruce. Get moving, you know. No Barbados at all. Yeah, so he runs off then, and then he's going to, you Goodbye, know, think Bruce. of Alfred. And it, it really felt like at this point, Ram V, not really telling much of a progression of story with the Oracle's thing, like he's taking the side deal to impress us with his, you know, inner knowledge of Batman and what, but it's all the same things that we've always seen. And then you end up getting a character that I've grown to like in two issues. You actually did some character work with this character, and he gets shot, right? I mean, the guy, he just gets shot, and he's done. And then it's like, ha-ha, and there's the organs. They come out, and the art at points in this where you end up having, I'm like, is that Gail Tenko? Oh, no, those are just people infected with the asthma, but who's that? Why is John Constantine showed up? Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, and even the idea. That's the organ prince. Well, you end up having these and where I have Arson? Yeah, I've Arson. been talking to people about, you know, the orgums and how they've been set up and, and what's going on. My joke is what is the organ place? We never did really find out. It ended up being in a place, a place. In, in the middle of well, now it isn't. It got blown up. But in the middle it of Gotham, but yet it was supposed to be a place somewhere else where they had the deeds of the old Arkham, you know, land. This is the thing that I just want to bring up. So as we go, because this is a very quick issue, there's not a ton going on. It's just setting up that they've captured, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman. But when I tell you that they end up having Shavhad Urhad, who is the priestess with her mask on. And this is how she is explained officially by DC. And it's the mercurial priestess of the serpents. She uses Obviously. a mask with multiple eyes. I'm like, I could barely even remember her name. Material. You have that, the Ar- yeah. Arzen Orgum, also known as Origa. Arzen's oh, the, the son Aurigas. of the king and queen of Solvatstral. Oh, and thank God. These are things that. Does anybody remember any of this? Has I this know, sunk just, it I don't in? remember what you just said to me now. We've been trying. I actually just activated some sleeper agents, I think. I but think we've you been might tra- have. Tell- Even when we talk about this, I can barely actually uh, differentiate the asthma from arson. I know. And so we're more than a year with this story. And if you really, like, held a gun to my head, you're, you know, Detective Nash. He's a little rootin' tootin' gun shootin'. So sure end up, he says to me, I will kill you. If you cannot oh, give me the proper <laughs> names of the orgums, I, I'm oh, done. So dead. I'm dead. Because that's how little, like, week in and week out, I do this and I'm so dead. Eric, the only reason I remember Gail Tenclaw is because we thought it was hilarious that he was a wolfman. That's oh, the no, only no, reason. I could tell you Gail Tenclaw, because that dude is, as you said, a wolfman. Yeah, and I don't, I wish I had the son of him. We ended up, but that's why. We remembered because we laughed so much of him being the Wolfman. Even then, people made I, – I don't know if you remember – where people thought we were insane when we said that Gail Tenclaw was definitely a Wolfman. They're like, He's oh, no, no, there's a Wolfman. We're like, really? His name is Gail Tenclaw. And he, there's a Wolfman <laughs> running around. It has to be him. I mean, there's no other deal. And so in this, like, who are these other people, though? Jim, like, who is that body of, like, you know, Prince Arzen's father? What's this? Ras Al Ghul? I don't know that name. <laughs> Ras Al Ghul. Yeah, you have. But again, you, you have a lot one. of things. 
you have a lot of things going on in this book that it's not really well set so what up. So the assassins I mean, up to right now? Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm, do you remember Daria Orgum? Do you know who Daria Orgum Daria. is? Isn't she that one who used to be on Beavis and, Beavis and Butthead and got her own show? Spin well, off? she had her own show. I don't know. It kind of connects in your mind, I think. But I yeah, never she, knew her last name. No, no, that, yeah. that's, that's Arson's mother. That's the queen. Oh, the queen, Jim. I don't need to know her name. She's the queen. Do you know Amena? Amena Orgum? That, that's the grandmother, Eric. These are characters There's that a grandma. have been, like, yeah. And then we also had Ethaniel Orgum. That was an ancestor that came up. Then you end up having Zayden. Who the fuck Zayden. are these people? Ni- Niang Mordhurum. Do you know him? What, what, what's the country that they come from again? I can't really. You want, you want me to say this again? Everybody, I, I do, because honestly, I don't know. Put your fingers well. You just want more sleeper agents. It's Zvastral. <laughs> Svastraw. When they end up where you're on the Wheel of Fortune, just keep asking for consonants and keep going. Because <laughs> it's SV. You don't need to buy any vowels. No. Well, you, you have the standard A's, but you have S-V-A-T-R-S-T-A-L. Svastraw. I mean, we're dummies, but I mean, see, also, Niang Mordrum. He's the physician and flesh crafter to the Cola Kings as the dark blood. The Colon Kings? The Cola Kings. You know, like Pepsi and uh, RC. Uh, he has four arms and uses a Chinese mask. Eh? Right? You got that. The, these are the ones. Remember all of a sudden they got thrown at us and then oh, they just kind of got died. They kind of got died, Eric. Also, what is the name of the uh, reality engine that we, we talk about? Because that's still out there. It's it's the Thelemus engine. Oh yes, yes. I do, I, re, I think when it's you I always hear call it, it the reality engine. We always call it the reality engine. But this is the thing. All I'm, I'm stressing is, is we have been dealing with these characters. The music box with these name? concepts. Ah, there, there, there. There's some fucking monkey grinder going on and Grodd's dancing around somewhere with that fucking thing, right? I I once considered myself an organ grinder back in the day. But uh, with all this, Gross. it's too much. Of a, a time span of this one story that I don't know much about anything that's going on. Now, it's not as confusing as, say, what we're going to talk about later in Size Spurrier's Flash, but it's not hidden. Maybe? It's, well, I, I don't think it's confusing. More I'm so you, of we're not getting a lot of info. 2.5 issues of The Flash. How many issues has this happened? I feel like I, I feel like Sai might be doing a little bit better right now just because of the, the amount of issues that each one have had. Sai is is blowing our minds with nonsense and, and technical jargon. Here, I just think that you, you're not focusing on the story is. Well, that's the thing. Well, in this, we kind of do a little. I mean, it's the organs trying the to get Batman, doing right? Stuff. Yeah. yeah, they're doing stuff. So at least we got that. We have to change the reality engine of Gotham that was put back there in the 1600s where there was a Batman, a Two-Face, a Scarecrow, and, that, and, and shit the, like it that. It seems like they want to stop the Batman, have a Gotham with that. Like, the, actually, Ramvi's story, what ends up happening is it seems to be, unfortunately, grabbing different weird things because it looks like they want to Gotham without Batman that we had yes. in that alternate reality of Chip Zdarsky. But also, like out. Chip Zdarsky, we have Zornar there trying to cut. We have Barbados here. Barbados but we here, also have yeah. the, the asthma. Then we have Arzen. I get them mixed up, too. Then we have this. But the whole play of what I'm saying is these characters and these big concepts are not being developed enough. He ends up meandering with so many other things and kind of do this, that, and the other thing. That nothing really sank in for me, at least. I'm sure. I agree. And 
I'm not saying that everybody listening is thinking the same thing. There might be people. Because, I'm oh, saying so. that everybody listening is thinking the same thing because you just said concepts and names and terms. I guarantee nobody knew all of them. But say you're somebody who likes Ram V and this okay. is the only book you're buying. You may be able. You might be nope. deep diving. Not, you, nope. you still though. You still. Nope. <laughs> not buying it. All right. It, it, uh, well, what you're telling me then is this is a lot of bullshit. But it is. It, 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 I really it's like so bullshit, though. I like last. I, it, yeah. Fielding is great. He's dead now. It's going nowhere slow. That, that, you can't do that. You really are. And it's just it. It the shit's hit the fan in the review circles here because this is a book that for a while now we've been saying we're not really into it because it's not moving and people kept giving it 10 out of 10 to 10 this issue is like in the sixes now people even the ones that will give the 10 to anything they can't even justify stuff they're like i don't know what this is happening maybe now because as this goes back to the deal you end up where bruce you know said that bruce is sleeping at the gravesite on wayne manor and you end up having the organs come sleeping and- again yeah, he's just like, this guy's always asleep. He's there. The asthma's affecting him. Yeah, Barbados somewhere in there, though he's kind of MIA here. And you have where Arzen, he's like, okay, well, now that I, I love the idea, though, Fielding has figured things out. Dress. And you end up where he gets shot. Then the organs come in. You end up having Shavhod. Who starts to do mumbo jumbo? I'm gonna end up. Oh, you said that I was nonsense, and then you end up. Arson says, "Stop that! Stop that!" And goes, "Is Arson kind of stupid at this point? Because I think that at this point, you might all realize that Batman might be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he even had like the info said. Then he shows up. There he is, and he's unmasked. Oh no, Bruce Wayne! And he's all upset. A man I admire. Somebody yeah. who's so much like me. Should does he deserve to die when we are so much alike? Well. I, w- I shall keep his identity to myself, but the Batman still needs to be hung for all to see because the symbol needs to die, but the man can remain who he is. Yeah, so, again, we've had a bunch of stories kind of like that as well, of the idea, you know, hey, I'm going to be Batman, so I have to kill off the Bruce Wayne persona. This seems like at the end you may have, I don't know, maybe you'll get Fielding dressed up as Batman, and he'll be, it's a weird play because he says, I don't really want to kill Bruce Wayne. Maybe the asthma can disconnect them. Maybe, but then again, you're back to the like, uh, no Batman gods. Disconnect your broken neck. Don't actually hang him. Hang somebody else in his place. Because he does say, man, I don't want to hang him. Is he not just like me? Is he not worth saving? That whole place. So who knows how they're going to play that up. But we do end up in a weird play. Batman wanted. I'm like, wanted? He's right there. What are you doing? You already have him. So I don't know how they're going to play this out in this next bit of a story. But again, it's just the art is off. And I like Frank Avila's art, but it, it doesn't Usually, feel like it's finished uh, at points. I think that this might have been a last second deal. The whole play of this Batman wanted that that seems like maybe that was like a I don't know, not a desperation move. But in my mind, it might be because the Gotham War isn't hitting with some people. So let's get some money over the detective side but this is wearing out it's welcome to some so the batman books right now a lot of people are really not digging either and that that's a bad thing for dc but what would you give this ultimately i think that the story is a misstep the art is a misstep and i'm just like it's like i said before this story is going slow yeah. like no going nowhere, nowhere slow. slow yeah and the most interesting part of the book with fielding and nash the detectives who are looking in the batman 
instantly just thrown away because we're moving on to the orgums again, but it doesn't mean anything. So this is very disappointing on both the art side and story side. So I'm giving it a fuck you five. Fuck you. I had it on there. I was waiting here because I'm a fuck you five as well. It would have been really interesting to have Fielding as this, like, you know, low-level guy and have him know well, and, and actually Well, everybody in the Bat family him. has that guy, it seems like. Yeah, you know? like, I was actually you thinking know, of even the Tim, Tim Drake. When we ended up exactly. having his soul, you had that guy. Even like everybody when does had Boda and Nightwing. Exactly. They do. They all have that guy. And with Gordon kind of doing his own thing, Batman doesn't. And maybe this could have been the play down the line. Batwoman had Montoya for that time. Or even like, you know, uh, Maggie Sawyer. You could even go with that play and, and really tie it in and start to think of the books as a whole of the idea that Batman does need that guy. Batgirl had that cop, too. Yeah. Yeah. You had, we never could remember that guy's nope. name. Williams? Or was that the Tim Drake one? And I don't remember. Also had a drunk podcaster. I mean, they had it all, those Batgirls. But Grace O'Halloran. Maybe the whole play here. Could have been a really cool deal of, you know, the idea of Tim Drake. Oh, my God, Batman's over the top and he needs a Robin. But maybe he also needs a Gordon type. Maybe that could be played out as one of the reasons why he's not quite himself. Now, also, there's the idea of the Asmer, Barbados, all these things, Zordar, all that. But I, I, I like the idea. Out there with Bruce Wayne's not like identity as well. <laughs> yeah. Again, it was funny that when I'm reading this, I would have laughed so much where you end up fielding's like, man, I think I know it. Batman's Bruce Wayne. Oh, no, aneurysm. Like, that. time out. <laughs> that, that's Superman, asshole. That's any blackout, oh, too. Oh, man. He's like, you mean that means if I figure out that Clark Kent's, oh, no, now he's dead. He is dead. But it was such a, when he ended up getting shot, I was, I was angry because was I that. actually, for one thing, Ram V can, you know, I, I don't love the his you know, style of writing. Well, you I'm just say I don't. But when you get this fielding guy that suddenly he did enough character work in two issues where I'm like, I like I this guy. And the one thing. Eh, so, yeah, fuck you five for me. But we'll move fuck on you. to the last book of this section. What is it, Eric? Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Red Hood, number two. <laughs> Written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Nicholas Mezia, Rex Locus, and Troy Pateri. And in this, we continue the Red Hood aspect to our story, and not only where we left him off in the previous issue of Catwoman, but everything that led up to that and the idea of him working with Manhunter and Ravager as well to try to find Scarecrow, who killed one of the people that he was working with, because that's one of the coolest parts about the last issue that you and I didn't get to talk about. But I actually liked the first issue of this Red Hood spinoff. I liked seeing, like, you know, we had that group that are now with uh, Vandal Savage, that are, you know, like, we're going to fight against the Catwomans and the Batmans and stuff. Scarecrow going off his own before we ever saw that nonsense was cool because he's getting his revenge because he's a fucking scarecrow. He's taking out the people and he's taking it to Red Hood himself. So having this freaking target painted on Red Hood and actually making Red Hood feel like he's like, you know, worth something more than being the folly of the Joker, the Joker hunter that he is, because now he's after Scarecrow and doesn't give a fuck about the Joker, which in this book is great too, because the Joker's kind of pissed off that he lost his number one fan. Man, I hate it. Or the faux Joker I it thought is. this was bullshit. Now also Matthew Rosenberg here and, and again editorial will be involved too, but this ends up being like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up uh, a bunch of stuff for my bet, uh, Joker, the man who stopped laughing as well. Like maybe get nobody's reading that book. That book was canceled. But it so still makes it doing? a connected universe, which I appreciate. You might appreciate it, but nobody's going to end up. Nobody's buying that Joker, the man who stopped laughing anyway. Then they get this for the Gotham War. It only reiterates what we already saw and does more shit with that book that has one issue left. It's canceled. I think it's it's a bunch of 
malarkey. I think it's doing great things for Red Hood and who the character is going forward. The idea of having Ravager as his lover slash best friend only pretty you much confident. You have Ravager on. here, but you, you end up even in the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Suddenly, because you just have to end, it's like, oh, uh, you go with Manhunter and do things. It really didn't mean anything. And then you throw it in here. It really doesn't mean anything. And unless you end up having the idea of you know, Matthew Rosenberg, and I think they just gave him this because they just wanted to keep him busy. And so you end up where... I think he's setting up a Red Hood series. See, I, I don't. I actually, and after reading this, I almost will bet you a dollar to a donut, Eric, and this is my big prediction. Red Hood's not making it out of this. He's dead. I, I'm How telling dare you, you, he's going to die. Next issue. You say this. It's the funniest thing because he's going to die. Maybe I'm biased for how much I like this book because I love Red Hood. But the idea of like, you know how I always talk about my head cannon, but what I want to see happen to the character, especially with him being with Ravager, the idea of moving towards that concept that I wanted where he eventually takes on the Deathstroke mantle, especially now that he's working with Ravager and the lovers and stuff like that, the daughter of Deathstroke. I saw this whole thing like playing out the idea of what, what Batman has done to, you know, Jason Todd, the idea that he's made it so if any of this, his uh, adrenaline gets like up doing any kind of super heroics or pretty much anything that will get your adrenaline up, he will be dosed with a fear toxin that makes him incapable of doing like living the life that Red Hood wants to live. The only way I can see my, any way out of this is, dying. is maybe putting, <laughs> no, it's maybe putting Jason Todd through the super soldier serum that Slade had to get his, you know, healing factor up to get it out of his system. And I'm like, is this one step closer to having my dream of what we could do with this character? And not only that, because that is a total bias kind of situation well, of what Lazarus me enjoying do it things. Too, there is no Lazarus. But Who knows? Uh, when when you have when you have this going on, I don't on, even know I if he's like, actually not a zombie still. I mean, sir, they were bringing he's that not up a in, zombie. The, in the whole deal. I didn't think he got all the resin then that one pound that whole. But deal. he's he's fine, is what I'm saying, because he would be a corpse at this point in time, and if he didn't, if he wasn't, it was fine. weird though. When, the whole deal. When you have the other villains that are all getting together to be pissed off at Catwoman and stuff like that, I liked hearing the whisper down the lanes about you know villains hearing about what happened to the Red Hood, what Batman did to him, and even the idea of like what the other villains think about Red Hood. Like you know, is he like more one of us and one of the bats and stuff like that? I can't believe Batman does. I like this whole idea of making the Red Hood feel bigger than he has in a while, just through the whisper down the lanes of what's going on in Gotham City right now with the Gotham War. I didn't see it. I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was surface level shit that you end up Matthew Rosenberg always gives. And and I don't think anybody's reading this. I don't think anybody read the joke of the man who stopped laughing after six some um, issues. And I think well, this will this will all be just pushed aside. I mean, you end up having things, and really, I mean, I you like it. I, we can tell that. I hate it. I thought it was an extraneous bunch of bullshit cash grab nonsense. And it does end up where Matthew Rosenberg is like. Hey, look at my greatest hits of books that got canceled. Here they go. We have this and we have that. And hey, remember that test for C that ended up bullshit and nobody remembers? So it ended up feeling like a, a like a clusterfuck jerk-off session for him, which just threw me off. But also the reviews for that, like nobody, you might be the only one who likes this, which is crazy. But oh my God, the, the reviews are Jason. Deal. A new situation to go in because every time anybody uses Jason Todd, it's always, you know, I got to do this with the Joker. I'm mad at Batman about well, this. Well, we had that it's again. He even had. starts talking about the, the crowbar again. Yeah, it's you the have the whole situation thing. where you have the faux Joker doing faux Joker things that, you know, are baseball Joker stuff because he is the faux Joker. You know, Johan freaking whatever his name was. But like, um, 
when you have the idea that you're presenting him with this new foe and the scarecrow is taking very personally what Jason Todd's been doing with his former goons, it looks like you're putting Jason on a new path to have a new foe and like, you know, painting a, a public enemy number one on Jonathan Crane. That seemed out of nowhere. When we had, we had it last issue, issue. And this, it's just, hey, I'm going to have you train these two. He trained all the guys, but you center on these two guys. The one guy happens to them be, oh, my God, like, Scarecrow. What, 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 is he there? Like, that's his main guy for 50. It's It just seems odd. I would think that a lot of these villains, including Scarecrow, wouldn't even know these fucking guys' names. At one point, even Joker says, yeah, you were with me before, and they weren't there with that and whatever. Because these guys all jump back and forth. I feel like this is all force. And again, it does nothing at all for the Gotham War. It does nothing. You end up even at a point where you go through pages of 48 hours later, uh, 49 hours later. I'm like, well, this is what Jason's doing during the Gotham War with the stuff you didn't see during the regular issues. Yeah, he, but we did. We saw Batman's there and he takes him down. There's Batman at the 45, uh, 50 hours later. He's getting that injection. He's doing that. Then we end up in that burning building. Where you just see one little side deal It's not worth it to me to have this as a tie-in Of a separate book It has done nothing Because it nothing in this issue affects anything That goes on in the next deal But I'm saying it does it But it's a tie-in to an event And it does nothing for the event And you're talking that it affects Red Hood Everything be-all end-all Will be the next issue at the end of the event That's going to give you the real How does this go forward Because I can't see the idea of Jason going forward with this crazy injection thing. Oh, dear, no, why? He has to be fixed. Oh, he's going to die. I'm he's telling not you, die. I, I guarantee you, the way that they spell this out, and then I start thinking we have one issue left and he can't be left like this, I think he's full out dead. And we'll see. We'll see. And when they do it, I'll laugh in your face. <laughs> Even the idea of the faux Joker, yes, he's not the real Joker, but he's pretty much, you know, he wants to save Jason Todd from his fate that's going on from what Batman did to him. And even the idea that the Scarecrow is coming after him as well. I like this whole, like, reversal to the idea that the Joker, yes, he's not the real Joker, but the Joker, as, you know, he thinks he is. And a lot of people reading this won't even know what they're talking about when, when they even say that. Like, you're not even the real Joker. They'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about? He's there to save Jason Todd, which is hilarious to me because this Johan character, John, whatever you want to call him, ever since Night Terrace, he is like, you know, the Joker, but he's not quite the Joker. And he's doing it in such a funny way for me with this interaction between the, the constant rivalry between Jason Todd and the Joker. But again, it's like, it doesn't do anything because we already saw the re- resolution. Well, you didn't, of you didn't so see this stuff though, like, but the idea of like you know, it doesn't amount to anything. He goes, "Man, I'll save. You. Oh, I can't leave." And then we're just back to where we ended up last week in Catwoman. So it doesn't really uh-huh. change anything. I, I didn't like it at all. But it adds more to Red Hood. That's like it's Red Hood, like you know, spinoff tie-in situation to the book where it's more about Jason Todd than anything that's actually going on in the actual Gotham War. This is what's going on with Jason Todd. During the Gotham War So it's more to the character point Which I really enjoyed Because I really enjoy Jason Todd I like Jason Todd enough But I don't think this does any it's, it, This does as much for Jason Todd As that Joker of the Man Who Stopped Laughing Did nothing Oh no, the, the best the best part that Jason Todd had And the be- Joker of the Man Who Stopped Laughing Is putting Ravager and the Manhunter with him it, Like that was forced And then became a team up Just the penultimate issue So again, I just like, whatever You have this and 
We'll end up ending the joke of the man who stopped laughing, which I tell you will have an asterisk. This happens before the end of the Gotham War because I think he's going to be dead. And you do get the idea that Catwoman will help Jason Todd go after Scarecrow for what he did to her men. They like walk away and she seems to already forget about that. And it's it's a small thing too, which I, I don't know if you'll appreciate it at all, but I found it hilarious to have Rose Wilson here with Jason Todd meeting up to the point where they're supposed to meet up with one of these like goons that has a message for Jason Todd when they find his dead body. And Rose is going through his pockets to try to find clues and inside he has like a like a map written by the joker essentially of where he could be like, so what are you doing like well the thing is like what are you doing rose if you're that hard up for money i can give you like look i'm looking for clues and as she get, finds the clue gets to jason she then goes through his pockets and steals all the corpses money and puts it in her pouch i'm like that's pretty pretty fucking funny oh and then you have the idea too in this that vandal savage wants jason todd on his side as well well you had that last issue you had that in the Catwoman. i don't know i don't know what they'll do but i i do think that he is not long for the world, but what would you give this? I would give this a 7.5 out of 10. I enjoyed this issue with Jason Todd a lot. And again, might be biased because I really enjoy the character and where the direction they're taking him. And I think the art's good throughout. Just the whole idea of switching things up with the Scarecrow, I find really interesting. And I I don't know where I'm going to see it, but I w- can't wait to see where it goes when this packs back up. I don't think it means anything. I don't think that he's a big enough writer anymore for it to mean anything. Uh, I give uh, It's a 2 out of 10 for me. I, I thought it was just utterly worthless. It was a cash grab. I just don't don't like it. But he did give us the Joker butt, baby. At least we got that. But with all that, we're going to go off and we have a bunch more books to go. And we'll get to that right about now. There's uh, more than Tom King being pretentious in this section, I would say. Yeah, I would say. There's some books here. It's a weird week. We have a lot of books going down, and uh, you get a bit of everything, don't you? A little character here, a little confusion there, a little forceful nature there. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to jump right into this. We will have Tom King later on in this section with his Wonder Woman. But we're going to start out with Flash. Flash number two, and it's a book that me and you haven't talked about together yet because you are on your sabbatical, just like Perry White. I'm I'm telling you right now, 
I end up and I'm reading this. I'm getting ready to get, you know, podcasts. I get things going. I'm okay. I get this time frame set. I started reading this flash book and I, everything went wonky. It went sideways. I don't know what's going on. And then I just started thinking like, how are we going to talk about this book? And maybe just maybe be better off if this might be the last time. And we've never quite dropped the book like this, I think, because at one point we did put Tom King's Batman on the Patreon only because people were giving us so much crap because we weren't liking it. So we kept doing it. But I don't know. I'm at I'm at wit's end, Eric, and I didn't no, even getting, start it's with that many tough. wits. It's, it's because the tough. whole thing is. I even sent you a message last night. I don't think you like saw it because I think you just started. Sending I don't me think weird, I did. Like, images were like <laughs> I don't want to read the Flash anymore. Okay, I I didn't see that. I wish I did because I might have written you something back, kind of like neither do I, <laughs> or like <laughs> how about we don't because it, it's a weird play. We get on this podcast. We like to try to be at least as educated as two dummies can be. We get things wrong. We get things right. We predict the future. We're often wrong there as well. But we like to at least have an idea of what we're talking about and not sound like dummies. And I I think that that's tough with this book. I think this book is written to make everybody sound like dummies because it really doesn't make much sense. And I, I ended up talking to somebody about this, and they actually asked me, do you guys know what's going on? Because I feel really dumb <laughs> reading this. And I said, no. And I, and, and I said, and from the bottom of my heart, Obviously, this is, dummy. and this isn't like a, a joke. I actually said, please do not get fooled by a book like this. Don't get fooled that it feels so fancy and intelligent that you think it must be good because you don't understand it. Or it must be smart because you don't understand it. Don't fall in that trap because a writer is supposed to be telling you a story that you're supposed to understand a little. I understand mystery. Get it? I understand things. But when you're writing an issue where you are just seemingly streaming words together that aren't really connected, like? you're throwing things. And I here's the thing. Legitimately, I started counting the likes. The oh, likes yeah. Until we get to the part where he starts making fun of himself about it. And that was like, at like, like 14. Like? And I'm like, fuck this. There are... Similes on top of metaphors, on top of whisper down the lanes, on top of enigmas and analogies. I mean, this book is so not Wally West. It to me is so not Flash. I look at a Flash book. It's kind of funny to say, but I look at the Flash book as being something that should be not a quick read, but should have that sense of speed while reading. This doesn't have it. And I look at Wally as somebody who should be fun. He's not fun. In fact, I don't know who this Flash is. And if I find out, I want to kick him to the curb and never talk about him again because he's so ridiculous. I don't know what's going on in two issues. That's the biggest problem. That's the weirdest part because I can understand. We're coming off of you know Jeremy Adams' run, which is super fun, all about family-oriented stuff going on in The Flash to reestablish Wally West as the fastest man alive, The Flash. And it's like, okay, we've done that for a while. So I spare him. I said, look, I want to turn The Flash on its ear because I want to do something that nobody's ever done before. And that's not always a bad thing. And like, especially it isn't always a kind bad of thing. Because you jump in with a different feel, a different take. Just, that's kind of a cool thing at times. Especially, you know, you're still picking up the pieces of where, at least where Jeremy Adams left off with the family, who's involved and stuff like that. It just feels so disconnected, not only from the sense of what we just left, but from issue to issue and the story that we're being told with the different elements of the story that I think when we finally get back to other things we had in issue one, people are going to forget because of how dense this feels without even saying anything. Yeah, and that's the problem is you'll go through pages. It's 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 one thing to start a page. People will do this. I'll do it all the time, especially a non-comic thing. You're reading a book. 
you kind of daze off and then you, oh my God, I read that same page again. What happened in this one for some weird thing? And I think I went to message you or something. And so I'm reading it and I'm on my tablet. I went to message. And then when I went back, sometimes this will happen. It had shifted back a page. I read that page and didn't even recognize that I had even read it until I got to the next one. And then I'm like, I still don't even know what that page now I read twice even said, because when I then looked, it didn't say anything. A lot of this is not saying anything. And how can you tell a story without saying anything? And uh, I saw one review that made me chuckle just to, to say before I get the credits here is the person loves this run so far because they said this is the most grounded flash they've ever had. Oh, I the grounded, what, huh? what are you talking about? Like, this is so far from that. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Doesn't feel, it feels more Barry than Wally, but it doesn't even feel Barry. And then at the end, we get Barry, but then he's this, ah, flash number two. Ah. Barry doesn't feel right. Written by Cy Spurrier, art by Mike Diodato Jr., Trish Mulville, and Hassan Asame Elhow. And when you go into this, too, the art is trying to do some paneling things it didn't in the first issue. And where a lot of times, if you're, lost a little oh that's the script this kind of let me look at the art to try to say oh i don't know what's going on there either it's nothing is helping me nothing is leading me in and again i might be the big dummy but two it is but two issues in if somebody really asked me hey what is this about i could barely tell them anything i might say some names oh the the stillness uh, something and then oh really Coiled. Oh, uh, you know, you have the uh, stasis thing going on. I'm like, I, I don't know. I hope well, that you even know the idea, more. We, we have two. We're two issues in, and I maybe want to say 2.5 of what that we had with that little like prologue and the uh, flash number Which 800 that started well. spotted. Yeah, it did because that started the whole cosmic heart. The idea that somebody's also like you know. Amping up the Flash's volumes with new alien tech that's doing weird things and ripping the cosmos apart, which is screwing up the Speed Force to the point where uh, Wally West is kind of losing reality he's, he's jumping between one reality and the other and the other reality seems to be a cosmic you know hp lovecraft's horror reality that he's witnessing but also he can harness this by the end of this issue where he's beyond speed beyond vibrations where he can just teleport essentially from one reality to the next back to ours and just be in a different point in time and like space entirely that's such a weird idea because i think when we jump into this you lose a lot of the aspects of what we started with the first issue because in this one we have one of the gorilla gorillas of gorilla grad's clan Sitting here with Wally West fighting this horrific. Yeah, and I think it was the one that we saw monster. at the very end of last issue. They were there. Chad got turned inside out. And exactly. Then the That's the thing is, you had Chad, who was known as the Indigo Streak to the Gorillas, who was kept like showing up during these different like you know missions that the Gorillas were going on in Central City. But then all of a sudden, Chad was put into a stasis field, was turned into a cosmic horror, and we're just fighting that now. And it doesn't really seem like we want to talk about Chad or the Indigo Streak. He is just now this cosmic horror that can shred people in angles that don't exist as whatever we talk about in this whole thing. Until Wally himself is put into a stasis field, starts floating away, is taken by these ultra-terrestrials called the Stillness that look like Maybe, like I said, ultra-terrestrial speedsters, because they kind of look like they have lightning inside them. When you say the stillness, you think of the still force? Exactly, but it seems like it's different than the still force. Yeah, it does feel different. They seem to be here witnessing what the Speed Force has done to reality and think these bunch of hairless apes and even actual ape apes are idiots for what they've caused to this world. And they're going to keep watching, though. But on top of that, you have the uncoiled, the cosmic horror element that is there with them in this ultra-terrestrial space that Wally finds himself in after 
floating into the cosmos of a stasis bubble. That's not in stasis, and we have to really point that out for some reason. They destroy Chad, the uncoiled, and we just send Wally Bless back on his way to Central City. But with nothing like going on with the idea of what the hell just happened. He was just surrounded by these cosmic beings who might or might not be cosmic speedsters attached to the speed force. And another aspect of this book that I feel is really weird that we don't talk about in this issue is in the first issue as well. We have some mysterious element, some guy who's working with Mr. Terrific and the idea that something's wrong with the Speed Force. And we actually, in order to save all of reality, we might have to kill all of the speedsters. And Mr. Terrific, he's keeping that shit to himself. And he's keeping it to himself. Even in the first issue, right away, when they started saying something, was this stillness. Now, I I just got the idea that, okay, Cyspire is going to pretentious his way around the idea that there's just too many damn speedsters. There's so many in the multiverse. There's so many right now on Earth that maybe you have to do something that makes sense. Then I thought, well, no, I think that he's coming in here even more pretentious where he is going to try to make the speed force of his own creation. The idea of adding Don't do to that. it. Joshua Williamson tried that and it was a mess. I know. And that's my biggest problem is the idea the where force. when you start to try to make sense of it, it gets worse. It really does. It gets so wonky. It gets so convoluted. So in that, it's just, it blows my mind when I'm reading this that I don't, I can read narration boxes and I can read them. I don't know what they're saying. And like you said, at the end, they're not really saying anything. Everything is, man, I'm like a ghost going through the statues. Uh, what are you saying there? Well, How even is when that you have the giving stillness us a story, to, right? To Wally West, like, you were in space because this technology applies a crude form of temporal lacuna relative to the local gravity well. Cool. Speak slower. The organic is confused. You didn't fly into space. You remained still relative to the sun while the planet moved onward. Actually, I like that explanation because that's kind of a cool that's idea. That's better, but why not stasis. start, right? But then, but then when you have the stillness continue, these ultra-dimensional beings talking about, we're here, we're explorers of the sort, we're looking for the holy Arc angles. You mean archangels? No, dummy. Arc angles. 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 Holy, holy, holy. And again, he has done some stuff over at uh, Marvel and the X stuff that's like on a religious based deal. And I think he's trying to play that angle here and almost making a cosmic religious thing out of the Speed Force. But again, I, I don't think that's something that's going to hit very well with mass appeal. But when I'm reading it, like, and you're reading some of it, and I'm telling you at points, I'm laughing. And I, I started laughing. That's some of the things. I mean, at one point before he even like almost realizes that there was an alert on his typewriter, beep, 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 using like too much, it, he ends up. Oh shit! That's a thing that happens. He's fighting Chad, the craziness, not even really caring. And I, the Indigo Streak, who's now one of the uncoiled. Yeah, and last issue, he sees Chad become the Inside Out Man at one point. I mean, uh-huh. the thing he's coming, and he's like, huh. That reminds me of a nightmare I had. Like, he has no emotion towards the idea that this was a kid who ended up getting destroyed. When you ended up having the police get spirited off in the stasis bubbles, it was hard to even know what happened. Yeah, because, get on that. Because he ends up going home. And, I, like, there was no any sort of, you know, idea of, I got to get things done now. Oh, my God. There's tension. There's things going on. It just felt weird. And, and then when no you're urgency. Had, you're, yeah, urgency is what I meant. And when, you, when you're in this, you're fighting this. Chad guy and again It's just this horrific Cthulhu monster and he's like Man it rebuilds itself like Rot in reverse like magnets Made of meat oh yeah like that What what what? and then Keeps going it travels like nothing I've seen No continuity of motion it's not really moving at all 
it iterates itself like a string of projections, like it's stepping around the corners of a blind alley no human brain can imagine. Look at that pathing. What, what, what are you doing? Here's what you say. It's like I'm fighting this thing. It just regenerated. I don't know what to do here, and it doesn't make sense. My it, eyes can't even understand how it moves. And when when this sort of yeah, when this sort of thing happens, you just wonder what, why the fuck are you doing this? Are are you trying to prove that you're fancy or smart? Because overall, to me, the idea of being a smart comic book writer is to get something that makes sense. It might blow people's minds, but they have to know what's happening. You can't just make it like, oh, my God, unless there's a play. There's times where we'll have in a comic that the actual main character doesn't understand. So you get a little wonky and then you realize, oh, my God, we were seeing it through them. Wally, is he on LSD? I mean, is Wally really, is he on the H? I don't know, Eric, because even the idea of weird. Grabbing a hold of things to jump to conclusions to get our story going. In the previous issue, we just had Wally go to work at Terrific Tech, talk to his fellow colleagues about the idea that, like, you know, nature loves a, like, a shape, like a, a hexagon, a like a honeycomb. Yeah. And he kept talking about that while, like, he was walking through his area on his way to see Mr. Terrific. And this one, it's like, oh, my God, I'm back at home taking care of the kids, like, you know, holding the baby. I look outside, there's obviously somebody outside or maybe even a little mini-me next to that shadowy figure outside, but all of a sudden, that just becomes a bumblebee that's on his window. He goes to bed that night, and like Linda has herself a nightmare. He's like, honey, don't worry, wake up, it's just true. Honey, honey bee, races off to Mr. Terrific. I know what Gorilla Grod's up to. Everywhere he's been going, it is forming a honeycomb, a hexagon. So we know where Gorilla Grod's going to be next. He's already done four. We know where the fifth spot's going to be. So let's go there and stop him from doing his honeycomb hideout on Central City. Come through the honeycomb hideout. Do you love the idea when there's this, like, eureka moment that you're like, again, it is like the Flash because he's eight steps ahead of me because I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I know he mentioned honeycombs. I got that. Then all of a sudden you see Grod and his other girls because they're doing something that I don't quite understand either. And at one point, I understand. Thought, I don't even know what they're saying half the time. I know. Seems like they have a, a god they're trying to worship. All the individual names of the gorillas I can't personally pronounce, so I feel bad there because I'm never going to remember something that I can't personally pronounce. And then, like you know, this is for this god Minyo, or I, I forget how. I actually looked up how to pronounce that. Now I actually forget because I'm a big dummy, like I said. But you just have the like the gorillas. Doing different than they ever did on top of a cosmic horror that you've never seen with the Flash floor with Wally West who's acting differently than you've ever seen a Wally West before doing crazy shit that you can't fully comprehend. And I'm like, come on, guys. What are we doing by the end of this? I know we're two issues in, but come on. I thought that was making where, fun of you because you might have spelled at some point angles instead of angels. Is, is I that never did. I wasn't there? that bad. No, that's not tear or tear. Speaking of which, though, when I saw the gorillas, I just called them chimpanzees A, B, and Z, Eric. Oh, my. The gorillas, Jim. The gorillas. The, the gorilla gorillas. I just wanted to say chimpanzee, Eric. That's all I wanted. Do not I, it doesn't work with the podcast with your stupid, <laughs> stupid jokes. I am sorry. Chimpanzees A, B, and Z. Hepatitis A, what B, and C. C. Eh, C there. Like, they became a monstrosity. Like, chat. You can see your that way out of chat. this conversation. Yeah, I, I want to see my way out of this joke. Because <laughs> what I need. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, but uh, here's the thing. When you have the stillness now, the arc angle, like, there's a weird play here where people think I'm a miserable prick. They might be right. Eric, they might right? know it. But at this point, I actually was desperately trying to, like, 
and I like this. Like, is this clever? Is this something where you have this entity from space and you're trying to play the idea that it wouldn't know what angel? I'm like, no, no, I can't do no. it. It's just, it's nothing. It's a lot of nothing. And it's, again, it's one of those plays that we talk about a lot. Not that this should be a mystery. I mean, the things that are legitimately happening, there is a mystery there. But Wally's day-to-day deal shouldn't be a mystery. It shouldn't be a mystery of what Wally's saying to me. You have what we're going on with the Flash, you know, quote-unquote adventure, the mystery of that. But in the first issue, we also had Jay getting some Freddy Krueger shit going on in the boiler room of the school where he was out of nowhere just with his shirt off crying. And then as his sister takes him out of there because she's worried about him, obviously, because that shit's a mess, there is a little shadow man that comes out of nowhere like it's a goddamn Puppet Master doll. And it, it looked like Blade. So you end up with that. again. No urgency. You end up having Irie go People down and forget find, about that shit. Irie finds her brother in the boiler room of the school during school hours without you say a something shirt. to a teacher or at least your parents, please. What she He's does crying. is she listens in. He's talking to himself. He might be masturbating. Says, That's what she says. Yeah, because again they throw in Cliff. So, so is Cliff dead or alive? An animal man. Actually, wondered if he knew that Cliff was dead, or maybe. After death metal, he's alive again. Maybe. <laughs> she opens the door and she finds her brother during school hours without a shirt in the boiler room. In the boiler room. you got to start yelling stranger danger. You've got to go to something. And what I was going to say, she's listening in and hears him talking to himself and says, ooh, I'm going to tell dad that you're talking like a villain again. I'm like, that's not, you're losing the big picture here. I, I think she's just trying to, like, you know, express the idea of him <laughs> doing something dirty that Maxine told her about that Cliff was doing in, in a way that was more childlike and not, you know, embarrassing to say I out can loud. imagine you. See, this is the thing. Right now, as we're recording, Tanya has gone out to get cat litter and stuff. Maybe if we weren't recording, Eric, it might be a little gym time, right? So it might have I'll a little you. play, whatever. I, I picture you as one of those people who would actually take your shirt. I, I've heard this from people take before. Take my shirt off. This is the weird play. Actually, I know you wouldn't because you're not a dummy. But I hear things like, oh, man, my wife or when they were kids, like my mom wasn't supposed to be in. So I took my shirt. Why are you taking your shirt off? <laughs> so when she opens the door and, and there's Jay there and he doesn't have a shirt on. I mean, he's gone way too far. You're in school. Don't take your shirt off. And you say this, though. This is the same guy that told me a story about when he was a kid and his grandma was over. He excused himself at Thanksgiving. And in my mind, you got completely naked, laid on the bathroom floor and went to town on yourself. No, no, no. I knew you were going to say this because if people aren't aware, <laughs> this is from back in the day on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, you know, this was Your during my teen years. I, I was a little handsy back in the day there. And, you know, yeah, back I was all day. worked up. So I took a shower, had to get ready. My grandmother was coming over with my uncle and we were going to have Thanksgiving dinner. And so I ended up where I went out of the shower into my room. I was already new. I was in the shower. I had a towel. And somehow I decided, why don't I, you know, look at that Sears catalog? Let's look at this. And then that's when my mom, my mom walked in because it was dinner time and I was butt naked on the ground, like in the middle of the floor, which I never do as well. Like every, it teaches you never to, don't change up the game. That's what screws. This is why you end up having bank robberies go wrong. And also masturbation as a kid. I started looking. And when my mom opened up the door, I quickly saw and I tried to turn the Sears catalog to like what I wanted for Christmas. Like just say I like He-Man. And then it looked like I was jerking off the He-Man. I get it. Probably was Star Wars stuff. And I'm like, all right. Like, what's what's a better outcome here? I don't know. All I heard was, Jimmy. And she screamed at the top of, you know, our houses. We lived in. These weren't big. 
Jimmy, no. what are you doing? Your grandmother's downstairs. I'm like, I'm telling you, you interrupted the neighbor's meal during that screen. Yeah, it was trouble. It was trouble, Eric. But again, why does Jay, Jay has his shirt off? Don't do different, Jay. I, I don't think that's what he was doing, obviously. Again, but we're, no, we're not. We're not saying that at all because it's very like a dire situation, but nothing that's brought up in this issue at all, which somehow got spiraled out of control. And so what the point of this talk was. Here's the thing. I mean, when you're sister walks in on you in the school in the boiler room where you're masturbating without a shirt you do what you do here he ends up sitting at the the breakfast table and doesn't say a shit and thing you keep your mouth shut you're only going to incriminate yourself more obviously that's not what's happening that's what they do i see them she's playing tetris He's keeping his mouth shut. Now, right? what was happening in the boiler room of the school? Something <laughs> no, nefarious is going down. They're sitting in the, the at Agreed. the dinner table. Tetris, keep your mouth shut. See? What happened is there's this little guy, right? And he's like, hey, let's play around a little. Oh, my. And he's like, well. If you look out the window and w- later that night when I was looking at it, it looks like some Napoleon-looking asshole with a little mini-me next to him who might be that thing that was in the boiler room with that Jay. That is. No, no. And if it is, that's 100%. And I'm glad you said that because I... That's who was talking to Mr. Terrific in the lab. That guy has that helmet on. I didn't see the helmet like that. From what I recall, he just almost looked like a red robin cow. But again, maybe I didn't see it right. Immediately when I saw it because of what was going on at Marvel and whatever, it looked like the maker. You know, the version of Reed Richards with that cone helmet. I thought he looked like Midnighter more just because we never saw a thought above the like the nose line. Yeah, go back. I think that that's the guy. But what's he like? But it could be. What's he doing? Flying a kite in the middle of the night? Like he's walking around. And it's nonsense. It really is nonsense. But you end up having all that. Then even he turns wh- into a bee on Wally's window. Wally sees it. And is this guy just like going to come in and like, hey, I'm the shapeshifter clue master. I, I don't. He's giving clues. He's a bee, a bee at night. That seems weird. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't really know about bees, Eric, but he, he starts thinking, and that's the big eureka moment. He runs to Mr. Terrific. But even then, they start just, I got the honeycomb. I got this. I got grods hitting this. We got the corners of a polygon. Hey, it's a honeycomb. It's hexagon. a pattern. Oh, my God. Hexagon, they yell. And then they go off. He's just like, I got to skedaddle out of and here. And pretty much it just seems like the gorilla is teleporting, get calculations on an area, and then try to TP out as fast as possible. And whatever happens here, it seems like the center of this whole thing for the calculations that were gathered by the gorilla gorillas, it's right in the main park of Central City where Barry Allen is sitting on the phone with Iris being a sad sack for whatever reason. And then there's chimpanzees A, B, and C. And they're just yelling. And even then, he's trying to, while he's trying to figure out, at this point, I think we've gotten Why so messed up. Why do still have a payphone in the park at Central City? Uh, I, well, you know, there's people need to make deals, Erica. You know, you know what I'm saying. So you end up where all this is going no. down. And I think we're at a point where maybe Wally should time out this shit and kind of say, listen, I know that we're not really, you know, friends here, Grodd and everybody else, chimpanzee, B and Z. But what the fuck's going on? Like, there's some big things. This might be beyond all of us. Maybe we should figure it out. But everybody's just yelling stuff. And even as they're yelling, I'm Grodd waiting for it. knowing what he's doing. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I'm waiting for Grodd to act like one of those where he's like, oh, you stupid Flash. You don't realize that this means this, this, and this. And I'm punching as I'm just. Well, he can't see too well that the Flash is there. He just thinks it's a villain because he's wearing that sweet VR headset. Yeah, he's got the, he's got the VR headset. Again, probably pretty good with porn. But. I wanted something. I, I thought maybe, track, hey, Grud, Grud, you look like you know what's going on. So maybe you'll accidentally slip and we'll find out. But no, he says other things. Well, <laughs> even the like, idea okay. when Grud is fighting Wally and Wally starts using his weird Cthulhu extra dimensional powers instead of his speed force powers. 
he seems okay with it. Never really brings it up. Like, hey, I'm doing this now, and it's weird, huh? Moving on. Yeah. And even then, like the idea that Grodd's gal ended up seeing Chad, and I'm like waiting for something to have any sort of, like you said, urgency at all. And I mean, one of the only things that I get that kind of, I don't know, it ties in in my mind, maybe into the Green Lantern deal. The idea that everybody's upping their tech, everybody's getting these upgrades, everybody's like, you know, getting to a, you know, Grodd 3.0 with all this VR shit and whatever. But I, I want to know what it is, and I want to know well, what's going on. Let's just get back on. to Underworld Unleashed, start making deals with Neuron, the fun shit. <laughs> yeah. Sell your souls, baddies. Even if by the end, like, you sit here and the legit ending, like, cliffhanger that's supposed to get you out of this bullshit to maybe give you an idea of, man, I got to see what happens in issue three. I don't even know what's happening. Nothing in this makes me want to read it at all. It gets me oh, angry. No, so the worst part is I had such a tough time reading issue number two that I despise the fact I had to go back and reread issue number one to try to get an idea of what we're going to talk about here because Eric, I couldn't remember what happened in issue number one. So I did my due diligence and I'm like, I don't want to read The Flash anymore. Maybe it'll go somewhere, but there's so many loose threads in issue number two that nobody wants to talk about. And it seems like we're overloaded with a concept that I don't even understand the first concept. I did the same thing. Eric, and again, when I started at the beginning telling you the idea that after I read this, I had to get a hold of you and say, remember that time I said we were going to read I need a couple. Because I went back. I didn't fully read panel to panel deal. I went back and kind of went through. I looked at some of the stuff. I read it like 85%, but I was trying to get through because we were going to do this. But I ended up reading it at each bit of number one that I was reading after reading number two was getting me more angry because all it was, and like you said, it was pointing out things that didn't make sense then that we're not even dealing with here. And I'm like, now I'm and just more the confused. idea of this kid, Chad, who had speed force powers. It was called the Indigo Street by the gorillas. I'm like, what was his deal? That seemed interesting. He's that dead he now. Had Stillness things. killed him when he became a monster man. Yeah. He got a little prickly. He was a bit of a prick. I think by the end, Eric, he looked like a pincushion, I guess. But yeah, and then at the end, you end up having like, Oh, there, there's Barry, and he's at the park, and he's on the phone, and seems yeah, with, st- distant with Iris, even though they're supposed to be getting married. Well, again, because I think that Cy Spurrier, he wants to make us seem stupid, and he also wants to ruin anybody who has a relationship with this Flash family. Because each issue, it's like, oh, by the way. They don't like each other either right now. What's weird right now, because they were dealing with the postpartum depression of Linda Park in the, or Linda West in the first issue, which seems like people keep talking about the idea of breaking Linda and Wally up, which is a terrible fucking idea from the get-go. But I don't know. She needs to like the Wally, and Wally's just kind of in his own headspace and not paying attention to her wants and needs, being you know, somebody who was a part of the Speed Force family, the Flash family, like everybody else when she was pregnant with Wade, doesn't have that and is just stuck at home raising the kid now while everybody goes off and does her things, and she can't even get back to any kind of work that she enjoyed doing previously. She's like, you know, half of the woman she used to be. And even her husband has don't no time to do because he's doing cosmic shit. Say, right? Is that what you say? Well, I'm wondering what she thought was going to happen. Again, she, I'm, and I'm not saying the woman wow. has to be at home. No, I'm saying she knows Wally. She knows what Wally does. She knows what's involved. She probably, all, even when they were talking about the speed force she powers. had, they seemed to already kind of, get the idea that it was the baby and she might lose them when you had it it's it's just that weird play that at this point it becomes something that i think would be a problem but also it. makes wally look like a piece of shit like he doesn't even well care. he thinks he's doing what he's supposed to be doing not thinking more in the fact of how linda would feel about it because he's so focused on what he, he's doing he thinks 
he's doing the right thing for his family. It's at weird, this point. though. The things that we're talking about, even me joking and, and you saying, not really on the page as much as us inferring what might be going on from what we see. And, and that's something of a problem, too. Even this thing with Iris, it's like, hey, don't you pretend that you're losing connection here? And you're like, what is going on? What What's happening here? And maybe it is. And most writers, and we hate it, but they always do it. It's always the Speed Force has problems. Joshua Williamson did it about 20 times. So you end up having that. So maybe it's a fact. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea what is at play here, but everybody's miserable. Everybody's talking fancy so verbiage that I have no idea what they mean. And like you said, going back and reading the first issue, hoping to shed some light on this makes it a little dimmer. Eric, it's tough, and I want to know what Jay was doing in that boiler room. Or maybe I don't. I mean, really. He's being attacked, Jim. I think he was, like, being mind control. But if it's this guy who looked like the maker, it looked like Batman as the maker in my mind, which it doesn't seem like it would be. But maybe it's something that that's one of those, like a snake. It's behind the scenes helping. It looks nefarious. But if Mr. Terrific lets this person in the lab, they have to be on the think it could be helpful, right. You'd think so. You'd hope so. Things, everybody's acting a little odd here. So maybe that's something that I... Or it, it's weird. We said this before when Brian Michael Bendis was one of the big plays when he came over and started writing Superman. Are the people acting weird or does this guy just don't know the characters? And that's where I'm Possibly. kind of wondering here. Are people acting different or is this just Seisberger's version that I don't think really plays out? Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see uh, all in all, but what would you give this? See, the thing is the art's fine, I guess. Like, it doesn't work for me for the story. I'm saying, but looking at it, you know, panel to panel, it looks fine. I don't think it plays well with the story because I think you lose more in the art than you're supposed to with all the high-speed action for the way it's depicted on the page. The writing is the main problem for me overall, though, and I just find myself wondering, like, why would anybody want to keep reading this when you don't understand anything that's happening for two goddamn issues? Not two and a half with that freaking prologue in Flash number 800. <laughs> Maybe this is for somebody. I just know it's not for me, so I'm giving it a fuck you five. Yeah, I, I oh my, Eric, I'm with you, and and the reason why I will give it a fuck you five, just fuck like you. you, Eric, is two issues in, I should have just a little bit of an idea of what's, what's going on. West, I, one of my favorite heroes of DC Comics, my favorite Flash by a mile, and it's like, I don't want to read him anymore, I'm like, that's depressing as hell. It's funny, because without Barry at the end, one of my plays was going to be... Oh, you you keep telling me this Wally's a great guy. I think you're wrong. Oh, Barry's an asshole. <laughs> like everybody's He's an just asshole. distant. Yeah, I for I some just, reason it just does. But distant. But then everything's wonky, and I I just like to imagine this. This takes place after like a little brave and the bold action, the last Green Arrow, uh, maybe Green Lantern issue, and the whole thing. I like to think about how it was playing off in Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> when Hal was telling Clark not to propose. I like to think after that issue ended in Green Lantern, Hal just howled himself on top of Barry, and now he's questioning his freaking choice. That's all the deal. He's just doing that. I I. And me and you both say usually we give something three issues. And we say to people, just give it three yeah. issues. Now, these two issues, they equal seven to me. It took me so long. I'm saying that I went through seven, and I just don't like it in the way that I... Fuck you! It's like, can we say we don't like... Don't, I don't like the experience. I can't say I don't like the story, except for the fact that I don't know what's going on. It's exactly. not like I don't it's, like the experience it, either. Th there isn't the idea of like, I don't like what he's doing with that character. I think that that's a misplay because I don't know the play. Somebody hand me the playbook. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, it's a bunch of X's and O's. Hugs and kisses all throughout this playbook. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's the X's and O's. Remember that? Did you ever play the video game that was the football video game with the X's and O's and it had oh, yeah. a trackball and it would pinch your fucking hand all the time? That's how I feel at the end of this. My hand's all pinched. I'm pissed off. Don't know why I'm at the, the ha- bowling alley suddenly without well, that my pants on. Every time I'm trying to like do the long distance drive on Golden yeah, Tee at the bar. Yeah, that was that as well. Also a little uh, space in there. Or no, uh, Missile Command had that as well. Yeah. I like the trackball. Uh, but yeah, I'm a fuck you five. What are we fuck doing next, you. Eric? Up next, we have Green Arrow, number five, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Sean Isaacs, Phil Hester, Andy Parks, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Troy Fateri. And this is a weird thing because I really like the idea of this Green Arrow miniseries, which could I do possibly become an ongoing, whether or not it does well or not. At this point, I'm thinking it's still a miniseries, so I'm going to go with that. Continued it to a maxi, and it, it, okay. it will go past six. So, but I think Okay, it- good, good. But the idea of getting the Green Arrow family back together with all the trials and tribulations of reboots, timeline changes, and the universe being rebooted for like, you know, not rebooted like a proper reboot like I talk about, but like being remade through different events we've had. The idea of finally getting things back to basics with Oliver Queen and co, it felt like a really good thing. And even bringing in the idea of the post-convergence out of time from zero hour parallax into the mix that has been stuck in this universe ever since the end of convergence. That seems like such a coolest play on top of adding what Amanda Waller is doing in the background and how her, like, she plays into the whole idea of keeping the Arrow family apart because they're being together somehow causes the great disaster. There's a lot of fucking big ass concepts here, which could play out really cool. But when we get to issue number five here, I don't know what we're doing anymore because all of a sudden we just have Oliver Queen with his future self driving around in the Arrow car in the future fucking fighting mutant monster animal like man. I Eric. And it might be and because then, I read this after Flash. Because I, I understand I, this a little bit more. But what, just, what's going just on in this step book? Aside what's going on in this book? The idea that I get in this and it, it might infuriate some people. First off, I think that it is to bring, obviously, maybe the Green Arrow family together. As I should. I think that what we're really getting here and what kind of plays in at this point is that this is going to be yet another thing that's going to tie in with Amanda Waller setting up that big event next summer that we think will happen. And I think that's what's going on. Somehow Amanda Waller using all her multiversal, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Doctor Will she still Hate do that? Yeah, she grabbed Dr. Hate. She has all that well, stuff. I, I don't know. I understand if we have a Dr. That. Hate going on in the background, but the last time we saw Amanda Waller proper, was, was, besides for the idea of her conspiring and doing things in the shadows, was she took over Earth 3. And that's well, what she remained until she wasn't. I don't know if she's on Earth 3 anymore. I, it, there's a lot of stuff that's happened after Death Metal into the whole Justice League incarnate, the Infinite Frontier. That was a Joshua Williamson thing that kind of got pushed aside. We had a lot of stuff that got pushed aside. So I don't know exactly what's going on. That whole Earth 3, I think that might have been put. But she's still gathering up these characters and things like that. And I think that one of the things will tie in that you can't have the Green Arrow family together as they're doing this. And this was this real weird way to dupe it, to grab him. It's a weird thing. I don't know how they're going to explain fully of the idea of grabbing Oliver when he died, doing this, that, and the other thing with the whole dark crisis. But in this, I do get that play of they just want to set something up so that Oliver doesn't go and try to put him together and actually take, because really overall, the idea of the family being together is one thing. But at this moment, they, they've they gotten Oliver completely off the table. Well, not only Oliver, you have Connor, Hawk, and you have Leanne, Leanne taken off the table because they're in the 31st century with the Legion of Superheroes. When you see this, I think that the Leanne deal, that brings Jade and Roy together, which then brings this together, that together. I think that that's the whole play. And I think it's just Amanda Waller doing it behind, even in this, that 
Go ask Amanda Waller you ever mention again here. And Jade's saying she's up to some wacko shit. Like, don't get involved with her. But I like this more only because you end up having a hero in Oliver who realizes he's been duped kind of because the dupe didn't do the hero thing. And and well, even the idea of the dupe, though, because I want to go forward with this, even though I think the idea of the great disaster happening in, what, 25 years where all of a sudden the Earth is overtaken by animal monster men because this shit... Because of what the Green Arrow family did somehow. Beast world. I, I don't understand this timeline or anything we're doing. So everything just feels like it is a dupe over the top. Even the idea of like. I you know, think that. Yeah. I think that a lot of the stuff that they've set up of this timeline and you have to do this to avert that. I think it's all just bullshit. And I'm saying, though, because even by the end, when we have Oliver Queen falling off a building, looking like he has an arrow in his chest, it looks like a parallax construct arrow that's going on. So is it just parallax? Getting revenge on his buddy, even though he shouldn't want to get revenge on his buddy at this point in time, especially for who this, like, you know, Parallax is out of time. Like you said, it's a weird play because when he does go back through time and ends up in that spot, that's right after he came back from being dead. So there is that, is that weird Oh, yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing is even the idea where he's fighting his older self who turns out to be a weird robot dupe or some shit that's doing all this stuff. And he ends up going back to his post-Quiver times right after the Green Arrow Rebirth situation, which is a great thing to do when you bring Phil Hester in. And you have that look of that, you know, post-Quiver-like storyline for the 2000s Green Arrow once we came back to life. It looks amazing, even though I'm not a huge Phil Hester fan, but it transports me back to that, you know, 20 years ago when I was reading that I'm story. I'm not a huge fan either. When I saw that change of art there, and um, oh my God, and then I looked at the credits, because sometimes we just read through the first time, and I'm like, oh, and that Andy makes Park sense. Well. I'm like... Ooh, that looks really cool. It it really actually was one of the, I think, the cooler moments this week. But like I said, I I don't. It's it's a weird book. We were talking about it. We didn't talk about last issue with each other, but the whole parallax deal. We've been wondering what was so up cool. with him. We see that. So and what you just said, I think, is what I go with. And it's a weird play. We just get out of that Sykesbury. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused and I'm angry. I get to this and I'm like, I don't know why. Whatever's di- is. I'm at least having some fun. I still don't know the overall picture, but the little things that I'm getting are satisfying enough that it's a cool book. I may be confused. It may not tie itself up, but I I actually think it's cool while I'm reading. It's definitely cooler than we have with Size Furries of Flash. And the fact that I know where we're heading in the story, the idea of getting the Flash, um, the, the Green Arrow family back together again. And that's what I want. You have a mission statement. Exactly. And I know what that is. It's going to be a freaking crisscross road to get there that I'm going to look out the side window and say, I don't know where the fuck I am at this point in time, <laughs> but I know exactly where to go. And the GPS is taking me there. And I look forward to that. And I like seeing some callbacks to things that I enjoyed in Green Arrow's continuity. Even out of nowhere, when all of a sudden we had the 2003 Green Arrow doing stuff in Star City, and then he's attacked by all these different versions of himself going back to the Golden Age. To the point where he ends up getting shot off a building with a looks like a construct arrow in his chest. I don't understand what's happening here. Like, I like the idea of the story. I still think this is a down ass issue for all the excitement I had going into it. In the whole play, I think that there's some cool things. And again, that's what I'm saying. I can't give this a perfect score. And if you did, you'd quit again. So we're not going right. to do that, Eric. But again, when I sit there and I give you my score, I hope that people realize, because I will say, I'm enjoying the series, and I really like the mission statement. I want the Green Arrow family to be together, because I really like the characters. But in a little individual, I am confused about some of the things going on. So again, it might be one of those miniseries, and I hate to say it, but when we're done, our maxi series now, that when we're done, you end up saying, thank God, the Green Arrow family's together. You know what? We had some fun along the way. 
don't really understand. It's almost like you get white line fever halfway through. You're driving across the United States. I don't really remember what I did in Missouri and all this. I'm saying we're on a road trip and we're like, I I don't remember like three states in a row, but, but we got to the end. And it's it's weird because, again, when he's there with this future self that looks like a old man Oliver. Oh, yeah. He looks like Oliver Queen from like The Dark Knight Returns for how he looks. I love the idea, too, because I always think back to identity crisis at the beginning before shit went terrible when they had a, 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 hawk, a spire hawk sitting on the uh, the building with elongated men. They're trying to figure out what's going on with this mystery. They're like, well, you know, Sue Dibney's getting shit together. And the idea is, as with this bantering back and forth, Firehawk's like, you know, Green Arrow says that you don't really wiggle, your nose doesn't really wiggle when there's a mystery about, and he just looks at her. You know, Green Arrow wears the hat because he's going bald. And I just love the <laughs> idea that, like, you know, Ali can look at himself he's now with this full there. head of hair that he has, that he's going to lose all that. I'm like, oh, Oliver, say it hates so, but it, it happens in every future version of himself. It does. And it, it, again, it, it even reminds me of that old man Logan stuff, too. But that's, that's, like you said, you get a lot of the future stuff with him like that. So when you're doing this, though, you end up having some fun little deals. You get the arrow car, it turns into the plane. He's like, oh, man, I should have done that. And then he shoots one of and the boxing gloves. Deal and, uh, oh, man, I forgot how soft that was. The little callbacks, it's okay. I usually get mad at the boxing glove deal. But what are we doing with this? Because it's an impossible future with a robot version of himself that's not real. Well, what, I, what you get from it is he's trying to do But at one point, he basically says, listen, you can't go back with your family. But I can send you wherever you want. You want to explore whatever. Who knows where he was going to send them because originally? Like the idea of I could send you this. He might be sending them to the uh, the worst place ever, wherever. But in that, he you says, talk. oh, yeah, works, you know, Quaker Town. He ends up where he says the robot version that he figures out says, hey, you know how it is. We're used to being alone. That's why, you know, we have to accept it. I finally accept it. We never went back to the island. And now you kind of got to get that in your head. You learn all the time. Two things that I really like that Ali then does. He says, wait a minute. You say that there was this big thing in our family. They all died. And this is to avert that. Why didn't you die? And he's like, well, well, you weren't there. You didn't see this. I would have died for them. And, And he ends up saying, I would never have survived. I would have died. I would never have stopped trying. Not even died for them. I would have died with them just because it's who yeah, I am. Yeah, just because. And then he ends up, I mean, this guy died because he lost a hand, Eric. He didn't want any sort of prosthetic. Yeah, he he was lose dead. a hand. <laughs> he just said, I'm not losing your hand. I'd rather die. There you go. So he also then says, and by the way, yeah, I, I, I've been back to the island a lot. That's where I go to have my green arrow thinking time. I haven't told anybody. And then that's where the reveal is. And he shoots himself or the robot version of himself in the eye. And then you do have that play of, oh, man, I thought I had you duped. I thought we did this. And then you're starting to think, well, who is behind it? And it has to be Amanda Waller. It seems like an Amanda Waller thing, maybe. And she's just- But does she have the power of this? Because it's such a weird idea. Because even when Oliver is transported out of the... Great disaster arrow cave that he's in at this point in time. It looks like almost the constructs going away of a parallax power, but I don't know why parallax would have to do anything with robots. And parallax, though, also has kind of seemingly teamed up a bit with Amanda Waller. It's weird, but is Amanda that even Waller, real though? I don't know, but Amanda Waller is also collecting a lot of crazy people around. Now, it would be a bad play if down the line we find, oh my god, that's a power of Dr. Hate in another book that makes sense. Oh, you know what? I mean, now you're talking, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't play out well here. I would like to be able to follow. But you see it, DC, lately. 
every mystery. And Jesse Williamson is just as much to blame as, say, a Tom King or everyone else. You can never play along because they don't give you the information. We may find that out later of, oh, this was because of this and that she had Toy Man and this and a robot and whatever. I don't know. But when you get that moment where Oliver actually realizes, wait a minute. I'm a hero. You're saying bullshit stuff. You're not a hero. And then actually reacts on it. But then unfortunately, which gets, is cool, you know, pushed back. I, I like that. But he gets pushed back in time to a reality where he had just come back to life during like right after Kevin Smith's run. And what he's doing, though, he's then confronted with a bunch of versions of himself throughout time who are flesh and blood. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. The weird play of this was and I fully thought and, and you'll tell me that what I'm saying is bullshit. Aaron, but I thought. What we were going to get here, and I tell me if this works or not, whatever, but I thought that Oliver's like, oh, shit, shoots the arrow through, oh, no, and everybody goes, ah, and they all had a mark there because they were all connected through time in a certain way that now they all have, like, a scar where that happened, but you don't get that unless something, so I actually thought that at one point, Every Oliver at one point's like, oh, you got it. Like, they're all duped, and they all are converging on this one spot to fight each other, thinking each other a robot. But they seem to be a team. Like, they are yeah. really in. And, and it's cool to look at the different versions. You have a bunch of the oh, things yeah, going on there. It's really cool. Uh, even when you have Oliver recognize, ooh, white feather, you just came back. But, yeah, what's the deal of it? And like you said, at the end, it does feel like it's a construct arrow, not a real arrow. So is well, this even another when there's a portal opening behind him when he's shot, it pushes him into a portal off a building. And even in those portals, there are not like green constructs, but it's like, you know, blue construct arrows all around him. I don't know if he's falling to his death like a death yeah, death fall, or if these arrows are making up the borders of the portal they just <laughs> fell into. And I say this. Gonna tell you it by the end that I think the art is really cool, especially the art change for the different eras and iterations of Oliver Queen. It works so well for this book, especially if you're a Green Arrow fan. I just don't understand where we are in this part of the story, and it's bothersome. I don't either. Now, originally, this was going to be a six issue. Also, I want to know what the idea of bringing the Arrow family together again. Are we ever going to do anything with the former Speedy Mia Dearden? Because I loved her during this era of Green Arrow that we find ourselves in, and we haven't talked about like they tried to reintroduce the character in the New Fifty Two, but it never worked. And she immediately disappeared. Now, in the meantime, while all the... And it's a weird play. It was originally going to be six issues. This is issue five, obviously. I think that I kind of got that play of, okay, there's a bunch of things I don't understand. But as Oliver's thought, I'm like, I think that we'll get the explanation because maybe this is a duplicate. I don't know, but it's really going to hinge on next issue for me. And then we go forward. When we go into the next issue, it's going to be the idea that this is some kind of test that doesn't make sense to me when we get it back to it of Parallax. Because even where he shot, it says to be continued and dead again. It looks exactly where he was. He shot Parallax when he was trying to stop him initially and didn't want to kill his friend Hal. And everybody believed that Parallax was dead, even though he just went off to lick his wounds until final night. It's funny. I, I got the idea that this is just like some weird way that Parallax will get Oliver to him. And then Oliver will be like, you know, you kind of could have done it a different I owe way that. than that. Like it, but. It might, it's gonna all depend, but I like, I like the concepts of what I said earlier with the robot, but I, I still, but you also get Jade and Roy, and Roy ends up there. Hey, <laughs> did you know Leanne? She's, you know, yeah, I know. around. It's, yeah, I it's, he is so egged at, I would be too. Be. I'd be furious. And she's like, oh yeah, I knew. You know, I don't, and it's weird to go with the idea. She says, almost like throwing shade at Roy, you deal with multiverses and all the, 
You're talking about a girl who disappeared and then reappeared in a timeline older. So that is wacky. Why didn't you go to Roy? Uh, it's just because crazy. the last time she was in Roy's care, she died. I can understand where Jade's coming from immediately. Yeah. Yeah, and she says, you know, kind of trained her. I and, kept and an eye this. on her. I Cheshire the shit out of her. She even called herself Cheshire Cat. It's cool, Roy. Just fuck off. <laughs> and you know what's really good about this? And we do like a lot of character work and things that Josh Williamson has done with, say, a Damien. And in this, I like it because it doesn't ruin anything. We saw Leanne just show up. It seemed randomly in the Ram V Catwoman. We thought he messed up. We didn't know what was going on. But this actually makes sense. It doesn't end up stepping on anybody's toes. What we saw, she was just keeping an eye on her. She was making yeah. sure she was okay. She was, you know, confused at first. Did that? I like that. Roy's pissed. I like the idea she did. Like, you know, we can we can just say that, like, you know, while we were complaining the entire time, don't you know your own daughter? Do you even know that she's dead? Like, what's going on with the idea of this Leanne in this universe? We had all of these questions. The idea that she just comes out here and says, "Oh, I knew it. I kept an eye on her." That's fine with me because it seems like something Cheshire would do. We don't need to see I, that's it. That's what past. I like it's about just it. An easy correction right here with one sentence. I like it so much about that because it doesn't like unlike a lot of it. I, I'm, I agree with you. A lot of this is wacky, right? You're you're doing a lot. But that is so simple, and sometimes that is the best way. Especially when she could use that as an idea to throw such hate at Roy for the idea when he's you know being indignant about the idea of her keeping to herself. She died the last time she was in your care. And I like that. Bam. You know what else is pretty good about it, Eric? Drop the mic, Jade. <laughs> Drop the mic. She died. But what's also good about it is is that you can't really blame Roy for anything either. In this point, because he didn't know. He actually started looking, but he didn't know until he was a Black Lantern for some reason. When you start looking for somebody that doesn't exist, like, you can't blame somebody. So it it works all around for me. It does give you, like, you could be mad at Jade, but in the meantime, like you said, she gets to throw shade there. Everybody's wondering what happened to Roy's arm. We don't know, Eric. We'll have to see all the crazy stuff. But when all this goes at the end, I'm actually pretty intrigued. To see how he does so tie this up. I'm hoping a lot of times some of these things fall flat, but I don't know. This feels different for some reason. It feels like there is a plan. I just don't know what the hell it is. But you said earlier with the Flash versus this, at least this, even if it goes wonky, it still might lead to what we really want. And it is the Green Narrow family together. So this is one of my favorite books this week. While it's it's a tough week this week. Well, it's one of my favorite series going on at DC Comics. It's not yeah, one of my it is. favorite I actually suggested this to some people. I think that, again, when you look at the lay of the land, this is that fifth before what was originally going to be a finale that you kind of do always have that weird play of, I don't know what's going on. You set up a cool cliffhanger, boom, and hopefully that means we're going to get a lot of info next issue. But what would you give it? Ultimately, I'm going to give it a six out of ten because I think the art is phenomenal throughout, especially if the artist change because it makes sense with what they're How doing in the you? book. I love the stuff with Jade and Roy and Dinah and even the stuff in the 31st century with Rianne and Connor and the Legion of Superheroes. Like, hey, time travel's been banned, but uh, we can send one of you. Hey, Connor, you go. Okay, that's whatever you have to do. It's there. It's fine. It's doing stuff for that for those characters. doesn't have a lot to do, but at least they're showing them. But everything with Oliver Queen. Yeah, you get some cool Oliver Queen stuff. With Oliver Queen throughout the ages. I don't understand a lick of it, but I'm still going to give it a 6 out of 10 because like we talked about in this, I like the series overall and I like the idea of where we're going. I just found this one a little bit too confusing for what we've been doing. I'm a and 7 really because I, concept to get I, there. Yeah, it was. I like the Oliver stuff, but maybe I asked wrong turn maybe what it's about. I got no time with a hyper time. Maybe that's Stop it. Stop using hyper time like it's that. It's all hyper time. He ain't got no time for a hyper time. That guy, I mean, seriously. But yeah, I, I'm actually... On board, I hope that the next issue doesn't disappoint with what was set up and actually starts to shed 
you know, actually shed a lot of info because then we have six more issues to bring the family together. That's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping that the reason why we had six, they changed it to 12, you know, hey, I think that the reason why it's not an ongoing now is because once you get the family back together, then you come back with a boom ongoing from there. Hopefully, maybe you call it. The Green family, Eric. Would you like that? The Green no, family. What the hell's wrong with you? It's Oliver. You have Connor, and you also have Tom Green, one of your favorite comedians. We're going to go to the next. Just have a Green Arrow book, and there's no reason to relabel it in new number one. Just continue on, please. Just call it Arrows. Uh, plural. You like that? Like the Marvels? That seems no. like everybody can't wait for that one. <laughs> How about we just call it Quivers? Right? No, no. Wonder Woman number two is next. Everybody, Wonder Woman number two, written by Tom King, art by Daniel Sempere, Tamil Murray, and Clayton Coles. We're going to continue what I said in the first issue of this. You're going to continue to bore the shit out of me. Now, I, I think that this book has some big things going on. Obviously, I even have a theory. Amazon's attack have way more going on. The Amazon attacks, that seems like such a fill-in, like, hey, we're going to throw this out there. It's doing more. Why is that? Why well, is it doing more than this? And you're going to continue this narration. Heavy deal. And the plot doesn't move forward at all. Oh, no. The, right now, you have the plot as Wonder Woman facing off against a barrage of uh, American military men and, like, you know, machinery. And she takes them all on and walks away while being intercut with the idea of her final trial on her way to man's world when she was younger. That is an okay part of the book. I just don't think it works out for her. Because look, you were doing something big, new, and interesting with Wonder Woman. Taking the most basic concept of her, like in her trials to like be the champion to go to man's world and be the emissary of peace that you know she wanted to be. We've seen that a million times. To show it again to make it to make it more brutal, though. I can see where you're going. Here we here we have this intercut story with the idea of how hard she was willing to fight to go to man's world, and now we're showing that at the same time of how hard she's willing to fight to stay in man's world. I know what you're doing. It just takes most of the issue to do it, and you just have pretty much her standing around deflecting bullets and, like, you know, pile-driving tanks. And the thing is, I actually wanted more out of Steve Trevor here because what we had previously to this run was Steve Trevor seemed to be, like, almost in charge of uh, Checkmate. At least he was a part of it, and outside of the regular American military. And well, it didn't work well, but I like to see some continuity. Now he's just this guy. He's like, hey, the American military want me to tell you to stand down because we have a pass. Please stand down. Diana. No. Okay, I'm going to go off back there with Sergeant Steele while he says some like really misogynistic shit, and I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Steve Trevor, like you know. <laughs> Steve Trevor. And just again, from the song at the beginning, I, I made that song up before. That was more about Penguin and some and the Brave What's with these wingdings? He, he just can't help himself. It's everybody curse. Everybody goes. It throws me. And off. I even try to figure it out. Cause I don't. I don't think he even plays with the, with the the amount of letters. Yeah, there was one. Well, no, but there was also one. I think it was Sergeant Steele who ends up yelling something like, "I don't know what he's saying there." It's like kind of odd. But here's the the thing, and I actually got the same feeling over at Marvel this week. You had no, actually another number two, Eric. And I mean, a, a number two. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me giggle so much, but you ended up having the number two issue of Captain America. So we're setting this new deal up and get this. Do you get the idea? Um, it's going to blow your mind. Steve Rogers, he didn't like Nazis back in the day. Oh, oh my, my God. goodness. Oh my God. The Nazis. He was, that's what I got the same feeling here. It ended up where 
All right, I, I see that you're trying to give me some fancy talk to let me know that you know Wonder Woman. We've talked about this before with certain writers and characters, the idea where I want to think that's a given. You have been given the Wonder Woman book, so I'm going to think that you did your due diligence. You know the character. Show me through story. Don't show me through narration of, she deflected bullets and broke hearts all the way down. Some people down. believe she fights with a lasso and a tiara. Some say a sword and a shield. She fights. She's the Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah, and cool. so when you're in this and he's doing his deal, he is being wishy-washy with everything. He th- in my mind, he thinks that he's really doing the deal. Oh, my God, I'm going to blow their mind. But to me, in a deal where Tom King and I will tell you, we're not big fans. He's a big writer. If he comes into Wonder Woman after the Clone Rats, I kind of want him to nail down some shit that he's going to tell us is what he's going to do. But even in this, like, some say she was made of clay. Others say the lie might be true because she was of a god and a woman. And I'm like, come on now. Let, let's just go with what is That made real me so angry. Why yeah. the hell would you even bring up the idea yeah, of why clay? are you doing this to feels- not? do it. it it really feels like the idea that he's retconning to make the clay thing canon again when we've dealt the with the play. idea of her having her uh, zeus as her father people hate that but it's been what we've had for so long now i like why double down on the idea of going back to the lies that ruckle was doing and seriously though if you're going to do something like that do it but what he does is it's always ambiguous so if somebody complains on twitter oh that clay shit that's bullshit oh i didn't say that I said that because even the whole play tries to play it through even Sergeant Steele and all that of the idea. Well, you know, the stories bits are true. There's never a lie because every lie is based on some truth. So what you're getting in this is a bunch of bullshit. You're being told by Tom King, look, she has fought this bit. We, We know that most people reading this now, again, I will say a lot of Tom King fans, they will jump on a book because he's done it. So maybe he's talking to them, but most people know at least the concept of what is being told in this but in the meantime you pretty much have two scenes going on that wonder woman doesn't move more than five feet in this entire book where i want to see more of the sovereign because then you start getting the narration where the sovereign seems to be still talking to trinity about her mother so i start thinking of that well that does that mean that pretty soon and i do think tom king will kill Diana will kill Wonder Woman again. But what does that mean? Because you end up having Trinity seemingly going to the Sovereign to ask questions about her mom. Usually when you have an Amazonian like, say, a Hippolyta, Wonder Woman still gets to talk to her. So does this mean that if Wonder Woman dies, she doesn't ascend? I get these weird, wacky ideas. And the big thing I think that, I don't know, is Trinity's actually Diana, that she's going to be reincarnated after some death and Tom King's going to try to blow her mind? I don't know. The mother, the daughter, the holy Amazon? Because, again, the idea, she's your mother, but, you know, she's also her. She ends up reincarnated. I don't know, because it's weird. And so this over-narration of the son, like the sovereign, while some people rolled their eyes, okay, you're, you're starting a new village. I like at the beginning when, or at one point, Steve Kerr, because I said when I, we were reviewing, and it was me and Rocky, that the Sovereign just seemed like a more official Dr. Psycho. It, it felt uh-huh. like a more governmental, guy. oh, I'm going to lie, I'm going to convince people of this, and I'm going to be Messiah. But in this, you even have Steve Trevor. This isn't Dr. Evans. <laughs> Who is this? Steve Trevor doesn't even feel right, even though 
he's doing his duty, but then he's like kind of smirking. You get the and the thing is, even the idea of him doing his duty at this point in time, it doesn't feel like something that Steve would allow himself to do. He would go against yeah, his country at this point for the love of this, even though they were broken up at this point, because you don't even have the baggage of the New 52 where he spent the entire era just kind of pissed off because Wonder Woman was with Superman. That's all been taken away. You were with her. Uh, recently, you've been broken up and you've been on the rebound, but you still care for her. You even are hanging out with all her friends to be a part of Checkmate and constantly. You have Siegfried as your freaking like roommate mm-hmm. last time we mm-hmm. saw. You are all about Wonder Woman life. Now for the uh, like the country to go against her and allow the woman you love to be shot at by the American military with tanks, guns, and everything you could think of. Like, uh, they might even throw a nuke at her. Hey, just stand there. Hey, can I let your cigar starch and steal? Yeah, and the only thing you Who can... Who are you, Steve Trevor? Please. <laughs> the only thing that you can think and, and say is what Tom King's playing at is the confidence of a Steve Trevor that Wonder Woman, nothing could ever happen. I want to hear it from Steve Trevor, please. That's the problem. What I have with Steve Trevor about that is not only just not... He, you don't hear it from him like that. But at a point, you are playing that idea of following orders from somebody who's like, you know what I'm saying? You're getting like things that happen in history of, oh, I was just following orders. Steve Trevor Nazis? has to step up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Steve Trevor <laughs> okay. has to, I don't want Steve Trevor to be enough. I don't know why I didn't want to say it, but that's, Twitter. it feels like what Steve Trevor's doing is, is ending not up. Not Nazism, but still not on the up and up with what you his know what I mean. I'm, I'm just saying that he knows what's happening is wrong. He knows he shouldn't be doing it, but he's still following along. And maybe, just maybe, you we'll find it, out. Angel. Yeah, maybe we'll find out that this is all a plan because even then they were walking around, you know, in Washington. If he saw, it's it's just weird. And it is the overall deal. I even like I even like the last issue a little more than I thought I would. I still was bored by the over narration, which continues here, but it's even worse here because not much is happening, and you can't sit there and go like you said. Oh man, gee, lasso, Tierra, blah blah blah. And then in the meantime, she's like wrecking house with tanks and things. That's cool, but I need more story, especially, especially when especially for a story that I want to understand in this new thing. It's like oh, we spent the second issue of this whole thing. With her standing around deflecting bullets and body slamming tanks, that's it. With her, like a flashback to her fighting uh, Emily, which is a big deal. Where this character that's might the be big a big play. deal going that forward. That is the big play because that's the girl who killed everybody. So that's huge. You just reveal though, it's like this woman here is the person that she fought against to go be the champion of the man's world. But you spent the entire issue to get this reveal for something that, like you know, happened with the massacre. And even when we get to the backup, the backup feels like we don't even need it. If you just read Amazon's attack first, which we did. Yeah, me and you ended up talking about Amazon's attack Amazon's attack on our Patreon Spotlight show. You liked it a little more than me. I actually I got a little more confused here reading this backup for what we had before. But it's okay. But at least it's trying to do something. I think that it's very heavy-handed. I think it's over the top and actually goes against. What I was intrigued about with the Sovereign and things in the first issue of Wonder Woman, when now you just have, oh my god, you're a floor punch the president, that sort of goofy stuff. But at the end of this, even with Sergeant Steel, he's like there and like, oh man, if they gave out a word for being pussy whipped, man, I'd get drunk. I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't a story that you're telling. You're randomly just giving us, oh, look at Sergeant Steel. What an asshole. Oh, look at Steve Trevor following orders. Diana, pretty tough. And at the end, you, you haven't gone anywhere. You, you nope. end up showing what we should already like know. I said, Amazon's attack did more for the overall story that we're doing here than That's this actual sad. Wonder Woman issue did. Yeah, and, and again, my main deal, and I said it already, but I'll repeat the idea of 
Tom King is being wishy-washy. He's not even nailing down things. He's bringing shit up about origins. He's talking about these things. And then by the end, he's like, eh, they all could be true or not. And some say they're lies. She really didn't do anything. All you're telling me is you might have read some of the issues we read. You know, that doesn't mean that I should be writing Wonder Woman. So why does that go? And I just don't get it. I don't get it. It, it was very boring to me. And yeah, like you said, the backup, it, it kind of does it. Did you think it was going to be a little longer? I mean, it, it's just in and out. And I'm like, all right, well, we already the read thing Amazon's is, it attack. Felt like, so. Exactly. And they reference the stuff that actually happens in here. So it felt like, you know, I got the Reader's Digest version that I didn't need to read the whole thing, which is very short to begin with. And I did like when, the you know, you end up having the vision and she falls down. The lady falls down. And it's like, there is no sanctuary in the past. There's a lie. You could almost like superimpose that on like a national inquiry it's, it seemed like something like that like a gossip magazine there is no sanctuary in the past hey find the three, three to and find all die. or all just, to die. then it, that was just pure out like lord of the rings i'm like i don't know we'll see how that goes it's just to get people I, I, it's more of an advertisement to then go and get amazon attacks amazon, i think yeah. like people are reading this and say oh my god i need to see what happened because not really much happens here so you go and check out the other book which if you're reading this Wonder Woman story, I didn't love the Amazon's attack, but I think you should go get it. If you're enjoying Definitely. or reading this Wonder Woman, because you're going to get more story there. Ups the ante to this Amazon Josie deal. Josie Campbell should be telling more story than Tom King in the main book. It's very odd, but what would you give it? Ultimately, I'll give this a 5.8 out of 10, and that's with me like loving the art throughout, because I think of everything, even the backup, looks great yeah, through and through. But not a lot to do, right? No, not a lot to do. Like, you're getting pretty much shots you could sell at, like, a con- convention. Like, here, here's a print of this and stuff like that. That's what you're getting, but it looks fucking great. And I like the idea of the way we're telling the story, not overall, but the concept of it, where you have her fighting against the military and showing her how hard she fought on, like, uh, Paradise Island. Because I just thought, like, this is how hard she's willing to fight to get the man's world and how hard she's willing to fight to stay I like that you world. said I that. Like that. That actually is a good way to summarize this. That's a really cool idea. But, but it just, just takes kind too long. of boring overall, and I hated what they did to Steve Trevor in this. One woman, she's just fighting. She don't barely have anything to say. Yeah, she just kind of stands there and says, I'm inconsequential, and I'm this, that, and the other thing. And it's just weird, but I'm going to go just a, a regular five. It's not a, the art's too good. I will give the creative team credit here, at least Tom King, and people will blame Tom King a lot for this, but you'll end up, Tom King gets the best artist. It, that's no oh, yeah. any sort of secret. It's not a you know hot take. He does, but a lot of times they end up drawing seven panels of a telephone, or they'll end up where there's a glass on a table, and you'll get three panels of that. You're like, why are you? Not really happening. This you, you no. get a lot of action. You get some really good, uh, and really the idea too. And you said about Wonder Woman, you even have that play where Daniel Samperi's playing the idea of her being stoic and not emotional, and that plays out. I mean, at some point, it looks like she might be in a daze, but still maybe concussion protocol. But I think that it's more of that idea that, you know, she's preparing to do something she might not want to do, but she's willing to go that far. That's Standing fine, up but against she- all these soldiers, tanks, jeeps, jets, helicopters, it looks badass. And I, I would say at this point, you think maybe, like, she is trying to find a meal or however i'd never know how to pronounce the, the way that they have the name of the other amazon that killed them that now we see that connection emily, emily. i want to always say a meal you know a meal in paris there's another thing i think it's emily in paris so you can see there oh, you yeah, go lunch. so all this going on though is uh 
Now I don't even know what I was going to say about it with the, uh, Emily and the deal. There was something I was going to say. I got all. That happens to me all the time. I had a hot take there. It was so hot. It was so out of, went out of my now. mind. Getting what cold. Was what was I saying there? I'm a five out of ten. You have him with these great artists. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even know what okay. I was going to say. I don't know what the fuck I was going to say. Or I'm all upset. I might remember later. I probably won't. There's something about the art and things. Hey, everybody, the art's great. The and art's Emily. pretty darn good. Emily, a meal. Why did that throw me off? I'm sitting there and well, oh well, people, you you don't get the hundred percent gym that you are due to get. <laughs> some other <laughs> multiverse, some other multiversal timeline. I actually have something smart to say. I really thought this was going to end up. Being something that you would really like, man, that's a really good thought. Blew my mind. Oh my! It, it it played off the idea. I'm desperately trying to remember what it, it was playing off. That idea, of what like you said, of how she is trying now to stay. Oh, I know what it was. I get it. Hooray. So now I realize it's not that mind blown. But no, I I get the idea that Wonder Woman she wants to find Emily, but uh-huh. at this point, why'd you even say that weird? Yeah, well, because I still you, you, now. What am I saying? You don't. She should play it a little better because really she's she's putting Steve Trevor in a lot of danger just doing this. And in this whole play with him, like she might be able to do this in a different way that's a little more diplomatic. She, like at points, she's just standing in the middle of a field waiting to get attacked. I mean, come on, you're Wonder Woman. Get the Superman to get the chest of the guy. Right now, you'll see that this isn't a Wonder Woman who will be on her knees. Yeah, well, no. But maybe there's a better way to think about this because even at one point, she's apologizing. I'm sorry, all you war dogs. I'm going to smash your ass. But maybe there's, maybe there could be a better route to doing this a little bit undercover. Maybe get her in that old 70s, you know, deal with her undercover spy suit. You want that? that? You really want that? Yeah, that's what I want. All you really need is an invisible jet. It's invisible. I'm, I'm waiting now, Eric. I'm gonna wait. Oh, I, I was waiting for you to tell me that I blew your mind. <laughs> oh. oh, it's not coming. Oh. oh, I blew it. I blew it. I think the way I was gonna say it at first, it hadn't worked. Boom. And, oh, and then when I, Emily, Emily, Emily in Paris. Emil. You ever watch Emil in Paris? Pretty good. No. Pretty cool. You know who's a big is fan it, of that? Is it really? Peyton Manning. Oh my! He's yelling, he's yelling Omaha, and he's watching Emily in Paris. But that's it for this section of books. I think Ooh. he still just randomly says Omaha to himself. He's walking through his yeah, house. I think I think he says it all the time. Like and he's then, chopping onions or something. <laughs> Omaha, <laughs> Omaha, and then somehow Eli's just there. It, it. I know you're not a big sports fan, Eric. You don't like the the football as much, but Monday Night Football, and I'm sure everybody will agree that they have the Manning cast. That it's. Uh, it's Peyton and Eli that just talk during the game, and you just watch it. It's pretty good. Eli just makes fun of uh, Peyton's forehead. It's hilarious. But with all that, we're going to go off and uh, talk about some more books. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just Eric shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap Well, that's just Eric Shea That is Eric Shea, and he's with me right now, right here, right then Here we go, Eric Right and ready (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious, we have a bunch of books coming up that one is better than 
Other, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh, yeah. we, we have some stickers tell me coming more. up. Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Why do these Oh, wait. Books tell suck? me less. Uh, oh, you didn't say who sings that. <laughs> but, and if you did, I'd be, well, I think it's Patsy, Richie, the Fonz, and maybe Pinky Tuscadero is what I remember it as. But we're here. Final section of books. We've got a bunch of nonsense. What are we starting with there? Tales of the Titans, starring Beast Boy, number four, written by Andrew Constant with art by Brent and Stein, which I really wanted Brent to be frank for some reason, but Brent and Stein, but not like the letter N, like two freaking people, Brent and this other guy, Stein, Brent and Stein, Lee Lowridge and Wes Abbott. And then this one, for our finale of the Tales of the Titans, we're going to get... Do you think it's Brandy Brant from back in the day and, like, Ben Stein? No, no, I don't. No, no I kind of <laughs> wish it was now. That'd be a great combo. <laughs> oh, my Who knew they were such great artists? Because the book looks good to a degree, even though it's not a style that I enjoy, especially for what we're doing here, because it's very cartoony, especially when you come to something like a raven. And not even that, but, like, the Andrew Constant version, like, I don't know if they went for the cartoony, like, feel because that's their style. Or if like they read the script and realized, Andrew Constance writing Raven like a little girl that he's never seen before. So let's write it like, you know, cartoony aspect, because I don't know who this Raven is. I know in the regular Titans book, we're doing the softer side of Raven, which I enjoy because it's like something new for the character, especially she's in a loving relationship with Beast Boy. But this almost feels like a, a high school, like first time romance for the like, for how it feels. It's so out of whack for me. Eric, let, let me translate to people. You're saying it sucked. And, and <sighs> in that, I think they're like, well, let's go even more cartoony because who cares? Let's make a werewolf look like Shaggy. <laughs> let's do it. The wolf man. Anthony Lupus. Ooh, uh, this is a weird issue, Eric. And not even that. When the, when the wolf man's there and Beast Boy turns into a wolf man himself, the you know, wolf Beast man. Boy stuff, he looks like the, the most sexualized Rule 42 werewolf furry that you could ever imagine. Yeah, he does. You, you're right. Uh, also, I think that I prefer Brandy Brant's art over Ben Stein's. That's just me. But I oh. like when Brandy Brant shows up here. This is, again, this is one of those Tales of the Titans where 34. I'm sure you want to let everybody know because what you thought and what we thought we were told these were going to be a modernization of Contemporary the origins, origins to get them up to speed with an open timeline to end up showing us What's what? That's what we thought they were. I don't know if that's, you know, hopes and dreams from us, but it seemed to be spelled out. Now they're just like, "Eh, let's see what the hell's going on with this character and the play here. And I saw people applauding the idea of Beast Boy getting over trauma. That's fine. But he's getting over trauma that I'm telling you, I barely can even remember anymore. It's it's so far well, removed. It's, it's almost like the idea. It's, a, it's an epilogue to Dark Crisis is what it is. And it's such a weird thing to have an epilogue to Dark Crisis, which I want. I want the idea of Slade shooting Garth in the face. Fucking up his eye, almost put, killing the guy. Oh, I thought you just wanted that again. I thought you no, I know. I so want much, that to have right? real ramifications beyond the point where Beast Boy can't turn into anything but a sheep. He's sad, depressed, won't get out of bed. Even the idea where he just goes on random walks at night or goes on swims because he's trying to make himself turn into a big animal and he can't do it while he ha- constantly has Slade talking in his head about how he wrecked him and shit like that. I wanted those things. This is like, I'm telling you, we're, everything's resolved here and it means absolutely nothing by the end. But I wanted that aspect to be almost the, the ruination of Beast Boy, Garth Rogan. And I wanted to be to a point where he might go to the dark side and try to get revenge for what Slade did to him. Especially now that he's withered old Bok the Tank fucking Slade in a coma. And as you're going, that I want to know if he knows that, which he should. But also he should. the idea where 
maybe the play and I thought we were kind of getting like, oh, my God, this is actually, you know, almost like you said throughout that whole Summerway Night Terrace. Ooh, this is the important book. Most important book Boy, at DC out of Comics. nowhere. This book is going to tell you what happened because we did get a editor's note in Tom Taylor's Titans that, oh, the eyes better. Well, you're going to have to watch and see in this issue to let us know how and it, why. It, it, it just healed. ends up being mentioned of it healed. That's it. Oh, and then God. I'm thinking beyond that, we have Beast World coming up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Beast Boy is so desperate that he's going to get involved in some of this license and the DNAs. Oh, my God. There's a Wolfman involved that he met. And then it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> the end, you're just done. The Wolfman. Yeah, you're just done. And it is a classic character and you do get yeah. But I love the idea. And I'm saying I love. I think it's ridiculous. But there are a couple love. points. There are a couple points in this issue where Andrew Constant does like even worse than I hate when you have an issue and they'll say like, hey there, Eric, what are you doing, Eric? Did you go downtown, Eric? And you're like, really? Do it naturally. In this, you end up Beast Boy at one point actually opens his mouth and Wikipedia just shoots out of it where he starts like saying, oh, my God, my old teacher who used to tell me that like he goes through these big yarns about the people. It does give you the background. It's so unnatural. Even my when he foster father Anthony who just Lucas. took me in in order to get my father's money after my parents died. <laughs> who says and I, like, I, I have expected it to continue on with the idea of Mento taking him in. And because what he even says. Oh, my adopted father who tried to kill me because I'm like, well, Mento tried to do that too. Is that what yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, keep going. And it was so funny because I was thinking it's like people tune into the podcast. A lot of people will be the first time. I'm like, ha, oh, Eric, my podcasting partner who taught me all about the Green Lantern Corps when we started working together 10 years ago and he made fun of that sticker on my pants, Eric Shea. <laughs> what, what, kind yeah, right. dialogue, what kind of dialogue is this? And what, I got to go to my wiki page. He introduces like, hey. Do you know who I am? Because he ends up, he goes out and he gets captured by this Anthony Anthony Lupin. Lupus, the Wolfman. And when you had, and I want to say Lupin because of the whole Harry Potter, but yeah. it is Lupus, like you said, almost like the Bad News Bears. So you end up yeah. there. He's like, do you know me? Yeah, you're aware of a former Olympic athlete. Went to see a scientist about your headaches. He unleashed your recessive lycanthropy. And then it explained it. Fought Batman a bit. He brought you back from Alaska to save your niece, Leukemia. Leukemia. I'm like, like, that's a weird name to call his niece. (laughs) Fought Batman a bit. He brought you back from Alaska to save your niece, Leukemia. Wow. All right. There's bullet points at this point. It's almost like the idea if Lou Gehrig's mom didn't name him Lou Gehrig, he never would have gotten Lou Gehrig's disease, Eric. She set him up for failure. I really thought like. What are the odds? They named the niece Leukemia, and then she got Leukemia. Oh, my God. <laughs> like what? It is comic books. That's what usually happens if you have that name. Dr. Octavius. Just the idea. I wanted there to be a pause, and then you have Anthony Lupus is like, you're weird, dude. Like, <laughs> the way that you just said that was so odd, but it's the only way that you can seem like you know Andrew Constant can figure out to go and do this. But when he does it again later with his stepdad, it's, it's very odd. Not as odd, though, to the idea where Beast Boy and his trauma-soaked self trying to get back to the old Garth that he used to be is kidnapped by Anthony Lupus because former Olympic athlete Anthony Lupus, who was turned into a werewolf by a mad scientist, well, he's been doing some thinking, you know. He kidnaps the the Beast Boy and uses DNA and uses his somehow scientific knowledge to create a formula using Beast Boy's (laughs) DNA of shape-shifting. He's going to be able to repress and maybe even just get rid of completely the Wolfman side of him. But you know what the damnedest thing about this is? 
it turns out that the wolfman side of him is the one that's been giving him this ideas all along because the wolfman side of him oh, is no. the real scientist who I guess who's been able to fucking formulate this bullshit because the wolfman wants to get rid of Anthony Lupus. Who would have thought it? I, I wanted him to also say, and by the way, I want to be called Werewolf by Afternoon. I, I, <laughs> werewolf by Morning. Call me Werewolf by Olympic uh, Hurdles. I don't know. I, really, you're jumping through hurdles and hoops here to do this. So, speaking of which, when I was Shaggy. a hurdler in junior high, I legitimately jumped through hurdles. <laughs> I was the worst. I ended up, I won one race because the other two people from Strayer, Eric, and you know, how, you know how big that was, right? Milford versus Strayer. Right, yeah. They were worse than me, and it was pretty funny. I legitimately, it every hurdle, it might have, every hurdle on that whole track was knocked down from all three of us. It was bad. Did anybody's parents show up, or were they already ashamed? No, to? they they were ashamed, and I'm I'm like two foot eight at that point, and I'm doing hurdles. This is why I never want to be a parent because the idea of how many parents fails, and the idea where you know some kid with no athletic talent like me, or maybe even you, I had athletic talent. <laughs> you know sure. what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go run hurdles. They should just step in and say, "Look, I want what's best for you." Don't fucking do that. Just don't fucking do that. I don't need that constantly in my life as a parent because I would feel like I'm constantly letting my kid down. To explain this all, the only reason, I, I also did a bunch of the sprints, but nobody would run hurdles. I said, why not? I, I gave it a shot. There's a lot of reasons. Legitimately, Eric, at one point I made the joke. I wasn't sure. Can I run under them things? Because I probably could have. I was no. sure. I'm like, here we go. Uh, I was not very good. I tried, though. I tried. But you end up with this. It could have been something bigger. Something bigger than Anthony Lupus? How dare you? Well, I'm saying with the stuff with Slade. You kind of push that aside to have well, Even the idea of the stuff upset. with Slade could be really cool. The freaking inner voice, the trauma, the everlasting, ho- like, you know, psychosis that Slade had left on him to put be like, you know, an imaginary friend casting his doubts constantly. But even when you have Slade show up at one point without his mess, I don't know who the fuck that is because I don't know what the art's doing with drawing Slade without his mascot. At least with his mascot, I could tell who it was. Yeah, he looks like he actually looks like a manga. No, actually, I know it. He's Solid Snake when he shows up without the mask. He's 100%. Because all of a sudden, he's a young man. Oh, yeah. Now, in that, I thought at one point, I get this Slade of the Mind. He just wants another. He wants a buddy who's missing an eye like him. He's sick of actually people yelling at him with the eye patch. And there you go. You got Peace Boy going around with him. You say that. That could even lead to some more trauma. The idea that he not only did Slade do this, but he made me look like you. Like yeah. the fist of all the fear I think and they stuff like that. Played that. I want Beast Boy slamming his fist against that Bacta tank, furious, trying to get to that decrepit slate after Dark Crisis. I want to see some real emotion besides for sad sack freaking Beast Boy, who has a vision of Raven, who came to her, who came to visit him in a dream while he was in isolation in captivity by Anthony Lupus, to then say, "You know what, Raven? You really got me over it. Look, baby, my eyes back. We're all good now. <laughs> the end." I can see with two eyes now. Oh, my God. There's so many opportunities to tell good stories with real characters, real drama and stakes. But no. You could have had some shit talk from Slade even. Like, really? Like, that's going to set you back that I I got through it. I'm pretty kick-ass. But you end up having all this going down. And he is even in, like, a tank like Slade is. Like Slade. Again, this is all of the mind. He's thinking this. But then he's going completely insane. He's thinking, oh, my God. And that's where... He starts laughing because all of a sudden a guy pops up and he yells, ha ha ha, my lovely adoptive guardian who took me on for a parent's money after they died, who then tried to kill me. Yeah, sure. Come over here, a wallet. Gal trio. <laughs> I'm like, this is so heavy handed and goofy. 
but not goofy to be fun, right? Like, in order for like Lupus to get what he wants, he doses Beast Boy with a, a toxin that he's created to try, that he's like, you know, he uses on himself to try to repress the werewolfism inside him, but it has, hasn't worked anymore because the he wolf, got a, like, a, he got a tolerance for it. A tolerance, thank you. I cannot think of the goddamn word tolerance. Just think anyway. of heroin and you'll come up with it. Yeah. But the idea is, he doses Beast Boy with this, but also makes a sedative. So Beast Boy will not be able to shape shift anymore, but he'll also be knocked out so Lupus can do his experiments. And Lupus tells him, this will last on you for a week from this dose that I'm giving you. Until it doesn't, and Beast Boy breaks out and is able to shape shift, no problem. And that's the problem. And in this, I think that it's one of those weird plays. You know when we're reading an issue and we'll say, boy, this feels like it's a lot of like stream of consciousness stuff going on like it's being written on the fly because i think at one point andrew constant's like oh shit i'm kind of setting up anthony lupus to be this kind of you know guy that maybe beast boy can save i better make him bad so out of nowhere he just has to remind oh by the way my niece yeah i went after her later and ate her and i did some bad shit yeah and the wolf did it but you end up like that weird play that you have to really like lay it on but this is such a Disjointed but the thing is, even with that, that, Beast Boy is not going to let Anthony go. I'm going to save you no matter what. And to the point where when Anthony goes and takes the serum that thinks going to cure him, and the Anthony is repressed, and the wolf comes out completely in his big as bad as big bad wolf form that the he could possibly man. ever have. And then Beast Boy shows up as the sexiest wolfman self and puts yeah. the wolfman in a headlock and says, you know what? I don't believe your serum really worked, and I don't think you do either. So what I'm going to do is hold you in this headlock until the sun comes up and you return back to Anthony Lupus. Sexy headlock, too. Eric, at one point when he shows up, he's definitely teabagging Lupus, right? He's just full-out teabag. Also, right before that, you know, as that, oh, no, now Dad showed up. (laughs) Like, what is going on here? And I know that it's supposed to be that trauma showing things. That's when Raven shows up and looks like, I guess, you know, Mr. Thompson let her out of third period uh, eighth grade math because she looks like she's in middle school. As she I'd even up. say oh, this yeah, whole thing yeah, because yeah. the reason on top of having the hallucinations of Slade, which is completely a trauma, the reason to have the hallucinations and everything else is that you have a psycho- psychedelic element to the toxin that Lupus gave Beast Boy. Yeah. So he's having hallucinations of all these other things on top of Slade. Now, I know DC doesn't want to play it because it doesn't make sense anymore because technically after Deathstroke series by Christopher Priest and his Defiance run where Deathstroke had his own super team, Tara Markov is still alive. But you had this huge thing with Beast Boy where he was in love with her and betrayed by this woman, this girl who's going to take down. You could have had her, but you can't anymore because DC also doesn't want to play it because Slade was diddling children in that. So it's a problem. That is true, Eric. You don't need the diddling. So she's no longer dead, but she also is sometimes when they bring up the idea of it. Well, and so what you end up getting, though, is that weird play because you're playing, hey, there's Raven, but she's in, like, she's just an hallucination, but she also has the soul self, but this isn't that. that that's where it gets me at the she, point she's where- She's dreamwalking. She's a dream warrior. I don't know. Why not <laughs> use the characters of what they have where Beast Boy thinks that? Oh, I'm hallucinated again, but maybe this will be a trial run. Hey, baby, I got my eye. Ooh-wee. And then you, oh, shit, it's a soul self. I feel like a jackass now. But it's not that. She just ends up later saying, I had I had a dream and I thought you, you were in this. And he's like, you saved me, baby. She doesn't save him. She just gets him fired up to save himself. But in a dream of the dream walking of the dream warriors of the nonsense of nothing. Could have had so much good shit with Beast Boy instead of you threw it all away for cartoony nonsense. It's it's very cartoon, and that's my weird play of this is it actually seems like an issue that could have been 
very heartfelt. It could have really dealt with trauma so in a way that's not just thrown at you and almost ends up being kind of ridiculous. You could by have the seen end. a different side of Beast Boy besides for the jokey, sexed up version that you get nonstop because something here he has actually experienced trauma and needs to get over it. Like even when we saw him trying to do this in the Power Girl backups that actually got us, he's a fucking wham. That's all he is. Like, give me more. Give me more Garth. Give me more character. Give me a reason to actually like this character. You have Anthony Lupus there because of that pseudo kind of weird connection of, of a guy who ends up turning into a beast, can't yeah. control it, Shapeshifter. wants to go and tr- control it, while you have Beast Boy who is having problems doing his transformations, things like that. He wants to be a beast while Lupus doesn't. They end up teabagging and punching. I mean, you don't even deal with that as much, and it's just then you get sexy headlock. headlock. Yeah, that Bobby a werewolf. I wish we had like seven pages waiting for that sun to rise because he gets in the headlock. He's like, "Yep, it's like eight hours till sunrise." I guess it's gonna be a long one. I'm telling you, the thing is, the, the sun comes up, the werewolf goes away, and you left with Anthony Lupus. Maybe until the sun goes down. I don't know, but it looks like he's stuck with the Joker toxin now. Yeah, it looks like he's now completely insane. And then Beast Boy's like looking at him and again, it's, <laughs> I, I told you, that look that they have, it's so cartoony. And he ends up, well, I'm going to put you someplace safe where you'll be treated well, Anthony. I think he just throws him into the bay. He's just like, like, you never really know because he says, I'll put you somewhere. He says, then I'm going to do the same thing for me. Oh, all right, because I think hey, you're, Raven, heading, baby. I think you're taking now. Look, Lupus to Arkham. I mean, yeah, and he's like, hey. Hug it Hopefully, out. but he's in Portland. Who knows? Who knows how things work nowadays? I hey, Raven, <laughs> open up a portal for me. I got a, a fake werewolf man here now. I don't know. Not even fake. An, an old werewolf man who might transform. Who, who knows what happened to Anthony Lupus? And then the big play at the end of the cartoony deal. I've searched for you everywhere. I like the idea, too, because Dream going the idea of just on the fly. They want to say that Raven left no stone unturned, but she did actually visit him while sleeping. So that means at some point she get so she has to mention that I searched everywhere and I couldn't find you. By the way, I did have to take a nap at one point. Then I dreamed her that I'm like, it was nighttime. I I just like that. I dozed off once. Like she has to. I really was looking. I just want that. That Andrew Constant thinks that Beast Boy is going to come back and say, really? You were looking while well, you came to me while you were sleeping, you lazy bitch. Like, I don't know what to play. That's that's what you want Con- Andrew Constance to write? I'm saying, why would she have to say, <laughs> well, I dozed off. <laughs> like, she has to explain this. Because you're trying to make that what we thought was a hallucination, an actual physical connection between Raven and Garth, and it doesn't play out. But you're also wanting to play the idea that she was so upset that she was going insane trying to find him, but I dozed off. Insanity makes you sleepy. I dozed off that one time. I'm like, okay. I found you in a cell buried deep. <laughs> I tell you, it's so ridiculous. And he's like, yep, you saved me. Oh, man, you're home. No, I'm back. It just I'm shows back, you. Beast Boy is an asshole. This isn't my home. <laughs> he always has to have the last word. The idea, she says, Gar, you're home. He could just hug. He's like, no. You can relate to that, huh? And then she's like, no, back again. And then he's like, no, shut the fuck up. And now they're fighting. <laughs> and No, you dozed off, bitch, you lazy ass. I mean, I'm telling you, it's so odd. Everything <laughs> is weird in this issue. But hey, his, his eye got better. Eric, remind people healed. how they explain. <laughs> it it got was. better. It was an okay play in this issue of, 
I'm really upset because at one point I'm like, holy shit, he's walking around with a hole in his fucking head. But then he's like, oh, it did heal. That's a pretty good deal of like even the idea of like an athlete where, you know, I end up. I'm saying me, Eric, obviously. Of course but you are. I'm, I'm supposed to do the hurdles. And I ended up, boy. I, I broke my ankle, but I don't think I'm going to be. So I just keep pretending that I'm injured because I'm too afraid to come back and, and fail. So, yeah. So I, I do like that. But. The way it played out when we're here waiting for this, okay, what is this explanation? How is it explained? It just healed. Uh, okay, we need, we really needed cool. that, you know, editor's note. It could have said Perfect. it healed. That's it. Uh, so odd. So odd. But what would you give this? I would ultimately give this a four out of 10. It's very disappointing oh, all the way man. around. Like the, the art style is cartoony. It's not for me, and I don't think it works for this, but I think. For what it's doing, it looks good. It's just not great for the issue overall and what they're trying to convey. The characters look like cartoony versions of themselves in a story that I feel like should be taken seriously outside of the Wolfman's. And even the Wolfman idea, it's a really disappointing way to try to get Garth his groove back. Still, I'm wondering why Lupus's niece was named Leukemia. I, I still don't understand it's that. But also, also at this, I, Leukemia. I search for you everywhere, but I couldn't dot, dot, dot. I don't know. Leukemia. Raven reminds me of you. You always say to me, like, I say, listen, nobody saw that. Let's just pretend. Oh, I don't lie. I'm like, don't, you don't, it's not lying, just not saying it. And that's what I, I feel like she doesn't have to say. She just says, I searched for you all over. I couldn't find you. Done and done. Let's hug it out, bitch. You're home. No, I'm back. Bada bing, bada boom. But it's just odd. He's back, baby. Did you give a score? What was your score of four? Four out of ten. I'm a three five. This this is just it's pretty bad. It it's really bad. It was fun though. I, I had a good time laughing about it, but not with it. I'm laughing at it, Eric. Just like the people in the schoolyard back in the day for you while you were Aww. on that teeter totter all by yourself. It doesn't know, work that's kind that of a way, big Eric. Deal because I had like five guys on one side, me on the other side. I'm a powerhouse. I'm a powerhouse. <laughs> I love the idea that you go home like Mom, they were, you don't let them make fun of you. You're a powerhouse. But, Mom, they said I was a big fatty. Really? You're that, too. But still, just go with it. No, I'm Eric Cartman. What are, we, what are we talking about next? Steelworks, number five, written by Michael Dorn, with art by Sammy Bathory, Vincente Sifuentes, Andrew Dollhouse, and Rob Way. And this is a weird issue to come into our penultimate part of Steelworks, because in our previous issue, it seems to me, at least, that, you know, Walker... Mr. Walker had, you know, the silver mist go in there and That's steal Charles the Walker silver the point. Third, Eric, please Charles, Charles Walker the third. <laughs> Mr. Walker. He had the silver mist go in there and steal the zero point energy device that's, you know, made out of Genesis from Iron Steelworks. And the idea then to me was that that was all a decoy. Like Steel knew that they were coming, John Henry, and he actually showed where Lana Lang, where the real one was. So now that this Mr. Walker has this, he's like, oh boy, I got this PowerPoint. I'm going to have a big ass robot. It's got a steel symbol on it. I'm going to piss everybody off. They're going to think it's a steel. And the thing actually works. And I'm like, why did you actually have this thing that you knew was a D? Which I'm telling you, am I remembering it wrong? Because it seemed like this was a decoy and he had the real one stashed away in plain sight where nobody else would be able to get but it. But they said, I, I remember everything There's, was him walking around. And I laughed and maybe we weren't, it wasn't me and you talking actually the last one, I would guess. My big play was I was laughing at why does he have all these fucking decoys? Like he kept walking around like, oh, don't worry about that. That's a decoy. I'm like, why did you go through all that? Wh- why did you let them steal a real one? And then you one? let them take it. It's just odd. And and the thing is in this where 
you were setting up the zero point zero energy there. I have to hit my dear. When you end up zero. having all that, but also remember it was Man, I want that Metropolis to not have the heroes. We're not going to rely on the heroes. That kind of got pushed aside. It's like things have changed, and a lot of these minis end well, up doing that. I, point. I, I still understand that aspect of the story in this issue for what John Henry's talking about—the idea of the John Henry myth, or like you know about the idea that you know the man who was going up against the machine but ultimately died because he was well, trying to fine. hold on to the past and not see the future. That John Henry he doesn't want to set up with the same fate with the steel costume, so he wants to be able to take that off. So him and Alana can live a real life. This See, and that, but that's wants. a different thing of what he at first he was put because he was going even against the super family saying, I want to make a metropolis. Remember, you had all well, those gadgets and gizmos on the, the things. But that just seems like why isn't that even mentioned in this as you have the super family having got a to big come ass in robot. <laughs> and attack the robot? That's what I'm saying. It's, it's just an odd thing that you were really pushing at this point. I really thought we were going to have a lot more of his big to do set up because it then became free energy at, and that kind of pushed it a different way but the idea of having buildings that could protect themselves and all this stuff yeah. it did kind of disappear everything is not in place yet and then you just need the super family to come in and and when they come in you realize like you know there's too many of them in this metropolis when they come in there's well, they better start wondering about flight patterns they're going to start hitting each other and when you have way overpowered right the superman family show up as you've seen through like phil kennedy johnson's action comics like they've been depicted for a long time now and it's too much like i understand we have a lot of kryptonians in metropolis and this is their hometown and shit like that but who the hell is ever doing anything in metropolis when you have this many kryptonians felosians half kryptonian clones this is too much like even like you know New 52-powered Chinese Supermans. Like, you have too much yeah, that are going to take Keenan. you down instantly. It's like, I mean, where's Crypto? He might as well get into the thing. All this goes streaky sliding around. You end up with this. Remember, the big play of Superman through the ages is the idea that he's too overpowered. Because then he becomes boring because he can't really be affected. There's seven of them. I mean, the idea that it's Superman and company here, it's way too much. And it feels... I don't know. I guess you're doing this to make this Charles Walker the Third and his big mecha seem more of a thing, but it kind of feels a little even, silly at even, one let, point. Let's even talk about that, where we have Charles Walker the Third. His big deal seems to be: I have a giant robot with a steel symbol on it. People are going to think it's steel wrecking havoc on the city. The super show up, but even as overpowered as they should be, they're instantly they're instantly taken out of the game because they're exposed to zero point energy, which is powered by Genesis, which they previously established in a lot of things overpowers their powers this one takes it away completely well, you had for that, some the reason last last issue you had that weird play that was now again i even forgot to say it and i had in my notes actually my only note here is superman superman's so over he's also the supercharged superman who's going in sure but is whatever that means last issue you had that play and you kind of led up to it of oh my god this energy is fritzing out the powers of the super family but but the fritz also seems to overpower them that's the problem once you end up adding superman into the mix fully here because remember it was connor lana they were oh my god i'm getting fritz out but yeah why is because it was overpowering superman before it's a very odd play and when you get this you are then introducing the super family but then oh oh, by the way they can't really do anything because of this you know genesis energy and it just doesn't play out well so we, we take the supers off the off the field so it's just up to steel to get the job done probably natasha as well the steel is coming in to take the day because they don't have real powers 
Now, and also part of this issue is let's get a little background on Mr. Charles Walker III as well, who, as far as I recall and remember from reading this series, he is a part of Walker Industries. He acquired what was left of Amertech. In this issue, they tell you, no, no, he was the boss of Amertech that fired John, or was pissed off when John Henry quit because he wanted to do dubious shit with John Henry's technology. And also, Sean Carey, who he went and grabbed to use the silver mist to like, you know, phasing technology, he didn't know who this guy was. It's your former boss of Amertech. is why you're pissed yeah, off that's about a, this whole that's thing. such a weird play. I do. Now, two things. One made me laugh, but one actually could have been a good When you see Sean and he legitimately wants to kill himself. Oh, no, that part's good. Sean, Sean Carey stuff is good. And we've had, I mean, you had it in The Incredibles, the idea of somebody wanting to commit suicide or wanting to do this. He's trying to do it as an accident or quote-unquote accident so that his wife will have money and she can get better. That's a pretty selfless thing to do. It's crazy, but... It still stops it from happening. Now, again, this was something that personally, uh, the guy Big Bob that I talk about a lot, at points he was, when he got divorced, he was, I'm going to run right into a truck. And I'm, I'm like, why are you fucking up this guy who's driving the truck? Seriously. Like, it's not as, and that would have happened to that family in the car here. So it's not the greatest. Now that, I thought, that's a good play. Doesn't make sense by not recognizing this old, but because the guy, you don't forget a guy who looks like that. He looks like Toy Man knockoff Charles kind Walker of. the third kind of deal. He's got a very specific. Uh, kind of like Colonel Sanders meets Toy Man? Yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a small town pizza lawyer is what he sure looks does. like. So you end up, how did he forget that? But the thing that makes me laugh, and I just, I love the idea where you end up where if you're around Steel long enough and Lana has, you're going to get the John Henry talking. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about John Henry, the Steel driver, man? I would have wanted to that, say. That's what we call the John Henry Riz. You keep telling me this, but I know this. And she even kind of interrupts at one point to continue. She's heard the second story a million he times. He is trying to set up the metaphor for his own life. He needs to put, reiterate this a million times. So he can go forward with his story. It did make me giggle. That any, it, you just have to watch. It's one of those things. Did that I ever if, tell you about the steel driver <laughs> man? Yeah, it's when you're around John Henry, you got to watch what you say, and you know that Lana's in the back giving the, like you know, with the finger across the neck, a, like that. It's like, don't talk about, don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we go, John Henry, steel driver man. It just made me giggle. But I just like the idea. You like that? You know, when Lana's back there doing. Like we don't know what you're talking about. We this is a, this is an audio thing. You have to. You, I realized you have to describe that it. I had to describe. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, did you just have a stroke? I didn't even make the noise right. I was. She's back there having problems. She's What's doing happening? the cut this out. I just love the idea where they're like, oh man, do you have any money? You know, they used to call money iron. And like, don't don't go with it. Oh really, iron? Well, did I tell you about that? Who used to call money iron? I couldn't think of any way. Hey, <laughs> I thought you knew something I didn't. I'm like, well, what they is did. This? Didn't you ever hear that? They used to call some money iron. Don't gaslight me. Also, they're like sitting there and they're like, hey, you want to hear a funny story? Back in the day, they ended up moving a decimal in a weird spot and they thought that spinach actually had more iron in it than normal. That's why you have Papa. And speaking of iron, that's why you have to get the fuck out. And that's true, uh, too. Okay. That's a little bit now you know. I think I have heard that, but that also feels like one of those urban legends or like a freaking old wives' tale. It doesn't really have add that much iron. I th there's something like silly that they then say like, actually, putting your thumb up your ass has more iron than spinach, right? I am so, so full of iron. I am right too. Now. I mean, seriously, John Henry, come at me. I am. I'm a steel driving man. 
I like the mecha. I think it looks cool, but it no, just, it's great. I like the art and all of this. I think that the weird play in this is that not that this book was, you know, blowing my mind. It didn't seem like it was, you know, it's not like a size spurrier is trying to be fancy. Well, it feels or like anything. Michael Dornemy lost the plot of his own That's thing for problem. what he already set up to me, or even the stuff that came before with what Philip Kennedy Johnson set up with Genesis. And, and with, it was a little smarter setup than what, what we just get a giant mecha that didn't even feel right for him to go. Ah, yeah, that that it again. Like I said, I don't think that Michael Dorn. As I like to call him, Morph. It was not. He wasn't trying to blow. It's still not bad. It's still pretty good for what I thought. You know, Worf was going to write Eric. That means maybe anything, but maybe I'm misremembering things or didn't read it properly the first time around, and this all works. But from what I recall and what I understand, reading this issue, I would say that it's not that good anymore because it completely is under like under outdone what it already started out, outdone. It's it's gone against what it already set up personally for me, and it really takes my enjoyment level because. Now motivations, people's like like characterizations and their their actions in general just feel forced to get us to a big fucking robot, and it feels like it's out of nowhere and doesn't make sense anymore. And I mean, the big thing of I'm going to trick him because I have a big S here, but yet you have Steel and the rest of the Super Family fighting it. So I don't think anybody's like, I mean, legitimately. In my mind, Blue Earth is going nuts with this shit. They're like, oh, my God, look at this. They're fighting mechas and shit like that. Also, just as an aside, it did really did seem like that Blue Earth went from War World refugees even more and more. And I think that's going to continue. And I think that they're on the case here. But at the end, it did feel like Michael Dorn lost a little bit of a grip of what story he was telling. And maybe the idea of, hey, no supers anymore. Maybe somebody in the editorial then said, you know what? They kind of want to see the superheroes, so kind of edge that out, get a big mecha, have a big battle, and this is what Again, we get. Again, I'm reading a Steelworks book. Change, I'm here for though. John Henry and even Lana Lang because she is a great big part of his life. I'm here for Natasha Irons as well. That's all I need from Steelworks. I don't need the big old cameos of the super family showing up like this, and they're not doing anything. And that was kind of the funny play of, you know, having, hey, we're not going to end up having, you know, supers anymore. That seemed like, okay, that gets the super family out so we can deal more with John Lana. And Natasha, and then they just come back again, getting knocked out of the deal to up the ante for Charles Walker the Third's big mecca. I mean, it's kind of goofy, but it's it's it was set up by something that seemed a little more serious than what we get here, and it's the penultimate issue, and feels like things change and change way late to see how we end up. Yeah, and a lot of these is we're having problems with a lot of the stuff. Say even the We Are Legends stuff, like Spirit World and the Vigil specifically of just changing shit too late and then you just don't have any time to really resolve stuff in a in a cool way that was set up earlier so hopefully he has a plan and it means something but i just think they're going to take down charles walker they're going to end up apologizing to sean even though he's going to have to go to jail for what he did but at some point like steel has to realize that genesis is not a viable power source and it causes way more harm than it's going to do good for metropolis yeah, well, also think of Sean, like the idea where he was to- like he didn't recognize his old boss, like you said, but also he was told that this whole play was going to change his life back for the bet. How? How well, is the deal? I, big don't, I don't get it. Yeah, maybe maybe he has a robot in there, like a real doll that looks like his wife. I don't know. Maybe that's the All player. Right, <laughs> they have Rip indeed. Leukemia. I, mean, I, I know what you're saying. That's his niece. <laughs> They don't say what happened to his wife, and they don't give the name, but I think that her her name was Tumor, is what you had. I don't know why. It was very odd to say that. His middle name is No Insurance. (laughs) Luke Eric, why does his mom do that? 
doomed them for nonsense. But with all that, what would you give this? I think the art is great throughout this entire issue. I think the John Henry and Lana parts are talking great for the characters involved. I even love seeing the backstory of like uh, Sean Carey and what his motivations are that led him to become the Silver All really good stuff. When you actually get to the plot of the book, though, not very good at all. And it seems to counter like uh, man everything we did previously in the series. Five out of ten. You think Sean's dad's Harry Carey? No. Did end up having that? Hello, hey. Ramada. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's all he's yelling. Hey. Do you think the moon's made of the Swiss cheese? Ah, uh, yes. What did you give it? Just five out of ten. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty accurate. That's I I like I like the art at points. That's right. Telling good. you when you end up having all the super family, it's supposed to be like this big, but I think they're too like crunched together because <laughs> and they all have just a weird look on their face. I I do like though, if you notice, you do get to see how each of them decide to fly. Right, you end up where where's, Connor. Where's Superboy's freaking like pink streak in his hair? Well, you know he he grew up there. The, the thing Did with he, this though, he can't him. He realized that he painted that there, and it was actually paying homage to a murderous jerk. But you end up where there's Drake? Con- Connor. Oh man, I want to get away from being the. Everybody thinks Superman flies exactly like him. Change it up, Connor. He's like the only one. They're, nah, they're exact good, replica there. But which one do you like the most? Which do Connor. you think is the best? You like the way I'm saying the way that they're flying. Connor. Do you, 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 well, then you like Superman. They're exactly the I same. I do. Do you? You don't like the two fists forward of John there? Uh, I, I laugh, too, because you have the twins No, whenever there. I see that, I think of like the, the, the evil Kryptonians from Superman, too. Yeah, it, it looks like like Supergirl's just ready to belly flop, right? The deal. I actually, I think I like the idea of Kong Keenan is like, I don't care if I go head first right into something. Like, my moneymaker will remain. I don't know. I like his there. Uh, it's it's kind of cool to look at their different now, flight I always patterns, mess, right? I always mess up the super twins. I don't know if you know. Which one is Osul and which one is Otho? Do you remember? Because mm, I, I want to say that, that Otho is the female, but I'm not sure. But let's just say, if you, if you look at... If you look I, at her, though, that's exactly how I have my Superman posed on its flight stand right now. Really? You have that? It's, it's right, just right behind my computer. Retro. Yeah. And then the, the boy, again, also of uh, where you always get it. Like you said, it's tough. He's just going like, I like that Conkina look. I'm going to go with that one. I like it. He also looks like he's like the side character in T2. He's got that rat's tail there. Probably get on a motorbike later. Better. He's the monkey prince. And actually, that's a tail. I don't know. Yeah, that could be. I, I don't. I, I'm telling you, I don't trust any kid with a rat tail, but especially a redhead. He's Felosian. It's all the style right now. It's always. How would he know? They're all dead. <laughs> he hears. They're there. Felosian <laughs> team B. <laughs> <laughs> the Felosian Confidential. Oh no, what's in with the Felosian teens this way? It's always the rat tail, I think, is what goes on. It's like Genesis, good or bad, you decide. They mean the band, Eric, and it's hopefully it's good, right? You they're end right. up where they're like, all right, invisible touch, I got it. I'm it. All right, Phil Collins. But there you go. I hear he's the Antichrist, Eric. I'm a five out That's of ten. Allegedly, I think we have to say that, right? Is that what they do? I think you have to say that. That's what Nolan Liam Gallagher said at one point, and I go with them. Well, who listens to them? Those guys wear tracksuits. Oasis could suck it. around, right? I love Oasis. How do I know? You probably heard Oasis maybe earlier, maybe a version of Oasis, maybe me singing Oasis. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll end the podcast with that. I don't know. But that's that for this and there and whatnot, Eric. Let's move on to the next book. And the next book is Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol number seven, written by Dennis Culver. 
or Denny Colvert, depending on where you live in this world there. This oh, little yeah. roller coaster I call life. Same changes? Yeah, yeah, you know, changes like the wind, just like his storytelling. Art by Chris Burnham. Brian Reaver. I'm glad that I got a little chuckle. Right? Oh, my God. Ah, here we go. We ended up where we added an issue to this miniseries that we can get this extra deal, thankfully. But even so, by the end, it really is, in my mind, you get that idea of, okay, we do have to kind of pack up some of the toys, get things back to the set. But also there's some bigger things that might be going down the line that we have to set up as well which kind of are weird by the end, especially the very end, which I think everybody was probably caught off guard when the Batwoman who laughs shows up, one of your least favorite characters ever. Everybody's least favorite character. Yeah, Justice League Incarnate, It's just the Justice Incarnate was the book, right? It was Justice Incarnate, yeah. Just the idea, though, that Denny Culver's doing this, you know, Doom Patrol book that I can't imagine it's selling well. You said Denny Culver, by the way. Yeah, well, I I can't imagine he's blowing the world up on fire here with the Doom Patrol fans and what he's doing here. Because the thing is, I like Doom Patrol characters. Can't tell you that I really like Doom Patrol stories all that much because all the writers just want to get wacky and weird with it. And it kind of loses me instead of just telling an actual comic book story. That's just who I am. I understand people enjoy it. But when I jump into this whole thing and it's throwing everything it has at you from past continuity, as far as I know, it just seems like, are we doing past continuity or are we relying on the fact that there was a Doom Patrol TV show, which I did watch because I feel completely cut. Either we're just doing Doom Patrol TV show or the Doom Patrol TV show did continuity fucking amazing because I'm completely caught up with all the characters and events you're talking about in this. Well, what you're asking, Eric, is, is this past continuity or TV continuity? And my answer, not fully, ed- Yes. No, I think it's right. everything. I think it it's almost all. feels like what we had with the um the uh what was the, the book that we had that almost felt, felt like the digital titans book that felt like the HBO Titans. What was that called? It was oh, just Titans oh, Blood know. Pack. Yeah, it was the Blood Pack. Yeah, that, like you're that, right. No, that was the sequel one. It feels like that where it's put, focusing more on what came from the TV show. And this is me not having a lot of background with the Doom Patrol outside of just individual characters. I could be completely wrong. This could work out fine. No, I think that it's it does. Weird. I think that what but, it, and it's weird. What, also, like. Tom King did with the Rorschach stuff. Like there was a lot of stuff that was from the team. It's weird when you play that, but this one. But speaking to but, Simon, uh, it's a lot of different things in this. But the thing is, by the time when you have this going on, you're not telling much of a story. It's just, hey, Lazarus Rain shit happened. We're going to collect some metahumans and we're going to call them Doom Patrol members and train them up. Issue to issue to the Brotherhood of Evil coming back together. General Mortis becoming the new candle maker. And it's like. Right, you're doing what feels like should be big things. I don't know how much favors you're doing for Candlemaker, but you're trying to make General Mortis like into something, but I don't think anybody cares. But by the end, it's like, all right, I didn't tell much of a story. Hopefully, I can get picked up more because I am Joshua Williamson's guy. We're buddies. So, Batwoman who laughs, he'll love this and he'll give me some more work. That's what it feels like to me. When you had Justice Incarnate, you had the whole Infinite Frontier, all those books, there were all those times where it was co written by. Dennis Culver, and we kind of wondered, is is he just tacking the name on? Is Dennis Culver writing it? And you add the Joshua Williamson name that way? I don't know. But he is kind of buds with him. But when you have this, the big play, and we just talked Steelworks. We ended up where I've been saying it about, say, you know, the Ram V, the Vigil. A lot of these books, by the time hey, you everybody, get the to Vigil's the end, book. yeah, by the time you get to the end, you're like, well, why isn't this book what started out because like you said at the beginning this was to tie in for the lazarus reign you ended up having all these people changing people were treating them like shit oh voila doom patrol we go gather them again with that x-men type back and forth the way up let's go get these new metas that ended up going and we're going to go through that 
And while that might have been boring by the end, it just got left aside. I mean, it just got completely forgotten. At least we have the idea that we've collected some goddamn metahumans, which I didn't want to ever base a story off of what happened in Lazarus Reign because it doesn't make any sense. In that first issue, that what felt really important. We're going to recreate the Brotherhood of Evil. Fucking Mala discovered the brain. Who knows what that? Mala's going ape. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> we didn't spend any time with that until last issue in this one. It's like, okay, the Brotherhood of Evil here. We've got Hugan here. Freaking General Mortis is near the candle maker. We've got Mala. we got the quiz. we got a lot of cool things. And now it's just battle time. But even when we had our scavenger hunt to find these different metals, metas, we had, hey, this little uh, silkworm Worm. little monster thing. Velvet. That's a, that's a metahuman, Velvet. Hey, Beast, go take care of Velvet. And they had to make sure to tell us in this series, Hey, Velvet's really a traitor and a bad guy. We got to watch out for. What do we do with that in the series? Nothing. Velvet, Velvet was a host that nothing. ended up even killing, or actually a parasite deal that killed that other kid that was with Velvet, and so you did nothing with it. You even had a point where Peacemaker's like, "Yep, we got the end." What about nothing? And why nothing. I'm saying, and and again, like I said, I don't think that it would have been a great story just to have. Just may we're gonna go to Philadelphia and find. Oh, no, I hate know, hunts oh like that. Oh my god, Gritty, he's a meta now. Hey, Gritty, of course he is. He's always been a meta. Look at that motherfucker. If anybody belongs on the Doom Patrol, it's Gritty. Wait, yeah, really. We get degenerate, and then at one point you went into the gymnasium and saw, oh, there's others there. Never really introduced. Well, that everything convoluted, and then you get to hear where now you realize. None of that mattered. That's where I get upset about it. I don't get upset with the idea that we stopped doing it, but at least make it in there where, okay, well, we did get these metas, but somebody else is taking care of the deal. You just completely, from one issue to the other, just completely ditch that and then get to the idea, Niles called, oh, we saw, say, oh, no, no, he's not. Oh, he's okay, fine. well, then what are we going to, oh, Immortus is turning the can. And by the end of this, you even get where you said you get the Brotherhood of Evil they all get their mind wiped, so they're back to zero. You Not only that, they feel like they're mind wiped after the fact, like, hey, we don't want to work with uh, General Amortis anymore. This shit went south, so all right, team team disbanded and then mind wiped. Yeah, so that didn't really amount to anything. You were just trying to get the new Candlemaker from General Amortis, but even then. But even Mala, the whole big thing of Mala destroying yeah, the brain. his lover, the brain, this old school awesome character. Mala's like, oh shit, I done made a mistake. This apes off and we never hear from him again. Yeah. Shimpan's A, B, and C. And so even when you get to the end, like you're like, okay, like what did this accomplish? Well, maybe some people thought Doom Patrol pretty cool, maybe. I don't but by the end, oh, we get a new candle maker. Even that seems to be a setup just to get the Batwoman who laughs. I'm like, Really? And not even a setup to get the Batwoman laughs. And the idea is, hey, we didn't give you a story here, but maybe in the next story, like series, maybe you'll get a story that we picked up here. I'm like, why am I going to trust you to tell a story in the future that you didn't tell here? You didn't finish anything. The way that this ends and the way that he ends up putting away Beast Girl and Degenerate, I think when we see them again, may not be with Dennis Culver because that's not, I think that what they're going to end up doing is, we're going to have, like we have all the time when you have, like, say, Night Terrors. Remember the idea, ooh, everybody, get to that last issue where we're going to see Hex and Violence, and you see them in the background punching somebody. Like, we may see Doom Should Patrol again. Series. They're going to be in the, the side deal. You know, again, another Dennis Colbert deal. And you deal. see that the idea of Beast Girl and Degenerate? Well. I like these new characters, especially in this end I'm here. I'm them more. Because Degenerate is a piece of crap. He's willing to take an L for the rest of the team to get a W. By when Peacemaker shows up to arrest the Doom Patrol, maybe even kill him. He uses Beast Girl's fight or flight powers to say, here, fight me up, baby, because I'm going after Peacemaker so all of you can get away. And hopefully, 
after you all get away, maybe you can break me out of jail. But degenerate time. I'm like, you know what? You turned into a decent guy. Degenerate. How is that? Uh, was it, is it, it degenerate? Is weird. Yeah, degenerate. I actually like okay. him by then. I he had a different name for some reason. Taking an L like Big Sean. I mean, seriously, Eric. And when you get to the end, uh, it's just weird, the idea of. Oh, I remember why. I was calling him deviant to myself earlier. And I just like, oh, no, it's degenerate. Yeah, it's weird, though, to say, like, like he says it. We're going to go get arrested. We'll give you time to get away. But we know you'll get us out sometime because you did before. Uh, Like, this is weird. But again, if I and things happen in a a seven issue series, wacky shit will happen. But seriously, if we ended up after the first issue, I said, oh, my God, Eric, I think I I get this idea. I'm going to give a little prosthecanations. Is that how they call it? I'm going to end up telling you prognostication. I I think that this is going to end. With the bat woman who laughs, you, there's no way. You, you would just sit there, and now we have it. It, it doesn't no, make thing any is sense. That nobody would ever, ever say that, ever. Is that the thing? So you end up getting this, but we have a new candle maker. They, everybody's fighting, and you're going to have to have the Doom Patrol come together like Dom and his family. They're all going to come together. As it, it's nice to see them all fight, including getting somebody like the Quiz and actually treating her with kindness and well, even doing the crazy That's stuff okay. with Kipling doing like magical runes on robot man to be able to take on Hugen's power and stuff like that because he's robot man and I'm like I it's hate funny. Magic. it's weird now he loves magic because he's that it's weird but there's some moments here that actually could play out but maybe we could have gotten some of this in like issue three and then gone with a story because the story just kept changing it's kept being nothing you had the one shots and this and that so by the end of this like I said, you end up with the Doom Patrol fighting. It's pretty cool. You get to see their powers. You get Crazy Jane talking hey, to Quiz Flint. of the she Mind. Hey, there's Flint. a teleportation like, like portal for everybody. Everybody's out. helping, and everybody realizes they don't want to be put. Like, I don't know why they realize now that, you know, Amortis might not be the greatest guy to follow. But they're like, yeah, we don't really like him. But now he's gotten so big that he can fight them all. Even the idea, because I don't even remember how he left the Batwoman who laughs and, like, you know, and but I just, out, just she like got punched, and she was like on that one planet. I, I know that our heroes were trying to open up a boom tube, I believe, to now. get away before Darkseid's crew. Well, Darkseid was dead at that point, but no, he had been brought back. Anyway, we had we had the Batwoman who laughs, and we had Darkseid's forces all converging on Harbinger, and we needed to get him away, and we freaking got them away, and we got off somewhere else. I don't remember where we left her, though, but the idea in order to get General Mortis, who's now the new candle maker, to where the Batwoman who laughs is, which is apparently in the bleed, is that the quiz's power is they have the power to do anything unless you can call it out. So the quiz just opens up a portal to the bleed because nobody says a portal to the bleed power. So she's able just to do this. And this is the only way that we have a story where the new candle maker, formal General Mortis, finds himself in between the multiverse in the bleed to a little world that might have been Danny the Street at one point, stuck in between in the bleed with the Batwoman who laughs. I'm like, you just said a bunch of shit and I don't get it. Why would you do any of this? I mean, seriously, Eric. I don't get it. It it, it felt so out of nowhere to get that, to just be like, it it doesn't make sense. And so I want to ask you, because I don't remember the last time we saw the Batwoman the last, did she have the Infinity Gauntlet on? Because I don't remember her having that on the last time. So she has that. And then I'm then I'm starting to think, like, again, because it's multiverse, it's that whole play of this. The great darkness's forces were coming together, and somehow the Batwoman who laughs was a part of that. Yeah, it's nonsense. And, for the, and maybe the thing is, too, maybe they, she had to go because she had to get to wherever they were with, was it Earth yeah, Omega at that point? I don't, yeah, I don't remember. And, and so when you have this, like, 
I start obviously with everything going around and this book even including, you know, at points Peacemaker King of Earth Eleven and, and all of the yeah, yeah, and all of uh the deal with uh Amanda Waller that I'm thinking it would connect to Amanda Waller and that maybe we're seeing some things. Maybe that's the new Dr. Hate. Maybe, well, all of a uh, sudden you have the candle maker, the new candle maker, the Dr. Hate and the Batwoman. The last. Actually, the thing is, I don't like the idea of any of these characters, the way they're presented. Like, you know, now, like, you know, because like the new candle maker, it's less, you know, for the candle maker and more for General Mortis. But nobody cares about General Mortis. Like I said before, the Batwoman who asks, but that's just a garbage idea through and through. Dr. Hate, another one of those weird Joshua Williamson isms where we just take the idea of a regular character and put a little spin on it and say brand new thing. But the thing is, even with me saying all this negative shit, you put these fuckers together. That's a hell of a fucking team, though. Well, here's the thing. I, I While you were saying, I did look up the deal. It looks like that gauntlet has been on before. So uh, okay. it looks like that's the deal. But with that, though, this seems, again, because these that's are a threat, mentioning characters. You're mentioning characters. You're mentioning things that Joshua Williamson seems to be setting up, maybe even with the brand. You're starting to give me another one of these dark armies again. This is oh, exactly yeah, what we had before in Dark Crisis. But oh my a god, different what a dark team. army. Like I'm saying, like are we just gonna do that again? He does like to repeat and rinse and all that shit. So is that what's happening? Are we gonna get Amanda yes. Wallace? Like, well, you saw the dark army, but this is the darkest army. Oh shit, you did it. Oh my goodness gracious. But if you do, and you said Dr. Hate. Candle Maker and the Batwoman, the Batwoman who lives, right? Yeah, that's not better than it the is other team. To me, to figures, I hate the idea of all these characters. Like I said, but putting them together, like the idea of what we had in Dark Crisis with that Dark Army, it was ridiculous. It was over the top to the point where nobody was, was so able to fight top. against this so Dark Army. Not this is that. better because it's more realistic. Yes, yes, okay. I am. But it's still. I hope that's not what, and we have no idea. But I hope it's not that because. Again, if we're heading to an event and Amanda Waller's <laughs> just got her darkest army, probably call it that. And then we're going to have, oh, no, it's the darkest crisis. Bullshit. Where's Pariah? He's off there crying his ass off. Guardians of the upset. wall. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I hope that's not the case, but you're starting to make me worry. But in this, again, you, you'd had some cool We're moments. fine. Right now, they're just stuck in the bleed on Danny the World. Yeah, Danny Ooh, the World. going to find but, them there? Wow. Amanda, <laughs> it's so weird. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm even looking to see if Velvet kind of slipped in and is with the old Gallowaker. Now, uh, again, you have this and the whole play with this big battle at the end. Oh my God! Peacemaker has shown up with his peace hammer. Robots are gone. Oh, we'll take care of it. We got you, degenerate beast girl. We'll go fight him. You go off, and then they just run off. Hey everybody, let's go. Hey, hit it, Doom Patrol. Boom, out, Doom Patrol, and then just says. The Doom Patrol will return, which gets me angry a bit because you didn't tell a damn story in seven issues here. And I don't I don't think that many people were actually reading it. But I think that some people that were I was confused at the beginning saying that, please introduce some of these characters and concepts. I, I kind of got used to it as we went on. I learned some things, whatever. But then all of a sudden, last issue, you had a lot more and they just kind of showed up to get to this point and i think at the end this was a poorly hey, like do series to patrol characters here you go there's certain things that you read that you go oh my god that seems cool i think i'll go back and read some other things i mean me and you just did this week on our patreon spotlight we did the alan scott green lantern book and yeah. i people will you can tell them last night then i went back to his first appearance 
and made Photoshop things that I sent you. But I did read the book. I, I was actually having some fun because it did intrigue me. Okay, I was saying during our review, I don't know a ton about Alan Scott, really, because it's just that blank area of the thing. So I went back to, to kind of read and catch up and see how that was. This is like that same way of a, I don't really know what's going on. Kind of like the idea of the characters, but it's not that this is inspiring me because it's so good to go check out all things. It's actually inspiring me because I don't really get a lot of these things, so I'll go check out some other things that I've heard are better. But it yeah. still might get me to talk. Me and Gray, actually, on our Patreon as well, have talked about, I think, the first six issues of Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol when he took it over. And I, I really have enjoyed it. And, good. you know, it, it made me dig this a little more kind of back and forth and things like that so it's one of those things violence yeah but overall i just think this was a real big miss it's not as bad as something like a hawk i'll tell you dennis colbert doesn't ruin anything here he doesn't seem to be trying what he might be doing a little too much is giving homages and like hey everybody i'm gonna throw this stuff from you know gerard way's run from grant morrison from the tv we'll throw it all together without really explaining much and really not having much of a story in mind. But he's not trying to ruin things. He's not even trying to change things, it seems. So I'll give him that. It's not one of those books that's like, oh, man, you're ruining things. So you know, I'll give him the benefit. But if he had Batwoman at last, who would have thunk that? I mean, the biggest odds. There weren't odds because nobody would have thought that. But what would you give this? Ultimately, I think I'm going to give this. I wanted to give it a 5.8 as well. But I think I'm going to give this a 6 out of 10 because the thing okay. is the fight was enjoyable. It didn't come, like culminate to the idea that like this was a full story through and through, it just setting up something hopefully bigger in the long run. And may or may not invig- uh, in, in, uh, enrage people because it's so much like Dark Crisis, but who knows? You could have something cool along the way. Hopefully that's the case. The art's fine. It's not my favorite kind of thing, but I it's like okay to look at. And, like, exactly. and the thing is, the, the characters, they're fine. I Like I said, I like the Doom Patrol characters. Nothing here is going to enrage you for the most part unless you're just like, oh my god, the Candlemaker, they don't fuck them up. That could be a possibility. Oh my god, the Batwoman laughs, that's fucked up. That could be a possibility too because all these things ran through my mind, but it ultimately doesn't matter for this little series that, I couldn't even say a little series that could because the little series that almost tried to start doing something that never quite went there. Yeah, and it's a Doom Patrol. It's a, it's a tough sell overall, and I don't know that he put his best foot forward to tell his own story. I think he was more homaging and trying to convince people, hey, look, I know this and I know that. I, I really wanted more of a story. And whether or not he was saddled with the Lazarus, almost feels like you're given the assignment of, hey, boys and girls, do a Lazarus rain tie. And, and then the teacher like falls asleep at the desk and you're like, hey, is the teacher, because I don't want to do that bullshit. I'm going to do my own thing. It felt like, you know, he played along to a point where he could maybe forget about that, and then it was too late to even we get things. We killed the brain, and there's no ramifications. It's so yeah. weird. But I will tell you this. It is such a relief. That is something he did ruin, but who yeah. It's such a relief, though, that General Mortis took Candlemaker resin and not what we thought originally was Lazarus resin. So thankfully, that's the case. And that's where I, Dennis Colbert, he's not great. And And one of the things is that's like a play where I always say, you end up being confusing, and then you have to wait a month to get the next issue to actually understand what you already read. That's not a good way to do it. You got to let people know what's happening as it's happening so they are on board. But he did show, and we saw that it was indeed. And it was weird the way they said resin, then they said the wax has to melt. So it was more confusion of which, what, whatever, but at least it was the candle well, wax. That's the thing. It's still like resin is kind of like wax in my mind, but who it knows? Is. It's a, a weird play. It was very odd, right? And uh, 
Simon was the one he ended up saying that I'm not familiar with the Candlemaker. I haven't watched the TV show and I haven't read anything so far with that character and that whole play, you know, of how important it would have been to say Rex and, and what was going on with, you know, all this and even at the end reburying, you know, yeah. the deal and, and try that. That Dorothy. should be, yeah. yeah, Dorothy. I couldn't remember the name, but that's big. I mean, that's, that should be very emotional and was kind of, but you kind of, Push that aside. There wasn't enough room for a lot of that, but poor Dorothy ends up being poor used robot again. Man. And that robot man's all upset. He likes magic now. He's got some tats. Thinks he's fucking cool. Look at him. Gonna go start hexing violence. Well, he's gonna do the hexing, but well, now I mean, it could be like now he's in. <laughs> now he doesn't care. Just no backwards fucking magic. I don't need that shit. Right? I don't need that bullshit. So well, and Mento, he does a lot. But that's it. That's the end of that book. We have one more book, and it's a doozy. And the last book of the night, Power Girl number two, written by Leah Williams, art by Eduardo Pansico, Julio Ferreira, Romalo Fajardo Jr., Becca Carey. And we continue the idea of Paige. She's the Power Paige. Girl. I don't know if you heard that, Eric. And it's a weird play. I And we didn't talk about the first issue together. I liked it enough. I actually thought yes, it was right. the best issue that Leah Williams has done. With Power Girl and thought, okay, there's some weird things, but I had some fun. I actually thought it was kind of like a, I don't know, a goofy kind of fun deal. I had a bit of fun with it. But the idea, though, overall is she was working through and at least a connection to Steelworks to end up having a fundraiser by getting stolen alien tech. And then uh, it seemed odd. I mean, I don't know who would be going along with this in the super. uh, She's so worried about the super family accepting her and whatnot that. You might not want to do this crazy stuff, and it looks like it's done bitter in the ass here because we ended up having a, a villain. And I'll give Leah Williams credit, too, though, before we even start talking about some of the nonsense is in that first main, you start a rogues gallery. I mean, it isn't something that I think is going to be like the all-time great villain in Amalek, but you do set something up there, and I thought it was kind of fun that the way they did it. Well, we see, and at one point I thought, Maybe that stuff got blown up or they ended up, but it does seem that legitimately Amalek has grabbed all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Amalek has all the alien tech. He plans on selling himself until it's taken over by some kind of alien Black Mercy like Star Black Mercy thing. Spore Startle thing, which Something was in the first those issue, lines. which was yeah, odd. But, but the weird part is like, what's odder to you? And obviously, it's <laughs> there's a be lot the of odd things in this. But yeah. when you say that Power Girl is going to have a fundraiser where she's selling alien tech to the highest bidder, that's odd. And honestly, it should never have happened. But I don't know if that's odder to me. Again, it's, it's always going to come back to that. That's the most odd thing. But also, here's another thing that's odd that I want to point out that can't beat the other. The idea that you take Power Girl and you say, okay, we're going to reinvent her. We give her a new name and page. Somebody who used to be a millionaire slash billionaire with Star Industries, and now she's just the mild-mannered reporter at the Daily Planet who works for Lois Lane. I'm like, it's a weird place to take the character after giving her telepathic powers with Omen, Lilith, Clay. I'm like, this is a bunch of weird things to reimagine the character. And also the idea that we're taking this woman who has been on this earth for a long-ass time. Yes, her, her backstory is very convoluted. She didn't know who she was for the longest time, but... She knows how to interact with people. She's been here a while. And I we're know. still giving her that fish out of water story. Like she's still an alien who doesn't like she's almost like Otho and Oso here. Like, I don't understand how to do human interactions and what's going on with this world today. I agree. And the weird play, Leah Williams. It, it, I, I don't want to say she wants her cake and eat it too, or, you know, that sort of deal. 
But what she seems to be doing is this weird tug of war where at one point she wants to center on her being around a while, being upset. But then she also wants to go back to almost playing out the idea that she's lived in the cocoon of yeah. the whole, you know, the pod, the, the pod stuff. And, and but then on the other side, she wants to have her, you know, reference in the past, but not that she was the but almost feeling like, again, that she's never interacted with people. But then also on the other play, which I think is odd that now you're bringing things up, you always laugh about the idea of here's Clark Kent. He's heading off to Metropolis. Hey there, Perry White. I want a job. Hey, do you have I any don't have sort a of security number or a college education, but can I work for the biggest newspaper in the world? Yes, you yes, can. Sir. And then nobody bats an eye. Ever well, again, the guy's Lane, winning. Going, yeah, knowing who she is makes gives her an in at least for like you know Doctor Paige Stetler. Yes, we'll have you write whatever we want for you know. But that's the weird play though, because when you start having it, and you're gonna go and say, well, she's been around, but not really pod things, but kind of, and then give her this doctor persona. Yeah, Lois can fudge the deal to. But where's anybody who looks up, like, if you end up where the story, a hard-hitting story, you're like, Dr. what? And like, you go and look in, it's the jig is up. No, it's it's weird. Like, the idea that you already have this persona, because you, you should have just kept the old persona, but she's decided to, you know, have her lose the money or have her do this. You know what I mean? Well, DC, you know, DC and Leah Williams, I think, want to get away from the idea of, since, you know, Karen is a term now, we can't have her Karen star anymore because she's a Karen. So you have Dr. Page that we've got to reimagine her, but then you got to come up with the idea, like, where do we come, like, you know, where, where do we leave off this Karen star, this, you know, let's just say PG, Power Girl, where do we leave off? Because the stuff that we had was the Power Girl who was from Earth 2, but the reimagined Earth 2 of the new multiverse after Flashpoint, who was here, who had star industries and stuff like that, who has the same name as this Power Girl, who was here pre-Flashpoint, who, like, what is her story now? Is it, like... Hey, I'm back after Doomsday Clock, bitches, and I'm here with the rest of the JSA. I have to reinvent myself because some wacky shit went down with the, with the time frame. And that, that would be some cool things to, to know. But again, in my mind, what really makes me laugh is they had to have at one point gotten together. You know, Lois is like, okay, we want to have Paige work here. So what should we do? Well, what, what we'll do, Paige? Listen, you're just going to be this, like, go-getter girl. That's from the the hard streets of Metropolis. Yeah, no, I want to be a doctor. Like I want to be a doctor. <laughs> Me oh, too. Okay. Like the hey, idea. Paige, of let's just, play doctor. Like, hey, listen here, yeah, really. Hey, listen. Seriously. Hey, Paige, we got to keep on the down low. We can't really point a lot of things towards you. I want to be a doctor. All right. Oh, no, no, that, I want to be a journalist for the biggest newspaper in the world and say I'm a doctor. Yeah, no one's going to look into that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird, like the way that you play, you try to go real small or like fish out of water, but then you go the opposite way, other things, even at the play where there's an intern, and Paige doesn't realize what you do with an intern. She almost plays out, full out, fish out of water, alien, does not know how to interact with people, but in the issue you have her in, like, it's such a weird back and forth with it, right? It is, is, the entire time, it's a weird thing, the whole idea, though. Where you have this character, because like I don't know how you unravel the backstory of Power Girl with what you're trying to do. So I just assume at this point in time, Leah Williams is like, 
we're starting fresh, bitches. We're going at it. And this is who Power Girl is now, my reinvention. And we're just going to go with this going forward. And you know what? She's got telepathic powers as well sometimes. That she might use, but really what she does really have is punch star portals like, you know, America Chavez, right? That yeah. is where we are now. She like, did we lose the telepathic powers completely so she could just open up portals to the astral plane with punches? The funny thing, I, she said at the one point, she said she still had the telepathy, but she pulled it back because she thought it was intrusive, but she still could punch portals. So I don't know. Also, where I ended up talking to Stork on this first issue of Power Girl. And one of the big things at the end that I said is I don't think that we're going to find out about anything. We're going to that Mariana Trench, that's going to be glossed. like she really caused what might be a global disaster when she ended up putting that bomb into the Mariana Trench. And it bl- it's and fine. It's fu- well, it is now. It's just but also the idea where in that first issue. You ended up where she's having this, I, I don't even know how you say, this black market alien tech stolen that she knew. Fundraiser. She had a guy, a fundraiser, <laughs> through Steelworks. It, nothing like makes it fun in fundraiser. Oh, she did. But even then when she's walking down, she didn't even like know. a hellraiser. I said, though, at the thing, like, it didn't feel like they did any security because you had a bunch of shape-shifting assholes in the, like, they just, the idea that when she looks out in the crowd, like, all right, we got them all here. I got all. The, I see Vandal Savage. Oh, Rachel Cool made it. Like you would expect, there would be villains there buying the shit. Nothing is checked. But she was walking down and going through the catalog and the things. Oh, we got that. That. Oh, I don't recognize this. Oh no, it's a crazy alien plant that's reacting to me. Did nothing about it. Then got attacked, and now you end up having Amalak have that. It then reacts to him, and then turns Takes him over like, his body. She is going to burn down the DCU oh, you one issue at a time. I mean, she I'm, is I'm a villain this right issue, now. Thinking about all this alien tech, let's see that Amorek got half of it, okay? <laughs> all these issues that we've been talking about tonight, and this is probably even the last week, the idea of we have all these weird villains out of nowhere who are being powered up with new alien tech. Yes, this is this. shit that they found at Karen's or you know, Paige's. It's Paige. I said that... Wouldn't it have been an easier play? I know that they she wants to play. It's it's her story. But the idea that Amalek, because remember, Amalek comes in and he's like, I'm going to get, why couldn't you just say that that was his, you know, like, these are my people's weapons and things, and I'm taking back my own tech so that it doesn't look make like. Amalek a badass. But that also makes Karen Page bad. I mean, the thing that she did was, and nobody's batting an eye at the it's point. very weird. At the same exact time where you have a blue earth that's going nuts about aliens and Nazis, then on top of that, at the end come of the issue, we on, find out up, get your there's a Earth 2 Kryptonian disease going around, right, wiping right. out humans. I'm like, this is bizarre, See, that, right? That's the big part of the first issue, the idea that there's a disease out there that's Kryptonian nature. Not only that, but it comes from Paige's Krypton. I'm like... What does that mean anymore? And what do you know about this? Because you're talking about a pre-crisis Earth 2 that hasn't existed for a long time. You have you're gonna give me a, a reinvented, <laughs> you have a reinvented multiverse with the Earth 2 that now exists, which is, you know, based on the golden age of heroes, but, you know, this power girl doesn't come from anymore. I don't understand how anybody knows what this is or how you could even classify this Kryptonian virus coming from a, a Krypton that this, this page comes from. The, the best too. And, and, in these to it again i i actually had some fun with the last issue but remember when we started talking about the backups and action comics even the one shot where 
I kept mentioning the idea that Leah Williams in a bunch of interviews said that she was looking into the past. You know, yeah. she was going and there was a couple places where you get in that, you know, crossroads. You know, either you start playing the banjo and, and summon the devil. Or you decide so which happens. way you're going to go, right? Yeah, that's what you do so with the crossroads. Cross you start playing. You're there with Robert Johnson. You're there doing the, the whole deal, right? But at one point, she kind of came, came into a fork in the road and wanted to know which way DC would want her to go. Said, okay, well, there's three, you know, say there's three ways. And she kind of seemed like she wanted to do the definitive version. It doesn't and matter. What are you right do? Like, she's, she's doing her due diligence in the story that you're talking about. The problem is DC... Eh, but then that's, here's where I'm going to get to because DC said, mm, just do your own thing. It doesn't matter. I think that what has happened now, she might have done too much. Like, this is people are going to be like, really? This is what she might have done too much research, Eric, and it's all blending in together. And now she has. So, this. what you're telling like, me is, this is should have been the Rebirth Power Girl, which the characters in Rebirth, when it first came out, were supposed to be the best versions of the characters you could possibly get. Yes, but Hyper Time, Eric. But he keeps using that like you know what it means. <laughs> Hypertime hasn't worked out the kinks yet, so you get like, that's kind of that version mixed in with that, and then we'll just add this doctor thing, and we'll call well, her that's Paige, the and voila. It just Ever since like Crisis happened, Power Girl's backstory has been a convoluted mess that they tried to make work in JSA. I don't even know where they actually came like to the definit- definitive conclusion, except she comes... I just want to say she came from a world that doesn't exist anymore from Krypton of Earth 2. I think that's where they landed on finally, after making her an Atlantean princess that was the freaking descendant of Arian and some weird bullshit like that. I just don't know how you go from all of this to make it just as confusing, if not more. We're still at this point where you know, Power Girl is like yeah. that you're just going to be at this, like, you're going to be with Tommy Johnson or Robert Johnson, whichever one you like, at Robert the crossroads. Johnson, and, but the thing is, you're never going to go anywhere. You're just going to be in the middle of those crossroads forever looking this way, this way, this way, or this way. I don't know. I think that what you actually find out, like, you, you, we're at the crossroads, right? And then you go right. But then you actually realize it just loops around and now you're at the left. Like it, it all comes oh, back no. to the crossroads. You're there. Oh, Robert Johnson again. We're still playing the guitar. Right? You got Ry Cooter there going against, you know, Ralph Macchio. You know what I'm Talk saying? About there. Right there. So you end up where if you're gonna go into this trying to figure out <laughs> it's so funny to say, try to figure out what this character is and what it means in the overall deal, it might end up giving you a headache. You might not and know. Now, that we said that though, with the idea of the you know the Kryptonian virus from Power Girl's original Krypton, or whatever that means, it's it's out there. That's what our plot is. We got to figure out what the hell this is, where it comes from, and how it's even possible. Maybe Leah Williams, with all the shit that we're giving her about, what the hell are we doing with Power Girl? Because it doesn't make sense. Maybe she's getting to the point of the matter, and we'll finally. I don't trust her. Eric. <laughs> all-purpose Power Girl that we can all know and love going forward. So then, diddy this up like Hawkman. Here's where I go with this. I I doubt she's gonna then divvy it up. I really you know, bam bam right. But five years from now, the definitive version of Power Girl. Someone's gonna I've say. I've read a bunch of Leah Williams stuff. It it, it she's not that good, but she, this might be the character that she does it with. So there's but because I don't hate this issue. But where I'm gonna tell you in that first issue, there's a couple things that end up happening. Yeah, Paige. She goes by. Oh no, this plant's reacting to me. And then she just kind of leaves it, and now it comes up here. Like, there's no subtlety to that. Or there's, I don't like you Kryptonians out of nowhere. And then Paige says, but I'm from a different Earth in multiverse that isn't the one that you hate. To then at the end to mention that this disease, like everything is like telegraphed of what exactly she is going to use or do. 
In this, you end up having again that that thing affect Amalek, that kind of plant Black Mercy deal. But one of the other things happens where she goes to the Fortress of Solitude because she's sent there by Superman in Bermuda, which we were talking about before we started. It might still be there. It seems like it's a little more workable than I think it would be anymore. But I wish that there was something. But it's basically the deal of anybody who kind of bullshit they end up having Bermuda to me it's like a trigger that you get but when she goes there out of nowhere you have the zoo and like oh man what's up with this line it looks very familiar to things that I would know from (laughs) and then you end up where Kalex goes it has a penchant for escape I'm like all right, so that is the thing that you get the disease from. The I mean, or at least it's lion a, virus. You have a Kryptonian lion in the, the thing, and it happens to be dying. And also it just happens to escape a lot. That I don't think that there's anything subtle with this. I think that that's fully it, and it kind of is I just don't know how you sick. get a lion that escapes. It's fine. He escapes his enclosure in the animal sanctuary in the Fortress of Solitude in Bermuda. I just don't know where that lion goes then to affect anybody in America. Well, we don't know. And it wasn't in a member. It was other countries as well. It started out you know, saying, around is, the is world. This, is this lion like, you know, Crypto the Superdog where it starts flying around all over the world? when it escapes? I don't even know how it gets out of the Fortress we of Solitude. We don't know. We don't know. It, if, if it says it has a pension for escape, I could go with the idea that it phases at points. It teleports. I don't know because we're not told that, but it does escape. And if you're going with the idea of, okay, if it, is, if it escapes and doesn't have any powers at all, it's going to drown its ass immediately and be dead. So something goes on where it does go around. The idea that it's dying, in my mind, it's trying to keep things good. Like, but we don't know. And I think I that we know. will find out. But it, it just, I just want to think it's going to lead to a funny event again. It, I the don't way think things so. are look, the way things are choreographed, it obviously feels like it's going to mean something to the story overall. But I want to say that it doesn't just because you'll have like a weird one-off story when it's all done. But like the misadventures of Kalex trying to round up this line to get it back into its closure because it's just a weird thing to throw in here. Well, and I don't want it to be the catalyst to everything think, that's going on. I think it's so weird because that's all you deal with in the fortress really is this one thing. And then, oh, it escapes. It's dying. It's all this. Oh, my God. Like, are you really doing that? And even in the meantime. You're going to have other things going on, and there might be the idea that there's too much already going on, but it's not all bad. But again, Paige doesn't understand how interns work. Well, Seems like thing. he's like the, never the, been around somebody. Lois and her have a nice little back and forth, though, right? The Power Girl stuff I actually don't really care for as much as the Dr. Paige Stetler. Like, her doing day-to-day life stuff, I enjoy her going back to her apartment, hanging out with Lilith and, uh, and uh, Streaky. I find that very charming and endearing, and it's just a kind of a fun read. When she gets the Power Girl stuff, it just doesn't do as much as I want because you have this big overall mystery, and now we got an infected Amlek who's doing weird, you know, weapon arms, almost like he's Guy Gardner Warrior. I don't, I don't like the Omen stuff at all. I think it's boring, and it's the same thing again. Uh, you know, hey, I make cupcakes. All right. You got the Oh, streaky. That damn streaky. Okay. You don't really like do the characters anything. doing that. Yeah, but again... We're, we have a story of a, a virus that's going to wipe out humanity, and we're talking about cupcakes, and then even going further than that. Life goes we, on. We, it's just, I, I don't, even with all this stuff going, I don't feel any connection of those two. They were kind of jammed together in this book anyway, and it just doesn't feel like it's, it feels like it's sticking with me. But then you also get CIA, possibly Agent Axel Gust. 
I mean, so if weird. this guy doesn't end up with wind powers, then they've done something wrong, Eric. But even then, like she's talking, I love that she says super spy Axel Gust. He keeps calling, but he's like, or just he's, possible thief. Yeah, he's doing weird things that you wouldn't do if you were a super spy, but he's doing it anyway. But I love it. She's like, man, I would have called him back, but I ended up burning up that card. The card was blank. You said that before, so that didn't do all that. But he's doing weird super spy stuff. That's on an aside. Then we end up from there. We're going to go off. And like we said, she's also working on a weird story, but now she has to figure out if there's this virus, everything going on that she's leads her her to uh, Bermuda. For. So then from Bermuda, she immediately finds out like, okay, I got to find. And Lois says, you got to go where this infection was and see locally. She goes there. I don't know what happens with the, what, what's going on with this house. And when she goes and knocks on the Hurricane. door and the weird play, though, is is that the, I mean, in a goofy, cartoony way, this roof gets blown up. But I don't think it's a hurricane. I think it's just a, a you know, regular storm. I think that house is done. It's on a pier. It's weird. She grabs the roof, slams it down to then knock again as if she just did something to force this guy to answer the door. And if it is a hurricane, you don't want a guy answering a door. And then says, hey, I want to talk to you about this whole virus and then we get the attack from you know amalek and she said everything just starts happening and it's very very odd the art's great i like the art oh i enjoy the art a lot in this book but now amalek shows up and now she says man you you changed what's going on (laughs) it's just everything is just happening and then amalek gets a hold of himself tells her she has to get out of here this is after you and rips his eyeball out the end and falls off a cliff into the ocean during what i want to consider a hurricane and then says you have to get away odd actions it's you he wants and then she says who and he rips the eye and jumps another i I have to imagine it's a bad move though because you have this like you know this this parasite, this almost like you know, sorrow-looking creature. Because even when Amalek rips his like his eyeball out and drops it into the ocean, it looks like a little sorrow, right? It just looks like a little like starfish. And for some reason, I think that this thing is going to turn gigantic once it hits this ocean water. Like for some reason, it's going to be like a shrinkadink or like a, whatever they things are. You put some water on it, they grow. And I just think this is going to be the worst possible thing that Amalek could do right now. Yes, he rips the eye out, he gets control of himself, but for where he's hanging out, I think it's going to bite everybody Ooh, in the ass. What's going on? And and even then we see, you know, we, we see the bit where Amalek gets infected by that, you know, spore, that, that deal. Why? If if that's what's after, it could have done that. She was right next to it the same exact way, was standing there looking at it. It could have just infected her there, but it ended up going Amalek's. It's weird. It's weird because in that first issue, she was definitely trying to touch it. She was around it. It didn't do anything. Now it's infected Amalek, and now he goes and then rips his eye out. There's so many wacky things going on at the end that I don't really know what's happening fully. But again, it's kind of goofy. But when you go from Bermuda to town, ripped off. It's so weird. The the idea that this whole roof just comes and stays in one piece. She grabs it from underneath and then slams it down somehow. And then Amalek attacks. It's just so goofy. A progression. Didn't really find out any information yet. So I guess maybe she'll find out. From the guy afterwards, and then Amalek looks like he commits suicide by jumping into the water. I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. And it says, next uh, time, 
has the Kryptonian infection taken another victim? That's the other thing that I was going to ask you. Is that the Kryptonian infection? That's what I. That and that's one of the biggest things where I thought to myself, okay, so if that's the Kryptonian infection, then we kind of know at least where it's coming from and whatnot, and how that makes sense. I but guess we're going to have to wait to talk to the coroner of the first infection. I, I don't once, know. You know the, the storm stops, and then as Power Girls. Where's fear coming true? Well, what's that? I don't know what it would be. Maybe she doesn't have a cupcake again. Streaky at the cupcakes, but overall. He's sad on it like a jerk. Still more goofiness, but I just, I don't know. I, I need it to tighten up a bit and get us some information, no, I but I think it's all over the place, and it really feels like she's just throwing a lot at you. But some of the stuff, again, we'll see if that, that lion is. But now when you get that, like, how is that combined? And really, my biggest biggest problem for this issue or two issues in besides the idea that we don't really know what that lion thing is or don't know powers even spelled out but we really don't know what we don't know what the virus really is that should be spelled out like oh when this happens this goes so we would know oh my god it's that we really don't know and it's weird i don't know but we'll see but what would you give this I think the art in this is great all throughout the book, but the the problem for me is even though I have like you know problems with the idea of recreating you know Paige's secret identity, giving her a new profession here, this tying it too closely to what I consider the Superman family by her working at the Daily Planet of all things feels like a weird stance. But these parts where we have like you know this Paige doing her stuff as Paige are my favorite parts of the book. Once she Power Girl is up and does Power Girl, it all gets very convoluted and this leaves me scratching my head at what's going on so the page stuff's great power girl stuff could use some work but i'm gonna give it a six out of ten because i don't hate this issue i think it has uh, some, some real promise i just don't know if if they're like you know leah williams can button it up as tight as she needs to yeah the page stuff i i could care less i mean you get a couple pages she's there Hey, cupcake. Get one page what it, well no it's actually two no no you end i'm up talking where, about page the name oh Oh yeah, well you get it and it's like, hey, uh-huh, I, did, I did it. I didn't have my, <laughs> you didn't have my cupcake. What a video game you playing? Oh, that's cool. Hey, I gotta go on a mission. Can I come? No. All right. See you later. And then you go. So it, it's very odd, but uh, I don't know. The the book just seems like it's uh very scattered and it doesn't have really an idea. Leah Williams is trying to tie a lot of things in, and it might end up being like you're saying. Maybe she's gonna give us a then diddy like deal of the definitive i think it's the opposite where she has too much going on and it's just going to end up being a big of a clusterfuck of this thing because we still end up having in the background it's already been announced by her and i think the solicits that we're also going to get the evil pod coming after her as well which might be you already have a lot going on and you have that i did like though there's some things when it brings up like the idea like in the night terrors where she's like i hope that this isn't fake i'm actually enjoying myself now and i'm worried that i'm just going to wake up in the pot again and it's going to be fake and i like that kind of fear of it but i think it's just thrown in there just to throw in but we'll see we shall see i think at one point streaky is going to go and what if we have streaky and the lion attacking each other would you like that that'd be kind of cool that'd be cool i i don't know where we're gonna go with this but we'll see we'll see how it goes but it's still a What's little better than i thought mine's a five five okay. okay it's okay it's it's not horrible it's just nothing that i really i i can't say i care about it yet because i don't really understand what's going on and i i swear at the end she just oh shit i'm on page 18 i better grab the book. everything <laughs> just happens in like three pages like boom, 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 boom. i'm like 
What the fuck just one happened? One page. Yeah, it was like, well, one page. I don't know. She's a little schizophrenic. There might be three pages. Eric, it's three pages. But yeah, that's that. What's your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman Catwoman, the Gotham War Red Hood number two. Uh, mine's Green Arrow uh, as my book. I think it might be a tie Green Arrow on Action Comics. Uh, but yeah, that, that time nonsense. But here we go. Next week, we will be Patreon only. So all of the books will be Patreon exclusive. And if you want to get involved with that, you go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. And maybe me and Eric will find out some info because we do end up having Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Scorched Earth number one. It ends the Gotham War. And I believe R.I.P. Jason Todd. R.I.P. Hey, Jason Todd. Not on my watch. I don't know. What do you have? A digital watch, right? You know what I'm saying? No. Like if he dies and then I say, see, it didn't matter. Could I, could I say that? Could I make fun of Say whatever you want. I don't it care. Matter. I still enjoyed what I enjoyed. Uh, Detective Comics number 1076 starts that Batman Bruce Wayne wanted deal. He's going to hang. He is. The bi-monthly? Him. Yeah, bi-monthly. Bi-weekly, bi-monthly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, geez. Spirit World number six. That finishes that series. I hope. That that took a turn for the worst. That was at the crossroads with Ry Cooter. I, I hope that that ends up pretty good, but we'll see. Yeah, too. Yeah, I, I I'm at the point now where as we're going through, uh, I didn't. I don't know if I told you. Ram V has promised people that the vigil will continue at some point or whatever. Okay. Hey, you remember when Prez was going to get more issues too? We were promised that again. Like you even said about Jason Todd, when you end up. Thinking about, oh, this will continue on. Or when we had this week just a bit ago, the Doom Patrol will continue. Yeah. Like, they may, but it might be in a bullshit way. I think the vigil ends up like, oh, there they are in Detective Comics for a page or something. Nonsense like that. But I just, I hope that these end. City Boys Spirit World. I just want these weird legends because we liked them enough to begin with and we still kind of like City. I want them to continue on at some point, but I I don't know. Supergirl Special. Supergirl special number one. Remember when Sideways showed up in Nightwing in the race? And oh, we yeah. were like all excited. We're like, ooh, it does mean something. Then just disappeared. By the way, I think I told you that. But a dark ben, crisis. Ben Percy redid that exact story with oh, almost the same art in his Ghost Rider. It was so much nonsense. But yeah, and Supergirl special number one. That's Mariko Tamaki. So going with the Supergirl being super, I believe, was her. One deal that a lot of people love, that's what they're kind of going with. But I, I just as an aside, because we just ended up finishing the Power Girl reveal, I want to read what this special says, and it's Kara. You know, we're going to have yeah. that. After joining the Superman family in their heroic efforts in Metropolis, Kara thought she had found her place in the world. Is this starting to sound familiar with another book that we might have already? Superboy but there's only Manitoba? room. But there's only room for in town for one Supergirl and Power Girl. Suddenly, you are just redoing the Power Girl idea now with Kara. It's it's Power Girl. Which is funny too, because Power Girl is not really doing anything with the Superman family, really. (laughs) So it says, but there's only room in town for one Supergirl. And Power Girl's sudden reappearance has made her redundant. This is what. (laughs) Oh, her identity and role are both in question as she looks for answers. Will they lead her out of the city? Or out of this world. You're out of this world, huh? Find out, and so is your book of the month. Find out, I said book of the month for some reason. Find out as critically acclaimed writer Mariko Tamaki, Supergirl being super, returns to the Maid of Might with the help of Skylar Partridge. 
Wonder Woman. It says them with it's funny, it says with the help of Skylar Partridge, in parentheses has to say Wonder Woman and then come back with the exclamation point after the seats really odd the way they did it. But isn't that what Power Girl's whole thing was? Hey, I feel redundant because of Supergirl, I don't have a place, and now they're just gonna do it with Kara. Very odd. People are allowed to have feelings. Yeah, but it's like the uh, it's like I don't know. And we even had Kara come to Power Girl and make her feel better about herself to let her come into the family. And now, like, I maybe it's one of those because we've been joking about Kara and how she's always hateful about. Uh, like, she actually was all into it. Oh man, Power Girl, just because she thinks she's still a number one. Like, oh Power Girl, come here. We all love you, Paige. We all. What is she doing? Wait a minute. Why are they talking? Oh, that bitch. Why is nobody telling me that they all love me? Like, that's the thing. Like, she's there and she pushes, you know, elevates Power Girl Paige. And now you end up like, she's like, those assholes. Like, why Why aren't they talking to me? Nobody she likes me. Click. Connor comes over with his, like, get away from me, you stupid clone. Like, <laughs> she doesn't want his deal. Go and dye your hair, asshole. That's what she says. Very odd. Very odd the way that they're twisting and turning up. But we'll see. I think that at the end of this, you'll just end up, we love you. And that'll be I'm Power sure. Girl, he'll say. That'll be great. Oh, my. That'd be so cool. Power Girl ends up, well, actually, Kara, Supergirl realizes, wait a second. When Superman sends me to the Fortress of Solitude, he actually sends me to the real one in the Arctic. That's right. He loves me better. Paige, you're nonsense. Bermuda Paige. Get the fuck out of here. But the thing is, John uses the Bermuda one, too, all the time. Exactly. Oh, no, John. No, but they have the super twins. You don't need John anymore. <laughs> You're like, what? Poor He's like, get him out of here. What are you doing? Uh, right now, Blue there's Earth. a big deal. I heard in that last issue between panels, they're now going to, like, John, you, you start paying rent, asshole. You are too old now. And he's like, actually, you know, uh, it's psychologically, and, and I'm still like, a, no, no, you're paying rent. Get the fuck out of here. Right? That's what he did. Super twins. They're, uh, you know what's funny? Because in that deal, the Super Twins, just to tie it all in to make you laugh, Eric, in that backup where they're there, they do mention, hey, this isn't like the Fortress of Solitude that they went to in the Arctic and ended up using their freeze breath. So there you go. They get to go to the A number one. They are on the top tier. John and Paige, fuck you. And again, you just get out of here. You guys go down to Bermuda. Out of sight, out of mind, pricks. I think there's anything left of the Himalayan one that we had before? <laughs> there might be. I have to, you know what the best of the Himalayan one was? That, like, trap door type deal. You know, the door that would open and the deal they'd go in. That was pretty cool. I, I thought the that best one. was that it started out like a Rocky Mountains fortress that then turned to the Himalayan it fortress. It did actually start in the Rocky Mountains and then it got in the Himalayas. Well, now you say, maybe what they could do, maybe what Leah Williams can end up doing too, because I still think. That she just heard Bendis had it in the book. Maybe because there's been problems, it phases in and out. It actually jumps places. You got the Himalayas, you got the Rockies, now it's in Bermuda, now it's in pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. But that's that. (laughs) I just want that to be the signal from now on. If you have any of the characters and they're in the Bermuda, Fortress of Solitude, that's because they're bullshit and nobody likes them. There's nothing wrong with the Bermuda Fortress of Solitude. It's just bullshit that Bendis decided he made that, but we kept it around because it's continuity, but it's still there and it's free I, I don't think it's there. I, I really don't. I, I think that it's too much of a, a trouble thing. You, you're going to end up having people find out because remember, even in that, you had 
like motorboats going to it in one point, and I forget what story. You ended up having Amanda Waller. She was there. Nonsense. Eric. But all in all, with that, that is it. Those books will be on our Patreon spotlight. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves. I kind of got angry at points, but then I kind of turned it around there. We had some fun. Did you? Yeah. Kind of. I'm still mad. I'm still mad here, is what I say. But everybody, as we always say, they can like, you can like what books you like. Just don't like bullshit books like Eric, is what I said. But you are a yeah. man who is uh, forging your own path. You're not just show. Yeah. We're, we're not uh, shills, you know. You like what you like, and there you go. If I like it, you hate it. No vendetta. That is that. That is the end of the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it, and I hope that you give us a chance to wow you over on the Patreon. At the last second, you can go and sign up for a seven-day free trial as well if you want to see what we do before you actually put down your hard-earned cash. Again, patreon.com slash weird science. That is it. Thanks, everybody. What do we say at the end, Eric? Everybody have a great week. week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.